Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch Live. Rick Dara here. With Mr. Dustin Frazier. Happy National Drug Test Day, everybody. Yeah. He's excited. Mm-hmm. Happy 420 2020. <laughs> it's only ever going to happen once. It's something else. Spark one up for your boys, Lord knows. We could all use it. It's been a rough year. But we're all hanging in there, right? Right? Yeah, we, we, we made it. Barely, but we made it. Yeah. So tonight we're going to talk about a lot of stuff that's been happening, including a, a wave of firelings, furloughs, furries, furbies, call them what you will. But it sucks. We're going to talk about a few people who have left us. We're going to talk about changes to tapings. How Talk Brunch is now an essential business. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> All kinds of stuff. I'm not going to jump straight into that. Though. I'm sure you guys, if you've been following news throughout the week, which I do not do, thankfully, uh, you're probably already saturated given the amount of time it's given me today to compile everything that has happened together that being said thank you to everyone in the chat room that was patiently waiting i apologize for being tardy to the party here also uh shout you out at the end of the show thank you for the host mr cool over there shout out also to those of you listening itunes stitcher TuneIn, soundcloud podcast addict and all those other wonderful places as well as talkbrunch.com Right? It's been one of them weeks, Jesus Christ! Like that's the only kind of week that it can be at this point. I think every single <laughs> week at this point is one of them weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it's just some more than the others. Yeah, some more than others. Maybe I'm not even sure about that. Right? Like I, I don't know anymore. Yeah, I really don't. So, um, we're gonna start things off with some. I'm not gonna say fun because I know I'll get heat for that, but just some interesting stuff that's been going on. Let's be real. At this point, we get heat. It's funny. Like, So uh, a couple of weeks ago, Jerry Lawler, when the Street Profits who were coming out, I like Honda's story. <laughs> whoever noted this story, I think ringside, but they put in parentheses, the Street Profits, and in parentheses, they put who are black. You know, just <laughs> in case you don't know. Anyway, the Street Profits who are black. Uh, Lawler commented that they have Kool-Aid in their red cups. And apparently there was like a little, it was a mild case of heat. I didn't even talk about it when it happened. I'm not really listening to them. I tell you, unless you guys bring it up with me, everything that they say is offensive. But apparently when they came out, he said that there was Kool-Aid in these red cups. How do you feel about that? What flavor was it? (laughs) (laughs) That's the only thing I give a shit about in that whole scenario. What flavor (laughs) Kool-Aid? It's okay, America. Black people like Kool-Aid. There's some in my fridge right now. Is it racist, though, that he said that there was Kool-Aid in the Street Profits cups? I mean, one thing is they said they had a bucket of KFC chicken and some lemon heads in the back. Like, Jesus Christ. Like, what I'm going to ask you is, do you think he was being, even if it was humorously, do you think he was being humorously racist or not at all? And the reason I, I asked this question, people would think, well, obviously, he'd be racist, Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid and black guys. 
which uh if i i would love to make that the title of this episode but they get the wrong idea um yeah kool-aid and black guys great title man i'm tempted but anyway uh the reason <laughs> i'll write it down just in case the reason why i bring this up is because kool-aid is also a wrestling terminology that generally means when you're highly in favor of something yeah drinking like, the kool-aid basically right like example like if if Jim Cornette, everyone knows I'm a big fan of Cornette. If he could do no wrong in my eyes, which I've called him on his flaws, if he could do no wrong and I just defended him endlessly, people would say that I'm drinking Jim, Corn- Jim Cornette's Kool-Aid. You know what I mean? Or if, or if somebody, uh, you know, like right now, people would definitely and accurately say that Seth Rollins is drinking Vince McMahon's Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah. You know what because I mean? Because no matter what, no matter what they do, it's all for the best of the, for everybody else. Yeah. He's drinking Vince McMahon's Kool-Aid so much that that's the reason they didn't put him in this big uh, Money in the Bank match, which if you haven't heard, the Money in the Bank is going to actually be a match where you fight through the building. You start at the first floor <laughs> and you fight through the building. The? Like that movie, the, the what was that movie called? The Raid Redemption? San Andreas? No, The Raid Redemption. Or some shit. So you climb through the building. Or like Die Hard. Oh. So you basically are Die Hard in your way up to the roof. And then on the roof, I've already seen the construction. Uh, there's, a, there's a freaking ring for you to fight on the roof. And you climb the when ladder I there. And get them. So it's going to be a battle from the ground floor through the building, through all these different obstacles, up to the very top of Titan Towers. And then you climb that shit and get the briefcase. So when I'm, I saw I'm, that, I was like, there's no way they're really doing this. I'm guessing that the reason why uh, they're not putting Rollins in this match is because... Uh, he's so cool that he would just burst through all of the walls. Oh, yeah. Right? And get the money in the bank. That's how much that guy's drinking Kool-Aid. But uh, I'm I'm assuming, as far as the match goes, I digress. I'm assuming that this is going to be another one of those things like the Edge and Randy Orton or the Undertaker, uh, AJ Boneyard, or John Cena, Bray Wyatt. It's just going to be this produced thing, you know, where like they're fighting in the yeah. like different superstars meet in the stairwell and have a battle. And then, I don't know, maybe the girls won. The girls are going up this building, too? I think, yeah, the girls oh, are doing shit. it too. So the girls will fight like in the bathroom or, f- or some shit. Like the, the battle's just going to take place everywhere. It's like now this is just straight up just comic book storylines that they're stealing <laughs> from. You know what I mean? Like that's a big battle. There's like maximum wrestlage. You There's know? a fine line between unique and what the fuck. Like, yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm interested <laughs> because of how ridiculous it is. We, we have Dana White over <laughs> here that wanted to make Mortal Kombat with, with, with MMA Island. Fight Island, and then and now we have and now we have literally the Raid Redemption going on or Die Hard, where we got motherfuckers that are going to be climbing a building and battling, and then a big dramatic finish on the roof where the ring is, where you still have to have the money in the bank match. I admit this is going to look really cool once they get to the roof because think about it, they're going to literally be in a ring, which good for them because I wouldn't do that even if they had like the most safety, but they're going to be in a ring that when they get the good wide shot of it, it's like overlooking a city. It literally is going to look like a superhero rooftop battle at night <laughs> with whoever makes yes. it to the top of this thing. We've got to get through that awkward elevator fight in the middle, in the middle of the thing. Like, and now that they have all this production, you don't even have to worry about it looking bad. We've seen through WrestleMania. These things look great, whether they're corny or not. You know, it's going to look awesome. It's going to look like the fucking <laughs> yeah. crow, like when Brandon Lee standing on the rooftops and, the, and everything's around him. You know, it's going to be crazy. <laughs> this is my city now. It's going to be fucking incredible. <laughs> but the point is whether it's going to be corny or not. That's so subjective, but yeah, apparently we're going to have this big thing. But anyway, digressing back over here. So Kool-Aid, can you believe we started with the Kool-Aid? Can't be taken racist. Or you could just be drinking the WWE's Kool-Aid. So 
Yeah, Lola made this comment about the street prophets having Kool-Aid. But what if he would have said that they have whiskey in their cups? Then what would have happened? Then he could have been like, well, right? would rather me said Kool-Aid? If it, if it was whiskey, if it, if somebody said whiskey in his cup, everybody would have been like, that's all you could come up with was whiskey? He should have said Tang. Right? 7-Up. Sunny D. No, not Sunny D. That's his question. No, I mean, Sunkissed. <laughs> I don't know what the hell he should have done, you know? He would have, he would have, uh... If he would have said Tango, he wouldn't have left it at that. He would have, like, thrown something racist in. He would have been like, it looks like the street prophets were hanging out backstage with the Lucha House Party, and now they have Tang in their cups. You know him. He can't and help Somebody it. would have been like, that's too corny. <laughs> yes, he changed it right. It could have been worse. They could have been like, they got grape drink in their cups. Like, what? <laughs> if he would have said grape soda or something like that, would it have been worse? <laughs> it would have been funnier, if you're asking me. <laughs> but, yeah, he started to get a mild amount of heat for this with the suspicion of him being uh a little bit even if it's harmlessly racist because there's not he's not like he's not like cone wearing fire burning racist you know there's to me there's different tiers to that shit he's not, he's not ultimate warrior he's he's okay <laughs> ultimate yeah yeah oh god <laughs> there's two types of racist out here people <laughs> he's not ultimate racist no he's not <laughs> But then this yes. happened. Then this happened. So you just bear with me here for a minute. Oh, entering with a senton. And Austin Theory's in a bad way right now. You okay, Zelina? It's heavy with more fight. This is what a character Zao is capable of. This is why he's a former champion here in WWE. Like the ramen noodle moon salt. Gotta watch out for this to Zao. Uh. Yeah, she also has to watch out. <laughs> Watch out for Tozawa. Watch out for Jerry Lawler. Oh, he God. said the ramen noodle moonsault. I <laughs> I should have brought it up last week because you know I'm putting the program together while we're all sort of in the background. I thought I heard that. <laughs> like I thought, but it's one of those things that you hear and you're like, I you you didn't hear it correctly. I don't want to sound stupid. I'm right. saying. <laughs> so, what is your what do you think was that one racist? So, here's my thing. <laughs> as somebody who's trying to get in stand-up comedy himself sometimes with your comedy you have to kind of reach a little bit sometimes hey he just happens to be asian hey asian joke it'd been it'd been worse if he had just <laughs> it'd been worse if he started talking like the asian guy from south park who worked at shitty walk like <laughs> it could have gotten a lot worse i feel like for lawler it was just a one-liner he thought about it in his head. He was like, oh, that might get a chuckle. Somebody out there will laugh. Because at the end of the day, you're doing stand-up comedy. You're going for the laugh. Ramen noodle moonsault. Like, ramen noodle moonsault might have been reaching a little bit. Somebody ain't going for it. Because first of all, that wasn't a moonsault, Lola. That was a senton. Yeah, at least get the move right if you're going to be funny. <laughs> right? Like, that's the part that bothered me the most. <laughs> you know how hard this shit is for us? Getting the move right and being funny? <laughs> how dare you mess that up? It's like the, <laughs> it's like the street prophet one was even better because it's like, okay, like that one has a double meaning. Like it's just, you gotta catch that one to see the funny. Like, like I mean, for God's sakes, so some of you like watched Louis C.K. for I don't know how many years. Believe me, people, it could have gotten a lot worse. We could have gone full hundred percent racism. We only went mild cruise racism. <laughs> There's a difference. We let the foot off the brake and didn't even hit the gas yet. Like <laughs> uh, I reluctantly put that one on Twitter. 
I had to block put it on Twitter just because, you know, the stasis has stopped being so serious. Everyone seems, no one seems offended in our community. And I guess that's why we're picky about our community. Yeah, like, yeah. sometimes you have to see what the whole context of it. It was literally just meant to be a one-liner. The way he delivered that, you know, like it, it could have been so much freaking worse. That being said, the only way it could be funny is if it was racist. You know what I mean? Like, I don't mean that it has yeah, to be I racist. Exactly I just mean that, that the joke itself is more, I wouldn't call it racist. There's a difference between um, racist and, I guess, stereotyping. I want to yeah, say, it's it, it's know? more like stereotyping type humor. You know, but it was like a tongue-in-cheek humor or stereotype. It's just that somehow we wound up in a world where that shit doesn't fly anymore. Like, not even in the tongue-in-cheek version. You know, yeah. it's crazy. Even on this show, we're on the, the top of our website. The disclaimer says that we're satire. It's satirical. We don't genuinely mean, mean shit. But that doesn't matter anymore. Like automatically, even if you're just being entertaining and in the moment, people hold you to it, which is really dangerous. Yeah, this is the same stuff that Cordette had to deal with in NWA Power. Like, So for me personally, I just wanted to hear you guys' opinions. But for me personally, I, I do see the other side. But I think the other side is always takes things way too seriously when it comes to that. Like, And again, going back to Destin and the stand-up comedy and everything, that's another thing. Comedy has a lot of dark shit in it that makes it funny you gotta laugh you gotta know what you're what you're getting in for when you're looking at the wwe you know it's just entertainment so much in fact that entertainment is in the fucking name i'm not gonna take everything seriously and i think you can let your guard down a little bit when it's not done with the intention of harming somebody or repressing somebody or enslaving somebody you know it's just to me that's one of the main reasons why uh i think this whole thing started that i mean us talk brunch five plus years ago was the a lot of it was the building frustration of there being no platforms aside from generic social media where you could just have civil discourse but not have to be so careful and boy if current me could go back to the beginning and tell freaking green me how different I mean, compared to then when I had that belief, now it's like crazy. It's practically like a Nazi world out there. Like at that time, I thought, man, we can't say anything on here. Five years later, it's so much <laughs> fucking worse. It's unbelievable. <laughs> That's the reason why this time we've declined sponsors. We've declined partnerships. You know, I don't disclose everything that happens here, but we've declined levels of growth and things uh, from different areas in the beginning. Back when now we're screwed. There's no way to do it when there's a million podcasts and every single sixth grader has one. But when we were catching the tail end of there just being uh, a handful, there was a lot of opportunity that would have entailed tightening things in a way that we didn't want to fucking do. And I won't bring up name, but there were there were definitely uh, reach outs for us to uh, like to shorten it, you know, maybe do half an hour, maybe do an hour show, which isn't what we're here to do. That wasn't the intention. It was supposed to be something sort of meaty an actual radio show not uh not just you know fucking uh tosh point oh <laughs> you know what i mean like they're supposed to be i don't know why i use that i know you were going there I I, and it's funny you know what it I, is? I paused because, because that man that's has like was, a negative filter yeah but i was looking for that i was looking for him it's like i just forgot his name but yeah you know it's like the whole point being that the world today has really become a place where for you to be able to say what you want when you want how you want you got to have your own platform and if you don't, then I guess it wasn't important enough for you to say. I know it was great, but I'm just saying it was short. 
the, the, the whole the whole thing was that it, yeah. it's a shorter show. Nothing against it. I don't like it though. If we were gonna say, I wasn't put, I wasn't gonna put my opinion. But since he pressed it being written, yeah. I didn't like it. It was me. <laughs> Yeah, it was there. I was like, I feel like I've seen that before. Like by the time that one came along, we had like many, many, many that were like that. I like, I like, I like the web soup more. Yeah, I even like the one where that has uh, what's her name, Daniel Fisher, Topanga, because I get to hear funny shit and look at her. <laughs> I only seen it a couple Double. times, but it was like you get two good things there. I don't even remember what the hell it was called. I just remember this channel surfing years ago and be like, oh shit, Topanga's doing like a Tosh thing, a Holy soup type shit. deal. Cool. She thickened out too, right? Like she had, like she, she like boy, she grew into a body on her. She got the thickness. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, <sighs> Lola made that comment. Two comments. Lola made it funny. Two comments. I made another funny. Ha 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 ha! Remember Splinter in the old? In the old oh episodes? my god! Like yeah, like the Kool Aid shit made me. I laughed instantly at the Kool Aid thing. Did you? Like it was no hesitation. I was like, ah, I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> people are so damn sensitive, and the problem with it, most people who you'll see jumping down somebody like a Jerry Lawless throat or anything, they're mm. not even in that demographic. Yeah, like relax. <laughs> Say even about you. Is that why you mad? Like Jim Cornette uh, tweeted about this. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, you saw it already? Yeah, the end of the tweet's my favorite part. <laughs> I haven't even seen the whole tweet yet. Let me see what we got here. <laughs> Because I feel like I've heard you say that before. He says, so now oh. people are mad at Jerry Lawler for telling a joke. Now I understand why modern wrestling sucks. Because most modern wrestling fans are such whiny little pussies. They don't deserve good wrestling. How do these people go out in public without breaking out in tears? Hashtag whine. <laughs> Damn. He's walk up the door. <laughs> oh, shit. I don't agree with all recording all the time, but damn it, when I do, holy shit. Like, yeah, there's some of y'all out there, I don't know how y'all don't wake up in tears. Like, eh. Yeah, I mean, was it racist? It was humorously racist. Yeah, it was just it was just a bit for the sake of the stereotype. Like, and I didn't really care that much. Yeah, like, it, it wasn't even like, a, it wasn't even like the best one I've heard. Like, I've heard way better. Was like, yeah. Oh, well, like I said, I think everyone needs to chill out with that kind of stuff. There's going to be jokes. There's going to be humor, you know. And yeah, MILFs are great, too. You see, all that yeah. kind of shit. If somebody was to say that, like, they'd get in trouble nowadays. Can you believe we live in a world where you have to be careful and think twice about whether you could say MILFs are great? Come on. She has children, sir. Well, clearly they did not, not ruin her Can body. somebody explain to me what all the crazy shit you've seen in the world in the past few years? Why out of all the things we're worried about, we're worried about being able to say stuff like that. Yeah, see, Chase said Bill Burr. That's a prime example of a comedian where there is no line. You want to see bad? Listen to a Bill Burr stand up bit, and then you tell me Jerry Law is that bad. Yeah, you know what? And I hope she makes a sex tape, too. And it's messed up to say that, but I'm going to say it. Yeah, I agree with the child. Sex tape also. Mm-hmm. Why not? You know, but it's not, it's not considered cool to say that. We can't have funny, fun moments without it, them trying to judge your inner layers on that kind of shit nowadays. Which you, is, you judge my inner layers all you want, but all I'll say is this is thank you for the view. So <laughs> Yeah, but no, it's it's gotten to that point. You know, there were times we had yeah. panelists on here that I exposed our community to that were toxic as hell, calling the rest of us toxic because of you know that whole SJW mentality of like oh. everything. We had to like trim the fat around here because there was a lot of that shit going on. And you should not, be I wish I just, wish I could trim the gray hairs I got from that room. Yeah, you should just be able to have fun. You know what I mean? Like, there should just be, of course, there should be discourse, and, and you don't want to be cruel, but 
the way with, with all the things going on, I'm more worried about dying of an illness, the world ending, blowing up, being blown up by another place, having to deal with war. Um, I don't know, some random cosmic fucking thing coming from space and destroying us, whether it be a meteorite or some space debris or just spinning out of orbit. Gravity such suddenly the, the, the fucking polarity of gravity shifting, causing us all to just shoot into the fucking sky out into the atmosphere before we even realize that it happens. Cause that's what would happen if the fucking gravity reversed. It would happen faster than you could think. You'd be gone before you could even put together that you were fucking gone. Stuff like that. Whether or not there's a heaven or hell, whether or not there are demons and angels, whether the afterlife forever if you suffer for all eternity how long is eternity you know what i mean those kind of thoughts are way more fucking important to me than i like milfs god damn it <laughs> or anything else like that or who hey, drinks kool-aid Kool or kool-aid yeah so that's just where i am <laughs> you know that's just where i wanted to be with this entire thing just so that you guys know where you're where, where we're all coming from here Christ. Some, some of y'all some, some of y'all need a hug like that yeah, it's crazy they'll be like oh my god can you believe they tweeted this can you believe they said that yeah i could believe it there's a lot of other shit that's happening to us right now on the other hand that i can't fucking believe which i won't even get into but i'm sure if you're alive and breathing right now there's a lot of shit going on that legitimately not a work you shoot can't believe not figure of speech there are things going on where you're like wow i literally can't believe this those right. are the things we should worry about. Not exactly. jokes, guys. Holy Not crap. Not just the fact that you ain't got no damn sense of humor. Yeah, I'll, yeah I'll drink Kool-Aid off of MILF. Yeah, I'm, I'm drinking that MILF Kool-Aid. Fucking. Mm, They're better, right? Isn't it so much better? Like, if you were to really, really think is. about it, like, compared to... And it's funny, because growing up in, in, uh, in the 80s and 90s, the thing, more so towards the 90s in my experience, the thing became teens. Like, it was like, oh, if you can get teens, 18 plus, barely legal, blah, 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 rah, 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 teenagers. Uh, which, I don't know, man. Like, even there, maybe it's just kind of like the times caught up with me, but I've always kind of thought, like, the maturity levels and shit comes with experience. And experience, for anybody who wants anything, is better. As wrestling fans, you know how important experience can be. Being green never gets anyone anywhere. <laughs> you know so experience to me like I, I i i could definitely go with that especially like if we're talking to panger there's a lot of other ones we can name here but if we did we'd get heat <laughs> <laughs> all i'm saying is some of y'all hang a bit here on sunday you tell me how much of a fuck i give about heat all right i don't care at all i literally don't care and that's right. just, i just wanted to make that clear like this is not yeah, a place yeah. where, where that is yeah, like, like if you if you want to be sensitive sally you walk in here to have fun i've always said i'm a firm believer in free will as long as you're not doing harm to others and you're you know or affecting others around you so fuck them when they give you that kind of stuff anyway moving along the revival cash wheeler and dax hardwood apparently there's no d and actually it's just hardwood oh it's hardwood yeah way back. that doesn't help much just because he dropped yeah. the d just because he no longer has a d <laughs> it helps a little bit for me damn it okay like, make you feel so much better they, call like, it, they, buddy. they registered the trademark fear the revolt so indicating maybe their new name might be the revolt what do you think huh. It sounds like one of those names I'd have to see wherever they pop up next and hear them called that a few times, and then I'd get used to it. It's one of those days where, like, the first time I hear it, I'm like, okay, that's different. Like, they definitely 
left the Oreo brand and adopted the Hydrox brand of naming with Darwood, <laughs> yeah. Wheeler, and and now the Revolt. <laughs> I would have like, just gone for a completely new name altogether. Yeah, like everything here needs to be fixed already, and they haven't even debuted yet. Like, I know y'all trying to get that WWE stink off you, but come on, man. Like, yeah, like, this is, these are not good names. <laughs> the y'all been going to wrestle y'all asses off with names like that. I swear to God. <laughs> Ooh. I, couldn't they have gone with the rebirth? That would have been it, better. It would have kind of validated the revival in a yeah. way without taking it. Like, what the fuck is the revolt? How revolting. That's how you would use it against them. <laughs> Look at how easy it was. I'd have to add a fucking ING to the end of their name to troll them. You want to go in there with the revolt? Come on. What is happening? Every time we hear about these guys, there's some sort of shit that sucks. You know? Good God. Somebody needs to help them in creative. Who could we get out there with them? Yeah, you guys have actual creative out there now somewhere. Come on, guys. What you doing, man? I never thought I'd ask for creative. That's when you know ideas are bad. Oh, God. When you're like, where's creative when you need them? So they said tweeted to him. Hashtag so, what happened? <laughs> so did you see apparently some photos leaked? <laughs> I haven't what is the what are these exactly? So I'm apparently what this is mm-hmm. when the, the um Vince because I think I think we didn't even talk to Vince on uh, one to turn it into a, into a comedy gimmick. Right. Apparently this is what the costumes were gonna be. And considering some of the bad shit crazy we've heard, like the fact that uh, what Neville was supposed to be Mighty Mouse, I believe it. Praise yeah. yourself, children. That's this Hold shit's on. about I to gotta, get graphic. I gotta see what we got first here. I gotta find them. I don't know if I have them on cue on our Tron here. Good God, I can see them. I can't get them up for some reason. Unfortunately, <laughs> I can see them. We were probably one more resign away from that shit. Yeah, what is with images lately on this thing? That might be why these guys ran too. Because of the fact that they are, uh, they didn't want no. Oh, I, I run. Shit. They were like, at some heartbeat. point, they were worried about that happening to them. You know, they were like, "Fuck." Because no. that that would have killed any chance of them ever being relevant ever again. Yeah, that's <laughs> good. God, they look like knockoff Mario Brothers. Like, <laughs> it's so weird. How I can't get these images. I, I really need you guys to see this shit. <laughs> right, like you, you have to experience this like the rest of us. Yeah, bear with me, guys. I'm trying to figure out what the hell's going on. But yeah, what are your thoughts about what's going to happen with them while I'm trying to get this shit running here? So, everybody's got, Oops, specula- go ahead. Jesus. Everybody's got speculation of where they're going to go. I don't know where they're going to go, but the one thing I know for sure is I'm just glad that they're going to get to go somewhere and actually be as good as they can be. Like, names and everything aside... The second these guys came up to Raw and SmackDown, they were dead in the water. Like, I still to this day don't know what happened to the first ever two-time NXT Tag Team Champions. They've apparently been long gone. But I'm glad that, oh, Jesus Christ. This, that, that. I, <laughs> whew, I just happened to look over in the middle of my thought. <laughs> Good God. I got it working, I guess. <laughs> look at that shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, that is painful. Ooh. Oh, there they look they look like a cross between like a knockoff Mario and Luigi and like the, it looks like a knockoff Mario and Luigi had sex with a knockoff Sing Brothers. And this is what came out the other side. Like, good Lord. <laughs> Mark said burn it with fire. 
What happened? Right? They you know what they look like they look like those kind of look like um the nerd you get where it's one half one flavor one half the other. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Everyone imagined to be sponsored by Nerds Candy. Oh God! Okay, well, uh, oh God! Fucking Stacey said Sean and Janetti. I'm done. <laughs> no, you're not done. You know why? Because there were several fucking outfits. Wait, there was more. I only saw one. Oh my God! Oh, what? What the, the hat though? What is he how, a traveling how this, salesman? How did this even happen? Damn, man, that creative team. Somebody put this up to Vince. Vince laughed, and he was like, "Let's do it." Isn't that how draws wind up throwing up and everything? Like, because it made Vince laugh one time. Like, I thought you were gonna say because he saw the outfit. Oh, dear God! Well, that too. And then we have uh, damn, I oh, can't God. believe that they kept going with this. You know, that goes to show how crazy creative is. Oh Jesus! Look at this. It's painful. I was yo. He took the word Mark. Mark took the words right out of my mind. It looks like the the Mario Brothers, the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Oh, <laughs> hey Joe, it's the Mario Brothers. This is what coming. Oh my! <laughs> oh God! Swing your arms from side to side. Oh no! Do the Mario. Okay, my thought officially changed. Anywhere they go. They won't have to be deal with that. So let them pick whatever friggin' names they want because it's all better than those costumes. Good God. Like, I look at those outfits. I don't even feel that bad about the names anymore. That's just... Se- oh, my God. Anyway. There's an alternate reality where that became a reality. No, I can't even take off because we got to talk about this a little bit. <laughs> I think that this... every So much more makes sense now. Think about this. Like, imagine these guys were showed this, right? Like, look at that. Hey, look at the way I've planned for you. And then they offer contracts after they turn that down. Like, would you want to sign a contract in a place that might go back and do this? Even if they said they weren't going to. These were their ideas. These were the plans. Just to know that that was thought out at some point. Like, no, I'm not going back. What the hell are they holding? They just look like sticks. Are those glow sticks? They don't even look like glow sticks. They just look like stick sticks. Oh, were they supposed to be like Ninja Turtles? Or something? Oh, no, 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 no. That's what they sort of look like, right? Oh, no, no, don't do that to me. <laughs> oh, my God. Instead of say, yeah, it's, it's, it's say Reaganomics. Say Kawabanga. Oh, God. And these so who leaks, would be the body, shredder then? So, so is this, this bodyslam.net that leaked these. Who knows how the fuck they got a hold of these. And I know one of them tweeted and said, I plead the fifth. And then the other one said, the other one said something like, uh, can you believe that we were, we were once, uh, number one contenders or five time champions or something? He named some prestige that he had. Oh my God. You see, that's why they're never going to get those like, guys back. Really, why the bow tie? Like, I didn't even notice that until George pointed it out. Oh dear God. This it's is one the of those pictures you see where it gets worse the longer you look at it. Oh my God. Could you imagine the music they would have had? <laughs> I just started thinking about that. Uh, oh. I almost wish it would have happened just for that moment. Because, you, <laughs> because that moment is always good. Where like uh, the music hits and you don't know it. And you're like, who's that? You fucking that mustache. It's like, oh, God. I remember for me, the most recent moment I can think of in the past decade where I was completely thrown off. Where I had literally like my brain rapidly went the same one. every possibility of what the fuck could be going on. Was Brodus. I knew it, yes. Because I, was uh, I remember liking Brodus when he was even in crappy NXT and he was the regular mean Del, Del Rio 
fucking partner. You know what I mean? He's the, the real and then, bodyguard. Like they ran those, and like they ran those vignettes when he was gonna debut by himself, and he looked mean and shit. And I remember, like they, and they then said, that thing, all you hear, somebody call my mom, and, like, and it was weird because they said after the commercial break, Brodus Clay, and they'd been teasing him for a while. So it was like after the commercial break, Brodus Clay, and I just remember like when it came back and it was going Falcons on our own. I was thinking to myself. You know, I wonder what the hell this is. Like they said Brodus again, and then instead they're doing something else before Brodus anyway. All right, I guess we'll have two debuts. When he came out, I was in denial. I was like, <laughs> no way is that the guy. Even though it's clearly him, it was just like it couldn't be. Like it's impossible. I couldn't rationalize in my mind how that was the guy from before. But they were fucking fine with it. No shame whatsoever. He had a dance number ready. There was like a part where he gets in the ring and more shit was going on. I was just like, this is oh like how long have you been planning this? And, and and a lot of people drank the Kool-Aid, getting back to that phrase. Not me. Like, I, I did not think that worked. Then they even brought the other asshole in. <laughs> Poor fucking A-Train. Who hasn't had, who's gone his whole career without having a single gimmick I've ever enjoyed. He's he's like on a streak for me. Not one thing he's ever done has resonated with me. Not oh, one so you ain't, thing. So, so you ain't like Sweet Tea? I didn't like Harry Prince Albert. I didn't like A-Train. I didn't like Tensai. I didn't like Sweet Tea. This guy, <laughs> that's a fucking shit average, to say the least. And then you take the other guy who I already was having hopes for. Now he's dancing, too. It was like completely burial. Complete fucking burial. <laughs> of those like guys, man. So imagine if that would have happened with these guys. Oh, God. Then remember they had the nerve to try to turn him heel. And you know they would have done it the same way as, as poor Brodus. Where it would have, they would have oh, acted yeah. like the revival didn't exist. Like these would have been two new guys, Doug and Drake, or whatever the fuck they would have called them. And they would come out high-fiving and broing or whatever they had planned for them. Fucking, fucking skippy and dippy. Slinging pizzas into the crowd. <laughs> Probably coming out like a little buggy or some shit. They came out you there know? to shot the Blackheart's tank. You know, with sparklers coming out of their ears or whatever kind of bullshit they would have had. And the, their finisher the crowd, would have changed and and They would have talked differently. One of them would have had a stutter or been mute. This whole thing would have fallen apart. <laughs> this whole fucking thing would have fallen apart. That's why they got out of there. <laughs> You can see it. It's written all over it. That this is just a this is just the blueprints to a much bigger idea. Because that's what I've known about WWE. Whenever they have something interested like Bray Wyatt or The Fiend, they don't give you too much detail. They always just kind of let it get dry instead of elaborating, even though they're doing okay with The Fiend. But with this, we would have found out every week something new about these guys. Some oh dumb shit God. that we didn't want to know. Their new finish, their finish would have been something called, instead of the Shatter Machine, it would have been called the Whoopsie Daisy. They would have been like Step Brothers. Remember that movie Step Brothers? The Will Ferrell movie? Oh, it would have been like Step no. Brothers all over again, but with these two guys. I guarantee you it would have just been dumb shit like that with the two of them. No, having, no. They I'm going to tell, exactly tell you exactly what it would have been. Their music would have been that song from the SNL, bit more Cowbell. Yeah. They would have had bunk beds, and I'm sure something with the <laughs> finisher would have had to do with bunk beds. They would given them a talk show, too. Everything. Everything. They got the fuck out of there. So instead I can't of, even give them that much shit for the names instead and of, the new tag name because it could have been worse. The name should be GTFO instead of FTR. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You know, we got the fuck out of there. <laughs> <laughs> Say it with us one time, GTFO. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't even look at that anymore. <laughs> and we have the artwork. <laughs> no, I wouldn't even put that on. I wouldn't even yeah, we can't that. do it. We can't do that to them. Can't do that to anybody. I like those guys. I can't do that to them. Okay. Instead, we gotta cleanse ourselves with with whatever this is. Oh no! Yeah, I'm going in blind. 
Apparently there was a dance off. The fuck? What? Let's have a look here. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> wow. Hold on. We got to see that again. That's all they give us. I wanted to keep going. Hold on. That is incredible. Oh my god, you're That should be on the regular show. It. It's for anyone who, who's on iTunes. This is Otis and uh and, and Nia Jax dancing and twerking. That was amazing. <laughs> Just because. I mean, hey, fuck it. You gotta have fun as crazy as the world is nowadays. Wow. <laughs> Oh, this has an insane level of confidence. I swear to God. Like, hey, man, I remember day one when I saw him, it was like that guy. It was like, that dude's going to be awesome. I said, <laughs> I was like, I can't wait. <laughs> I knew it, man. In, in his mind, that man is a Greek god, and you can't tell him otherwise. Yeah, no, he's about a perfect average for me. Oh, God. That dude has been knocking it out of the park every time I've seen him for me. Like, oh. I haven't seen an older segment I haven't liked. It's because he's just, he's naturally fun. Like, he's. Yeah, oh, good things God. with him. Very good things with him. And I mean, hey, now I had a funny moment too. Now, now I made it funny. Yeah, she did. Yes, yeah, she did. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I don't know if some of the funny rubbed off from Otis, but I mean, that's the case. She better have Otis around for all of her bits. <laughs> yeah, that is something else. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> yeah, now he has himself a sexy blonde. He pretty much reached the pinnacle of uh, success with that. So good for him. So, uh, in other news, Vince McMahon is being reported by WrestleTalk that uh, Vince McMahon has actually began to notice a specific person on his roster. And he's really liking what he sees. And you know how that is. Once you get the McMahon uh, seal of approval, you're you in that bitch. You know, he puts you up there in that McMahon family of people that he has with his Ortons and his Cena's and his Trish's. Yep, here comes that Santana Garrett push. No, i too soon. <laughs> Too soon. What are you doing, man? Yeah, they haven't even got the sling on her yet. Never mind. They, they don't even have. <laughs> she just got to grow. Oh, wait, wait. No, wait. No, no, no. That's the other girl. Never mind. Yeah. But yeah, <laughs> someone caught Vince's eye and he's actually highly impressed. That person being Asuka. You know, they, she's being seen backstage as someone who's reliable and that they can trust. You know, basically, uh, they just like her. You know, she's kind of proven herself. She's got her WWE wings is what's going around, you know, where she's just one of those people. You know the people I'm talking about. She's one of yeah. their people now. She can do no wrong. At least she caught, at least they finally caught up to the rest of us. Hmm. But uh, I actually came across this. This was just com- somewhat unrelated, but I wanted to find a way to incorporate it. This was a, I don't know if this showed in the WWE in America, but this is on the, uh, they did this on the WWE Japan YouTube. This is from last week, not this week. This was after Kyrie Sane lost to uh, Nia Jax. I wanted you to see oh, this. I just thought it was entertaining. Oh, God. <laughs> Zitta, <laughs> 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 
け大丈夫や大丈夫や大丈夫やからもう大丈夫大丈夫や大丈夫絶対勝つからなかえりちゃんの分まで勝つから終わったよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよしよし Why don't they put subtitles for them when it's taped? They could. I don't know why they don't do it in real time. They should have some sort of close captioning. I mean, for God's sakes, I've seen amateur streamers、uh, that have close captioning in real time by, by an app. I'm sure you guys have seen it in other channels where people will be talking and then the app subtitling in real time. Why doesn't this big corporation have that? I don't know. Right. Give, give, give us one with an Oscar head and one with a Kyrie head. It'd be the greatest thing ever.、Yeah. No, just put some fucking subtitles on it. It's like, what are they in the Stone Age over here? You know? We're going to get into it. We're going to get, they have, we have heat on them.、Oh. Don't worry. Don't worry. They have justified heat. But before we do it, I just want to cover some general stories because, you know, it goes deep. The rabbit hole goes deep tonight, guys. Roman Reigns recently was、uh, interviewed where he revealed some stuff. We're going to cite the source in a minute. I don't want to spoil it, though. I want to bring it up on screen so you guys can hear it. And then we'll link you to the entire thing. Where is it at here? Here we go. But you have three kids, right? Three、uh, with, with two in the, in the oven. Yeah,、okay. so I'm looking、oh. to be Papa Bear five. Wow,、right. okay.、Uh, Breaking news. We have、yeah. really、shared that. Do、yeah. you, if, 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 if any of them wanted to play、uh, football, would you have a problem with it because of the, the high risk of injury? It's probably best that they don't play too early.、Mm-hmm. Um, I played since I was seven. I, I remember moments that would not fly nowadays.、Um, I remember moments where, whoa, smack you on the butt, get back in there, let's do it again.、Mm-hmm. Great job. And it was a great play, but it stunned me, and then、yeah. they throw me back in. So I, I think there's different、uh, scenarios that where we can take care of our kids. This- yeah, so that's Muscle and Fitness. I linked you guys.、Uh, it's on our social media and it's in the chat for anyone who wants the whole interview. It's pretty lengthy. He goes into a bunch of stuff, but he reveals that he's having twins is the big takeaway from that. And I guess that sort of explains a little bit more in regards to the reason why he walked away when there were issues. You know, he would have to imagine, God forbid, his wife contracted、uh, COVID-19, which there's cases out there of people who are contracting it and then they have to deliver Children and the children have to be left away from the parents for 14 days and reunited later and crazy shit like that. You probably don't have to deal with、oh, yeah. or God forbid it's even worse. So, uh, I, I don't know. I guess, I guess I feel he made the right decision in that aspect, which obviously he made the right decision for him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, something else. But hopefully it comes back soon, you know. Never thought we'd be in a world where we're like, hopefully we see Roman Reigns again. But we're in a world, <laughs> guess what? We're hoping that we get to see Roman Reigns again. You know? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. In other news, uh, in a bit of sad news, because we're going to have to talk about that. Howard Finkel, as you all know, I'm sure, has passed away. Yeah, we lost a Fink. The first employee ever of the WWE. Gone. Just like that. Uh, I spoke about it on here before, which I've taken no pleasure in, but I've said in the past, 
that he didn't look good to me in Legend's house. And unfortunately, I even said that him and Mean, mean Gene were the two people that I didn't think were going to be around as well as uh, the surprising Patterson outlived a lot of them. But uh, he didn't look that good. And neither did uh, Mean Gene in the end there. And we know he's definitely had some health issues. And that really sucks to hear. Yeah. And uh, for a long time, he was the voice of this company. And he's the voice I think of whenever I think of anything that's ever happened. Anytime anything big has ever happened. Anytime someone's won the WWE Championship. Anytime a match had to be restarted because the terms weren't met. Or anytime anything, you know. I mean, every single time I think of anything that's happened in WWE... I think of his voice no matter what it is. And I remember what the line was verbatim. I remember WrestleMania 14. He would make the most minute things sound like a million bucks exciting. Where uh, it was WrestleMania 14 Triple H versus Owen Hart for the European Championship. And Sergeant Slaughter was exercising his right to be handcuffed to China. To keep her out of the match. And I remember Fink saying, you know, and now Sergeant Slaughter, he was like, Commissioner Slaughter will exercise his right and be handcuffed to China. And it's the smallest thing. And it got the hugest pop. The place exploded for that. He got the fucking handcuffs over. If there was anybody out there you wanted to announce it when you became a new champion, that was the guy. So this match must continue. All these, all those moments, you know, with, with Brett and Sean, when you hear that voice, you know, you knew that it was like the the deal, you know, it was the real thing. And uh, no one ever did that. And Vince, of course, has this philosophy where he doesn't like old people on television, which is why they brought in Lillian. Anyone that lived through the attitude ever remembers even how they did it. They put it in a storyline where like Fink had a heel turn and uh, him and Lillian didn't have like a fucking match or something. Something happened. I, I haven't seen it oh, in years. God, I, I remember he had a heel turn and it was against Lillian and they had the, they actually, he, she wins uh, whatever the hell the thing was. <laughs> someone in the chat was going to remember what it was i haven't seen it in years but the point being they wanted to bring in younger people and uh that's the main reason and it's unfortunate because really they never really got somebody of that caliber no disrespect to anybody beneath him but they never ever had somebody like that again you know there were times that he would be brought back as a cameo and it was always for something big and it was always fantastic you know and you never really hear anybody say anything bad about this guy Ever. Not a single person has had a bad thing to say about him in the back. Going all the way back to the old oldest wrestlers that are still alive. So, uh, you know, it's crazy when, when you think about the fact that another person that pretty much is uh, just more recognizable at wrestling than almost anyone. He, he started in 1977. We weren't even alive when this guy was around. You know? Exactly. And, uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's just really crazy the more I think about, like, another person. Oh, yeah, and he was a fan till God, I think, literally a fan till the very end. I can't remember who it was. It might have been Jericho or somebody. But um, I think after he had had a stroke, he couldn't use the remote anymore. But he made it a point to always let make sure the nurses had a reminder that on Mondays at 8 o'clock, switch it to Raw. So like, he was always watching. He never stopped watching until the very end. He made sure there was always a way he could tune in. Yeah. So, uh, Tommy Dreamer spoke to Busted Open Radio, and he's quoted because he was very close to to Howard. And he I think said, it might have been Tommy that said now I think about it. He said, a lot of people said Howard had a stroke. Howard did not have a stroke. Howard had a rare gene- genetic brain disease. His brain was shrinking. And I hate that because the whole outthink the fink, and he was slowly losing his mind. He had stroke-like symptoms, but he kept 
falling because of his brain. I didn't post pictures of us on social media. I took them all the time I would visit him. But Howard had such pride. He didn't want people to know that he was sick. He didn't want people to feel sorry for him. He was literally just sitting there watching the Mets game until it's it was time to watch wrestling. I posted a picture last on social media and everyone kept hitting me up about the, the note over my shoulder. I went back and I looked and this was when Howard was in a bad state. Howard couldn't sadly use a cell phone anymore because of his hands. If you handed him the phone, which is what I would do every time I would visit, I would FaceTime with, with just incredible. Howard's medical n- note above my shoulder said, please put channel 43 on at 8 p.m. on Monday nights. Wrestling is on. That was his medical note. He loved us. We were his family. That's all he had. He loved performing in front of the fans, and he loved us unconditionally. That's from Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely one of the greats. Oh, one of the best. One of the best I'll ever be. Yeah, good to know that he lived his best life. You know, Rest in peace, Howard Finkel. Oh, yeah. Never, never before, never again. Exactly. And uh, in case it's not busy enough for you out here in morbid land, uh, PW Insider then has announced that WCW announcer Joe Pettacino has also died. He died back April 12th. He'd been ill for some time and he had a stroke back in June. So uh, WCW lost one of theirs, which means just another another longtime announcer. A lot of you guys might not remember him or even know him. You know, I think I remember up. the name slightly. Yeah, I'll bring him up on the screen for you. But there he is. Oh, yeah, that was from way, way back in WCW. Yeah, so another person, you know, he was from the NWA era. He said, the National Wrestling Alliance is saddened to learn of the passing of Joe Pettacino. We send our thoughts and prayers to his family and friends. Oh, yeah, another person. Uh, Thoughts and prayers to all loved ones and associates. Uh, And our first pro wrestling, official pro wrestler has died from coronavirus and this is a mexican luchador named black demon who died at 39 years old according to super luchas his name was roberto munoz carrillo and he died april 13th from complications with covid19 family has confirmed this so here's your first first person from the business taken with a luchador uh, same thing thoughts and prayers this is a rough time guys oh yeah it's a toughie also wwe ref Jack Lotz has died. He was 86 years old. You guys will remember him from old school matches like Hogan versus Iron Sheik in Madison Square Garden. He was around during that era. Piper against Mr. T. You know, he he was around for that. You know, you get the era that he's from. That being said, uh, he has also passed away. He was a Korean War veteran, it's saying here. Um, Yeah. He was uh, on some films and TV shows. He was on Sopranos. He appeared sometimes, but he's gone. Thoughts and prayers. Rest in peace. Crazy. It's like second impact out here, right? Right. <laughs> Took the words out of my mouth. Yeah, it is. I know. It's a lot. It's a lot. Botchamania. Moving along to other news here. Botchamania apparently has to make some changes. As you guys know, some of you watch on YouTube in the shady little frame because YouTube out. Uh, flags everything but then there are people who go to vimeo because when you go to vimeo to watch it you get the full screen episodes of botchamania there you can watch so he writes matthew the person who runs botchamania he says vimeo has informed me that botchamania is using too much bandwidth 
And if I want to keep using the site, I need to pay them $10,000 annually. I asked them how I can reduce bandwidth, and they said by removing videos. So my channel will be removed in a week. On Vimeo, they're getting an average of 17.5 thousand hits. So if that's too popular, then I don't know what to tell them. So for non-YouTube full-screen versions, that leaves BitChute, Xvideos, Dailymotion, which is hit and miss right now. Any other suggestions other than quote-unquote pay them? So anyone who likes those Botchamania episodes, go grab them off of Vimeo or watch them one last time because uh, only, your only option, viable option, is going to be YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you can tolerate the screen and screen, go for it, but. Oh, what other shitty news do I have for you guys today? <laughs> You're still alive, right? Nobody's a. Anyway. <laughs> I'm Jesus sorry. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Fuck me, right? Thank you. They're so taking our Kool Aid. Wonderful news, right? You know, they're pissing my Kool Aid. That's what they're doing. <laughs> oh, God. Just take a big. Pissing my Kool Aid. Right. Swirl it with a spoon, too. Swirl it with a spoon. <laughs> so, last Wednesday, this past Wednesday, it's now being referred to by people within the WWE as Black Wednesday. You might be wondering oh, why. what a Black Wednesday it was. <sighs> and no, it's not because of the Street Profits drinking Kool Aid. <laughs> despite what Jerry Lawler wants you to think. But, uh, they announced workforce cuts, and it happened very fast. Very, very fast. It was one of the fastest things that has probably ever happened in their history. And uh, they released a statement saying, this was the, this is basically a stock statement saying, due to COVID-19 and current government mandated impacts on WWE and the media business generally, the company went through an extensive evaluation of its operations over the past several weeks. This analysis resulted in the implementation of various short-term cost reductions and cash flow improvement actions, including reducing executive and board members' compensation, decreasing operating expenses, cutting talent expenses, third-party staffing and consulting, uh, Deferring spend on build out of the company's new headquarters for at least six months. For anyone who doesn't remember, they were going to be leaving Titan Towers for a new place, but they decided they're going to hold off on that for at least six months. Uh, given the uncertainty of the situation, the company also identified headcount reductions and made the decision to furlough a portion of its workforce effective immediately. The decisions to furlough versus permanently reduce headcount reflects the fact that the company currently believes the furlough will be temporary in nature. So, uh, yeah, they basically said that uh the cash flow improvement of this is going to be 140 million in spending so well actually apparently the reduction of employees gives them monthly 4 million and 140 million primarily from delaying that new headquarters and they basically go on about how they have financial they have substantial financial resources and cash and debt capacity which is 0.5 billion to manage the challenges ahead and that they believe that the fundamentals of the company's business remain strong and that they're positioned to take full advantage of changing the media landscape and increasing the value of live sports rights over the long term. So basically, this is them telling their people, hey, listen, we're going to uh, be cutting corners and firing people to save and make more money, which uh, we're going to get into the names. I know you're, you're thinking about the names, which don't worry, I'm sure you've heard a lot of them. You're going to hear a lot of them. You're going to hear from them as well. But they also said that they're going to be cutting back on board members and executives. Uh, 
stuff like that. There's a lot of news here. So again, this is going to be a little bit disorganized because it's stacks of shit in front of me that I'm trying to get through here. They did cuts to the writing staff. One person who they noted was Andrea Lissenberger. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Andrea Lissenberger? Sounds like it. And uh, she basically tweeted out lots of people getting let go at WWE today. And regrettably, I am one of them. But I'm proud of the work I've been able to do since starting in December and glad that the storyline I worked on resonated with so many people. That's what writing is about for me. Hashtag Otis and Mandy forever. Um, um, well, what are your thoughts? I mean, the Otis and Mandy storyline was fun. I mean, it, it, it was Ziggler doing his usual role, which is banging somebody else's chick. But I mean, hey, that's yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. which are the best? The Definitely, Stasis, love, you know, the Stasis loves the Otis and Mandy. Yeah, it, it was fun because Otis is fun. I mean. I think Otis. I think if it was anybody else, it wouldn't have been as entertaining. But Otis made that storyline a lot of fun. Cooler likes it. Cooler liked it too. I want to hear more people. Come on, what the fuck did you think of Otis and Mandy? <laughs> we need opinions here, damn it. It was the only storyline they had. <laughs> That's a good one. You know she's got a point there. <laughs> you can't think of much else that was going on in the middle of that. Edge and Edge and Orton. That was a storyline. I mean, yeah, yeah. So we did have it. Like, yeah, I guess. I guess it was like Otis and Mandy and. Dolph had that meat and potatoes to it, like, specifically steak. But you know, maybe I'm being naive, but it's kind of like I, I I don't want anyone to lose their job, and she should have it. But oh yeah, that's the storyline you've been working on since December. <laughs> and I hate to discredit these writers, even in this time of need. But first of all, this has nothing to do with the current situation. I've been saying to fire that room of writers for years now on this show. It's not because of COVID or anything. Now's a bad time to do it. But that being said, I've been saying that they all need to clear that fucking room. A long time ago. And if you've been working there since December and your claim to fame is Otis and Mandy, as much as I did also enjoy that storyline, like really, that's your, that's your thing. That's your opus magnum. Your fucking Otis and Mandy is, uh, that is your, that is your alpha omega over there. You know what I mean? Like, come on. I mean, um, it's better Patterson, than the, like Mark kind of, Mark kind of got a point. It's better than the guy who came up with Rusev, Lion, and Bobby. So. Patterson and Vince used to book this shit on a pad and paper next to a pool. And you're telling me that they're paying somebody top salary since Christmas to write Otis and Mandy, which is a good story, but it's good because it's an old American story about the underdog guy getting the fucking hot girl from the bully asshole with the friend betrayal. This has been done how many times? This is, we're not reinventing the wheel here. (laughs) Not at all. Anybody ever watch (laughs) Spider-Man? All you ever said, Otis didn't get bit by nothing. Yeah, we, that, that's, that's the American story. You know what I mean? That whole thing, which is good. It never gets old. It's just like going to the movies and watching an action movie that has Arnold Schwarzenegger in it or, or Sylvester Stallone and there's shit blowing up. Most of the time, I can't even remember why. I don't know <laughs> like, what those guys are. They're killing these fucking bad guys. I couldn't tell you the bad guy's name or what the hell their motivations were anymore. They're terrorists of some sort or some sort of killers. But we're watching it, we're enjoying it because it's a regular formula. But that's kind of how I look at the, the Mandy Otis thing. I enjoyed it, but... That's like if someone was like, yeah, I'm that person who, who did all of the writing of the script of the, of the dialogue and the expendables. That's great and everything. But, uh, you know, the movie was more about the action and the actors and having a whole bunch of, you know, A-list actors all in one place. You know, no one would have given a fuck about the story. <laughs> yeah. No one gave a shit what the story would have been with those guys. As much as I'm not, I don't watch the Fast and the Furious movies, but I give them credit for even bothering. They don't have to right. do anything. 
They literally could make that shit into a Linkin Park music video and you would go and eat it up. They don't care. They just got a bunch of big A-list actors in there all together. They could just make them fuck each other up. But instead, yeah, just driving they, cars they, they seem to be trying to have some sort of a coherent, although not believable, but coherent story about a group of a family of people who started off as street racers who became superheroes, you know? So, but the point being that uh, a lot of this stuff carries itself is what I'm getting at, getting back to the wrestling. A lot of this shit writes itself is more what I'm trying to say. And that doesn't mean we don't give credit to writers, but it's not the most, it's not like you wrote the NWO, you know? It's like you wrote the corporate yeah. ministry, even. Not like you wrote evolution or anything like that. Yeah. So it was cool. It was a cool little story. I've seen better ones, you know. I've seen better betrayal stories. To me, one of my favorites was the was the uh, and it's current too. So I'm not even trying to go old school, but it was the festival of friendship. I love that shit. Oh god, that was amazing. That was one of the coolest things I've seen in a long time, man. That that, that, was, that, was, was, that was the greatest payoff ever. It was so good from beginning to end. Every moment of that shit, from the moment they came out, was fantastic. That was great fucking storytelling. That was everything that I want from wrestling all in at all at the same time, you know, even the tears and the broken glass, everything, yeah. everything that was wrestling right there, man. That was a fucking wrestling story. I remember being high. I went back and watched it a few more times. After. I was like, that's so good. Look at the whole backdrop they have to this shit. And they were friends that whole time and they were heels. That's what makes it even better that they were friends. that were heels and they couldn't. St- no one could stand the two of them. But he flipped so bad on him when he turned that it automatically made Jericho a baby face again. Jericho was a white-hot baby face in the blink of an eye. People were upset that this heel friendship that they were damning the whole time had been broken. They didn't even remember that they were fucking bad guys going into this whole thing. That they were trying to, <laughs> the, the baby faces were trying to thwart these two assholes this whole time. And now because one of them fucked the other one over in the festival of friendship, it's all forgotten and forgiven. Poor Jericho lost his best friend that was he was doing evil shit with. <laughs> but it worked. Think of how awesome that is. And it was done so well. You actually felt bad. I felt bad knowing it was a work, watching the way the whole fucking festival fell apart for him. That's good to know. Everyone came out here so devastated after that shit was over. Like, what yeah, I was like, that's fucking sad. The way that they did it, you know? And taking nothing away from Otis and Mandy, there was also moments where I've said the same about that. I love when he lost him. Remember when he lost his shit? He went oh, crazy. God, he almost caught he almost caught Ziggler. Didn't he kill somebody? Who was it that he killed instead? It was a uh, oh god. That's how dead they are, that they're erased from my memory. Somebody <laughs> he caught somebody instead of them. Remember and he beat the fuck out of whoever it was. it wasn't rude. I don't think it was rude. I don't even remember. See, that's how many jobbers they have around. They beat someone. At the point, remember you wound up crying into uh into Tucker's man boob. Yeah, it was you know, like a manly. There, I'm gonna you know? murder him the second time I see him see him cry. Like, and it and it was the build up to it worked. I'm gonna give credit the build up because I for weeks I was on here saying that it's amazing how this poor guy can't catch a break. There's never a moment where he gets the upper hand. Every time it looks like he might catch Ziggler or something good might happen for him, he gets colossally fucked over. Then we remember we were saying that it was going to be at the Elimination Chamber. He's finally going to get his hands on him and everything. He got fucked over there, too. By Ziggler. <laughs> they couldn't even remind of the other people. There's so many other people in that match. But nope, it had to be Ziggler that once again fucked him. <laughs> Every single time. So when he finally lost it, it was like, that's a good human reaction. This has been coming for a long time. I totally got it. Everyone should have died out there after what he went through. <laughs> you know, like I got where you're, and that's how you do good. So I get it. She wrote a good story. But uh, I don't know. Again. Not to digress too much from the issues here with the writers, but, or the, or the releases. But that's a release that I can understand at this point, man. And not because it's her, but because the writer's room needed to be fucking cleared. There's not been consistently good writing. Because I want to hear what other story she was responsible for, if any. I'd like those, I'd like that list, just so we could look through and see which other ones we enjoy. Because there aren't many good stories. Like, for every good story, I could think of like seven or eight bad stories. Who, who did those? 
You should have seven, to order seven shit. or eight. You being generous, shit, man. Your name should come up in the bottom right hand corner of every fucking segment. Put real heat right. on people. Put their Twitter handle on the bottom right. <laughs> oh, this was you. You know, every time we change segments and it's someone new, I want their Twitter handle on the bottom right. <laughs> so you know they did it. Watch how fucking fast everybody around there either gets their shit shaped up or ships out. You know? Every time something. Next time Bobby Lashley and Lana come out to be out there for 20 minutes, bottom right of the screen, motherfucker. Who, who did that? <laughs> oh, that was you. Which okay. one of you in this room? They, got, they have to have the, the wrestlers have to own it when they botch. Which one of you made this segment? And then get, take some of the heat off of the wrestlers. Yeah. Your writers write back to some of these angry fans on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. That's what I would do, man. Yeah, well, she, she was the first of good God Almighty, many. Yeah. And uh, before we move on, it's it's almost my my request as a rational kind. I'm going to hear shit about it. As a rational, it might seem to put the writers' names on the bottom. To me, it's no different than an MMA. There's a thing right now. Where there's a community, I don't know if it's large or small, but there's a community of people who feel like when the judges' scores come up, the judges' names should come up. Because there's times yeah. where the score looks fucking questionable. And you're like, who did that? When you clearly know it wasn't that. And Dana, and I, I believe there was Dana and a few other people feel like, put their fucking names out there. 29, 28, Doug Harrison, or whatever, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Make him own that shit. So when that score comes up, fucking, you know it was Doug. Yeah, tape your eyelids open, motherfucker. Don't blink when you watch these matches anymore. Don't check your Twitter. Don't check your phone. You're gonna give me a good score because your name's going up there. Don't be like that one guy in the room. I hope I only know if we were gonna talk about that story. That one guy, I guess, what was it? A board meet or something? He got caught playing World of Warcraft. Oh Don't my be god! Guy. I read. I wasn't gonna bring it because I want to look for the audio of it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the story was hilarious. I saw the oh story. My god. Of him. I'm trying to remember what it was that his that his uh priest said. His priest had a, had a war cry. It, it was it was like a battle cry or something. And Vince heard it. What the hell was that? Yeah, there was a it was Freddie Prince Jr. who was playing uh WoW during a I guess during a WWE writing meeting or something. Like he had WoW on his on his laptop. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, we'll go more into that next week. I want to see if I can actually find the story just because it was funny. Yeah, it was. A oh funny yeah, you're right. You're right. Cool. Uh, boxing does it. Why not UFC? Get the names out there. And again, going back to UFC, if UFC does it, WWE can't have judges, but they do have writers. Why can't they? Let's just get everybody's names out there. Who are you people? This is going to be, <laughs> you know, this, this is totally, this reminds me, this brings me back like a decade to my comic book reading days. This is Civil War all over again. There are a per- percentage of you motherfuckers who we're going to get the names of and going to all the information on you. You're going to be registered. We're going to know who you are. No more secret identities. All secret. Ident- I'm going the Tony Stark way. I'm not going the Captain America way in this version. I'm going Tony all the way. Remember back then when you were a kid, you didn't know you were, you were team Tony or you were team Steve because one of them was for that fucking civil war shit. Well, for the first time ever, I guess I'm, I'm going with Iron Man because I want all your fucking names written right here in this thing. And whoever's not is out. <laughs> all of you. Oh my God. All of you. You and you and you. And you, I guess we'll know your name's not that you're gone. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, they saved 140 million, the 4 million, um, monthly savings, including the 140, everything else, you know. So, uh, Fightful has a transcript of what Vince said. And it's his, and he's quoted as saying, thank you all for joining me today. First and foremost, I hope that you and your families are safe. What we're going through today is unprecedented. And there's no doubt these are challenging times for everyone. Given the adverse effects of the coronavirus and the resulting financial recession, WWE, like so many companies, 
have to decrease operating expenses. Effective immediately, we're reducing executive and board member compensation, decreasing talent expenses, cutting third-party staffing and consulting, and improving our cash flow by delaying the production of our new headquarters for at least six months. Despite all these measures, given the uncertainty we are facing today, unfortunately, we have to temporarily reduce headcount. As such, a number of WWE employees will be furloughed from the company today. At the close of my remarks, employee employees will receive a communication detailing their individual situations. More specifically, those impacted by the furloughs will receive a text message from Human Resources with specific information for their next steps. These are not easy decisions, but reflect the reality of the environment we're working in today. We live in a world of troubled times. I'm confident as a company, and most importantly, confident in you as individual employees will pull through these tough times and come back to work and make life better than it's ever been. Thank you. We basically said, when I hang up this phone, Everybody that we're planning on firing is getting notified. Everyone who we're planning on furloughing is getting furloughed. And, uh, hmm, yeah, that must have been difficult because people were already sweating. But we are hearing from a source in WWE, an anonymous source, Brad Shepard's source, saying that the talent cuts are not shocking. And the bubble was, was going to burst soon on some, some of this because, uh, They've been retaining a lot of performers because of the perceived threat of them going to AEW. But now Vince and the company are learning that it's time to stop being worried about that happening because AEW can't continue taking every C and D level guy that they let walk, especially during this. So, uh, and he says he thinks that it can also be a benefit to certain talent because they had already made up their mind about people like EC3, for example, many, many months ago. So why waste his time? So uh, that's the point that he's making that they, at one point, felt threatened by AEW. And now they're starting to realize, you know what? There's really not that much to worry about. I don't 100% agree with that. I think there's a lot to worry about. But oh, I don't yeah. I, I don't think that that means you hoard talent either. It's n- Neither of your answers are correct. Is there a lot to worry about? Fuck yes. Can you hoard all the talent without knowing how to use it because of it? Fuck no. I mean, you could, you could technically, but then you're going to wind up doing what you had to do and which looks terrible. You don't have the money. This is money you could have been saving this whole time. If you knew what you wanted to do with the people you wanted to do, it, you would have confidence in your own product, which you did not. If you have a direction of a story, it doesn't matter how many people in the roster you have. It matters how many people of the roster you need. Isn't that the way storytelling goes? If you have a room full of writers, how does writing work? Does a writer, when making a story, try to come up with as many characters as humanly possible even if they're not necessary or do they first nope. think about how many characters exactly they need for the vision of what they're trying to execute that's literally what the fucking formula of writing is so you're backwards if you're just trying to get people before you know what to do with them unbelievable yeah and the funny thing is that's literally even one of the, that's one of the ways they could save money was not just hoarding all the fucking talent another one stop giving people who don't know how to do this shit multi-fucking millions yeah Brad like example, like, well, I think I heard somewhere for the one half ass appearance fucking Muffin Top Fury made, it was like, what, 15 million? Where the fuck is he getting 15 million dollars? What? <laughs> That's 15 million you could have spread out amongst so many fucking people. Vince McMahon is reported by Brad Shepard to be miserable over this because a lot of people from the office who've been in the WWE for most of their professional lives are now at home not getting paid. He also has reported that the date given for the employees that were furloughed, which, by the way, to my knowledge, the only people who were furloughed were like producers, the wrestlers and everybody else were fired. 
So if you're thinking, oh, these guys are just furloughed, yeah, producers and people who you never see, sure. Wrestlers <laughs> are fucking gone. Like, that's done. Just to, before we even get into the names, we still haven't gotten to the names. But the employees that were furloughed, they get a return date of July 1st. But it's not written in stone. They could come back earlier if things get better, or they could come back later if things get worse. It's the date they were given because they have to have a date to put on their unemployment applications. Uh, so Shepard is also saying that Trump has a big influence on what's going to happen next because Vince is a Trump guy. He'll probably be the first to try to get things open for him as soon as possible. So we're going to have to see exactly what happened there. But Vince being torn up about everything is interesting to hear because according to Dave Meltzer, if WWE cut its dividend to owners that are, which, which is pretty much the money going specifically to a lot of it's going to the chairman, Vince himself. If he cut that in half, then the savings they would make would pay out every single cut wrestler and the agent's money for two to three, for two years and three months. If they cut that dividend completely, they'd be able to pay these people for four years and four months. So if they would have even just cut a little bit in half, if they would have cut in half the profits that the, the big people in the company make, they could have kept everyone. Would their numbers have looked as good? Not really. Would the world have understood? I think so. I don't Would think the wrestlers place have not been getting some of the reactions we're going to see later. Doubt it. And that's what really sucks about this whole thing. It could have easily been fucking avoided. And yeah, we can also take the route, the devil's advocate route of who the fuck are we to tell people what to do with the money that they made. But that's not even the route I'm taking. I'm taking the more humane route where it's kind of like you guys said your family. You can't mix business with pleasure, can you? You're a family. Whatever you've needed to fall back, you've been family. You could do whatever the fuck you want. Don't call yourself a family, though. That's very hypocritical. They should never use the word family. Ever. You're a company, and you should fucking act like it. Does Google use family? I don't know if they do, but I hope not because, you know, it's a big corporation. Amazon, I don't know, family? They're a corporation. They're a cutthroat corporation. They'll cut off those bashing their kneecaps if it was legal. No fucking family. In the same week where they were family, they released half their fucking family. <laughs> right? Like, Man. It's be a real awkward family reunion when half the people don't even fucking show up. And all you have to do is lose a little money, which most people would do for family. I know people who would, I know I got people in my family who would bend over backwards and give up everything they needed if I, everything they had if I needed the help. That's what you call family. I'm These blessed. motherfuckers are like, all right, you know what? It's not going to look as bad. We need to save the money. Fuck it. Cut them. Yeah, I'm blessed to live in a world. I don't want to digress too much here, but I'm blessed to live in a world where it's the same way. I have, I may not have like a large family, but I have, I have family that would literally and has done anything for me. Like my father, someone who has gone above and beyond the call of duty a hundred times if I've needed him. And in times like this, I'm fucking lucky to have somebody like that. Like that's what family does. Like money is no object when it's family. I may not have a mother, but I have a father. And he's definitely been able to have his back, you know, have my back. Yeah. Sometimes even when he don't necessarily need it, just to make sure, hey, in the long run, you straight. That's one of those things, man, where it's like when you have people who like help you, that's family. And it doesn't have to be blood. No. If you're if it's blood, you're you're double blessed. But don't use a word as sensitive as family, you know, and then not follow through. If there was ever a time that you want to have a job, it's during this. You know what the message now to me is? That if you, this company, you can't rely on them. They're not secure. There's no security to them. A lot of people went with WWE because of job security that you don't get in the indies. You know what? There's nothing fucking secure about them compared to the indies. Exactly. They cut people out at the worst 
fucking time. People that still had contracts, you know what I mean? Like, you're not secure there. Every, like, the, all, all that WWE family thing is bullshit. When you have family members that'll bend over backwards for you, I'll tell you this, they're not going to fucking fire you from their company during a pandemic. Right? If anything, they'll do more to make sure they can keep you around. Exactly. See, this guy gets it. I'm just saying, fucking... <laughs> Christ in heaven. All I'm saying, we keep talking every week when we talk, when we cover AEW, those jobbers, guess what? Those jobbers probably feel like they're more family than people in WWE fucking do. AEW reached out and said, hey, I know you guys are struggling. Come here. Get your ass kicked for a little bit, but you got the money in your pocket. So Vince could have saved those people what we're hearing. Yeah, they they didn't have to let go a single fucking person. They uh, easily just... Yep. You okay over there? Oh yeah, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Connected with that mic a little bit too hard. (laughs) Or did that one just a smidgen? (laughs) See, you're emotional over this. I'm telling you, like it's upsetting. Like, like when like like, because this this has been going on what since about Wednesday. Every day I see more names, more names, more names. I'm sitting there going, but where's the fuckers? You're paying a million dollars to do a half a move. Well, no, the green eye monster is actually symbolic of jealousy. But sure, I get the point. I guess. Close enough. Yeah. Yeah, close enough. We we knew what you were going for. Yeah, it's just like what, like, like. And the funny thing is, when this list comes out, wait till you see how many names that realistically, if you're talking about saving money, should be there, but aren't fucking there. Yeah, and uh, that's hearing, the part that kills me about this shit. And we're hearing that uh, Melser spoke to people in New York, and uh, apparently. The bankruptcy they had to file for the XFL hurt Vince's reputation, uh, because uh, people know that he's worth billions and earmarked. Uh, you know that he's worth about three hundred million, according to Meltzer, and they haven't spent three hundred million. So he's basically screwing people that he worked with, coaches, arenas, uh, people he owed money to, stadiums, all that shit. He's screwing. He's filing bankruptcy when they're kind of saying, well, "Why are you filing it when your your value, your net worth?" 300 billion. I don't know. Why is he doing any of this shit? Because this, com- this company's fucking money hungry. That's all they give a shit about. Well, Seth Rollins. Released- <laughs> oh, goody, goody. Yeah, I don't even know. He released a. Is it goody, goody? He released a video here. No, not at all. Where he it, talks it's, about it. It's cool lady, cool lady. Yeah, this was on Instagram, I believe. I don't think he's keeping this up forever, so you'll just have to take it from here. But he released a video talking about everything. It is just a difficult day for all of us. My heart is uh, is is broken for the guys and girls who I'm really close with that uh, had it the worst today, and that goes for um, you know talent that you guys love on screen, but also everyone backstage too who's off screen who who you know may not get the uh, social media fanfare that some of the um, the talent is getting. But one thing I. I am seeing that is uh, a little upsetting to me is all the negativity and the hostility towards uh, WWE. This is a difficult day for everyone, for all of us. And I think if ever there was a moment uh, for us to unify, for us to kind of band together and to try to do the best we can to keep this business alive, the best we know how, this is that moment. Um, and I think pointing fingers or saying you should have done this, you should have done that is um, uh, 
I don't, it's, it's, I don't know. It just doesn't feel like the time or the place for it. I, I think this is a day for uh, compassion and for empathy and for understanding and, and to try to support each other, you know, to pick each other up. Um, and that's for everybody. That's not just for the, the, the guys and girls that let go, but for all of us who are fortunate enough at this moment to still be able to, um, you know, have a, a position where we can collect a paycheck and we can support um, those who love us and those, those around us, I think that um, we have to take it upon ourselves to, um, you know, work harder to make sure that there's a place for all those who, again, had it the worst today to come back to. I think as, as a planet, we can rally uh, around the idea that this is only temporary and that those who have lost their positions uh, and who are struggling to figure out what to do next, um, that they'll be able to make it back from this. And whether that's with WWE um, or with another organization or in a completely new field, you know, this isn't the end. And I think if we start um, fighting amongst ourselves, uh, it's only going to make things worse. So I, I just encourage everyone to to kind of try to come together uh, over this, to try to unify uh, and to try to um, support each other, to lift each other up. And whether that means supporting your favorite performers, uh, supporting your favorite companies, um, uh, you know, or just supporting your friends, your family, whoever's close enough to you, I think that is going to be what's going to take us past this and through this and hopefully be better on the other side. Um, it's going to take some time. It's going to be difficult. Um, I want to thank everybody out there who's been so supportive of uh, our WWE family today. Um, and again, this has just been a difficult day for our industry as a whole. But I want to urge everybody to kind of come together and to unify and to, to have some empathy and to have some compassion uh, for everyone involved in this. Um, it's been a tough day, man. Uh, I love you guys. Uh, thank you for taking the time to listen. Um, and hopefully we can move past this together, supporting each other, all of us, um, and helping out where we can. And again, hopefully we'll move out of this, uh, this whole thing as a, as a people, you know, as an industry, um, better than, than, than when we started. Um, so stay strong out there, stay safe out there, um, and do what you can for yourselves and for each other. Thank you guys. Um, I appreciate the time and I appreciate the love I'm throwing it back at you. What do you think? So here's the thing. I think sipping on that WWE Kool-Aid made him forget. This isn't just negativity just for the sake of negativity. This is, God, over two dozen people don't have a way to make money when in reality there was no reason to take that way to make money away from them. Like, the thing about it is, I think uh, Brian Alvarez said it best on Wrestling Observer. This isn't like some restaurant or like some mom and pop, show, mom and pop store where you would have needed, like, absolutely needed to get rid of people to stay afloat. This is a multi-million dollar company. They had uh, many ways 
to make the bridge that gap or make up that difference. They chose the way that was going to make their finances look the fucking best. Like, Seth ain't going nowhere. Seth ain't got shit to worry about. Other guys don't have it that easy. I guarantee by the end of that call, Seth was not looking at his phone wondering, hmm, wonder if I'm going to still be here. Like, yeah, motherfucker, you know you're going to still be here. Other people did not have it that lucky, unfortunately. Like, it's not as black and white as, oh, we're just being negative and fighting against each other. No, like, it's literally, like, all these guys now have to try to find some way to get through this until all this is over. And it just literally came out of nowhere. Yeah. So, it, you're going to get people on both sides here, right? Depending on yeah. how WWE treats you like anything else. And even the fans are going to be split. Some people will say and agree with Rollins. I know some people took offense to the fact that he said, uh the hell was it that he said when he when he basically said maybe people move on to other fields like what do you expect them to do he's not saying they have to he's just saying whether they go to another place or whether they move on to another field which people might do that's the reality of it i don't think he meant it like he was ushering people out the door that being said why the hell are you speaking for them in the first place you're seth rollins right you're the wrestler tyler black from ring of honor indie guy that's now a guy who's part of this locker room you know like unless there's another daughter that vince has hidden somewhere that you're fucking why do you have such an invested interest in this company to that level? Why speak for them? Isn't it out of your pay grade? You know what I mean? Like, isn't that just out of your pay grade to be speaking for them? Like, aren't also, aren't you a heel? And I get being patriotic towards your company, I suppose, that's paying you to do a job that you're doing a good job at. But I can't say for certain. But I kind of feel like in today's world, if Dixie Carter or Paul Heyman still had a company and this shit was going on, it would have been them who was looking at the fucking screen, explaining how shitty this is and how they can't help it and how sorry they are and how they hope shit gets back to normal. Not like AJ Styles or Shane Douglas. You know what I mean? Like, I would like to think that if this ever has to happen, which it might, because AEW is not exempt from this kind of stuff and they might legitimately not have the resources. But I'd like to think that if it happened, that we would hear Tony Khan talk to the fans and the wrestlers on social media rather than hearing about it from a fucking third party's investor call. There's a very impersonal relationship between the WWE quote unquote universe, as they've affectionately labeled it, and the WWE office. Because at the very least... People like Dana White, people like Tony Khan, Dixie Carter, and Paul Heyman speak for their fucking selves, and they do it if they have to to investors, but they will also do it to the public. And I kind of feel like that's what's missing from this. I don't like that the McMahons are inattainable. They're like up in the sky. There's some deity that you can't reach. You have to hear from a third or fourth fucking party source. Like, Seth Rollins shouldn't be doing this. But he also shouldn't have to. This should have already been covered. How come the McMahons only speak when there's investors and money involved? Like, how come How come as good of a talker as Linda fucking was, we don't hear Linda or Vince or Shane, all these Mike Masters, all these Mike Maestros? How come fucking Seth Rollins is the one doing this? He didn't fire anybody. They can't take some time out of their fucking day for this? I've seen them tweet before. I've seen them do things before. Don't you think now's an appropriate time? Why am I hearing more from the wrestlers than the people that are doing the firing? They managed to take the time to do a meeting where they got to talk about it. But it seems like the only time that they care what people's opinions are are when they're fucking investors. And I think I have a right to feel that way because if it proved me wrong, where the fuck are the McMahons on social media? Where's their no, where video? Dude, we have a hundred videos to go through tonight 
of wrestlers reacting to being fired. We have re- we have videos from people who were not fired that are part of the WWE Corporation. You know what I mean? Where the fuck are the McMahons? Can some spoiler alert? I don't have any videos of the McMahons or Triple H or anybody talking about how shady this is and how we're all going to get through it together. It feels to me like people like Seth Rollins and AJ Styles, who we're going to hear from later on, and many others are doing more damage control to the public than the WWE heads. It's so they can take the heat and the McMahons don't have to. Because now everybody's going to jump down Seth's throat because Seth was the one who spoke. Don't speak, Seth. Even if you agree with this. Like, the more the more times I start to hear this, the more times I start to think, I think Tyler Black's just dead. I think the Blackout's just dead. This is Seth Rollins with his fucking stomp. Like, too much I can't even I can't even see the same person anymore because if this was ROH and it was Tyler Black, whoever was in charge of ROH would have fucking spoke. I just think it's it, not a good look when you're when you own a company or are responsible for a company and all of your employees are speaking up about an obvious problem and you don't address it at all. And again, I can't say speak for them, but I just feel like if this was Tony Khan, Dixie Carter, Paul Heyman, you name it. You would have had somebody who just talked into account. Dixie Carter wrote, as much as I joked about her doing it, when she first got Davy Richards and Eddie Edwards, the announcement, she was at a restaurant and she wrote on a napkin, D-R-E-E, and then took a picture of it on her phone and put it on Twitter. And at the time we were like, wow, how funny is that? You know, like you're a bit, you're the owner of this company. And there's, there wasn't like an official announcement. You just wrote D-R-E-E on a napkin, snapshotted it. And every, you know that was kind of the way you did it. You know what? I kind of miss that casual, candid way of dealing with things. Now that yeah, we're in a world yeah. where the people who are doing the firing don't even fucking speak when we know they have like 8, 9, 10, 11 platforms that they could use, that they could pull out of their pocket and say something. To this day, every single time something goes on in the UFC, Dana White's the one to say it. If, if John Jones gets in trouble for the umpteenth time, John doesn't fucking say shit. Dana says it. If Connor throws a trolley to a goddamn bus, Connor doesn't say shit. Dana says it. And he speaks to the if fans. If it's your you company, know? you say it. And Don't that's the reason he gets a bad rep. A sacrificial lamb. He gets a bad rip because he takes the good with the bad. He says it how it is. If he has to fire somebody, whether we agree with it or not, he's vocal about it. He's the guy right there in your face saying, this is the way it fucking is, and that's the way that it is, and that's all that there is to it. And that, and we, that's the, and people respect the man for that. You know what I mean? I kind of feel okay. I may not always agree. But I like the fact that at the end of a UFC event, I'm hearing from fucking Dana about what was good, about what the purse was, about what the gate was, about what fights were good, about what he fucking thought of it, about, about what, what he what plans on doing, about when he thinks the judges are shitty, when he thinks the judges were good, when he Man, thinks that the whole thing is bullshit. We heard Dana White eat, fucking tear Mario Yamazaki and do ass. But we're fucking hearing from he the guy, up. you know what I mean? So if, if Dana decided tomorrow that he was going to cut a lot of people because of money, we wouldn't even be speculating what well, we hear from the third source that Vince feels. We would have been hearing Dana would have been on a camera sitting straight face first front profile. Look, this is how it is. It fucking sucks. You know, you know what I mean? But at least, at least have a presence, man. Why is Seth Rollins speaking for your company? He's only been here for a fucking cup of coffee in the time that I've watched wrestling. I could think of like several eras where there was no Seth Rollins. He should not be the voice of the company, even if he has the best of intentions and he truly feels this way and he's strong and passionate. And even if he still wants to make a video like this, I'm not saying to stop him. Like, sure, he can. I think someone should advise him. But no one should be beating them to the punch. You know what, man? You know what would have looked more classy to me in today's world with the way media and socializing and social media works? It would have looked more fucking classy to me 
if Vince or one of the McMahons would have put out a video before speaking to investors, warning the talent and the fans of what was coming, and then saying that when he finishes this live stream, he's going to then have to go call the investors. You know what I mean? Or something, man. Like, why the fuck do the wrestlers have to find out the way we do? I mean, for God's sake, you want to roll out Stephanie every time the women get something new and have her fucking take credit. Why not have Stephanie do this? That's the thing. You always see a McMahon when something wonderful happens, especially Stephanie. They're right there for the party. They're never there to clean up the fucking the, the, the paper plates and cups afterwards. Let, let, <laughs> let the women get another WrestleMania main event. Watch, we'll see Stephanie then. Well, I won't, won't have to have freaking like Bailey or somebody speaking for her. No, we'll see a McMahon right at that moment. But when no. something goes wrong, nowhere to be found. They only like to be vocal under this very specific circumstances. And I think it takes a lot that these people put themselves out there, whether you like them or not. And they speak up for their brand and their product and their whatever it is that they're promoting. They are fucking promoters. Vince McMahon is a promoter. Don't forget that shit. He's a businessman because he was a promoter first. Like Dana White is a promoter. These are two promoters and they're handling things drastically differently. You know, so that kind of pisses me off. Maybe you don't have to always have that demeanor if you don't want to, if that's not your style. But I think this kind of calls for it. A whole bunch of wrestlers will fight. I don't want to hear what Seth fucking Rollins has to say. No disrespect to him. But I want to hear what the people who had that power to do that shit said. Unbelievable. It's fucking nuts. <laughs> and uh, amongst all of this, somehow Sonny managed to get some heat. Oh, she tweeted, I'm sorry to hear about all the firings in the WWE. Some of them are friends. Oh, well, see you all on the indie soon. People, it's a light, it's a fact of life. You get hired, you get fired. At least they had a chance that not many people in this world will have. Y'all are a bunch of panties for even commenting negatively. No one can stay in the WWE forever. Shut up, Sonny. Um, let me dissect this. I haven't, like I said, I don't check this shit before I come. I'm, I'm, I'm spot checking it with you guys. Um, yeah, see you on the indie soon. I can definitely agree with that. Um, it is a fact of life that people get hired and fired. And it is, I agree. At least they did have a chance where most people wouldn't get. I don't think anyone's pansies for commenting negatively because this could have been avoided. But I do agree with no one can stay in WWE forever, regardless of pandemic or not. It's quite fucking obvious to me that no one can stay in WWE forever. I don't need Tammy Sitch to tell me that to get offended. Hey, did you know that no one can stay in WWE forever? No, I didn't know. I'll have to go ask Hogan or Macho or fucking Mr. Perfect or John Moxley or Jack Hager or a whole fucking gigantic locker room. Chris Jericho. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, no one in any era has been able to successfully stay in this company all the time without something happening. Very few. I'll say very few. The only thing I disagree with is calling people a bunch of pansy for commenting negatively. Everything else she said is just wrestler mentality. I can't knock her for that. I think people give her too much shit for too many things. The sad part about it is I disagree with it just because it comes from a dumbass opinion. It's just like you can say something and then the exact and then somebody right next to you says the exact same way. The delivery will make you sound a lot smarter. This is she literally she literally just sound she doesn't sound like somebody where this was a correct opinion of any wrestling logic. She sounds like somebody who just needed to get some attention and just use this as an opportunity. Because I guarantee right now we're on here saying the same thing. We sound way more intelligent because we're uh, using actual logic. So, I mean, I'm an old school mentality kind of guy when it comes to wrestling. And I, 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 I won't I disrespect someone when they're out of line. But at the end of the day, like here, I would say that we would be out of line to say stuff like that because, like it or not, regardless of where she is now, what she's doing with herself now, Sonny paid her fucking dues. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, sure, she's fucking up and she does stupid things and she could be an idiot. That's, you got to keep that separate from 
does someone who paid their dues in the business and in a lot of ways paved the way for a lot of other people and is a Hall of Famer. Does she not have a right to comment on the, the business that she honed her fucking craft in? Absolutely, man. You know what I mean? She has every right to make that tweet. She has every right to, to voice her opinion on a business. Like, can you imagine if you were, were anything? Like, can you imagine if you were a comedian, you were, were a retired comedian or anything? You're a retired pro gamer and people kind of act like, who the fuck are you to have an opinion on comedy or gaming or whatever? Like, she paid her dues. She has that right. At the, at the minimum, she has the right. And I don't think, aside from calling people pansies, I think it's just a bitch in her coming out. She's right about all the other stuff. You will see a lot of them on the indies. This does happen. It is a part of life. You can't stay in that company forever and you shouldn't. Yeah, I think it's just more, it bothers me almost like she comes off as always. It's one of those things where it's like, come off like you've been there and like go at with a lot because like she, like the, the vibe came off really bad from that shit. But she has been there. Like, you know what I mean? She's not just coming yeah. off like she's been there. She has been there. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, like act like you've been there before. Like you've been in those shoes before. So don't just try to throw everybody else under the bus who has a negative opinion about it. Like you've been there before. You know that negative opinion comes from some kind of a reason. Not just like, oh, everybody's being a bunch of pansies about it. It's like, no, people are freaking pissed because some of their face, some of the people who they heard were coming over to this company now just freaking pushed to the wayside. Again, I get both sides and I, and I don't really think she did anything too terrible here. But uh, just to bring things into contrast, Dave Meltzer reported that uh, Ring of Honor for the shows of April and May, they're paying all of their contracted wrestlers. But most of them are giant deals, but they're not taking any money in the streaming service. They haven't run a show in a long time and there's no return date. But all of the people who were booked for April and May, whether they were non-contracted wrestlers or they were just making a debut or whether they were just filling in a slot, whether they were referees, officials, photographers, rink or whatever, if they might have used them and they weren't sure, every one of them is being paid. For all of April and May, no matter what, they're even being paid for whatever shows they're missing. They don't have. And you know what's funny about this? Ring of Honor doesn't have contracts with these people. They don't have to do anything or say anything whatsoever. A lot of these were handshake agreements or, hey, we might use you. But just because they put it out there, they're getting money. And you know what, man? They're not the only case. We don't have time to talk about them all. But God bless a lot of these indie companies. You're going to hear a lot of stories going forward about a lot of these indie companies that just had deals with people. And when you're an indie company, you don't contract them. You make a fucking deal. Hey, next next Wednesday, you're going to show up? Those yeah. people that have scheduled for those shows, they're getting paid by indie people anyway. Let me tell you guys something. You may not understand, but indie people are like me and you. When you see these indie companies, it's not fucking big. Someone who invested money to be able to get this ring and this shit together to do this. And they're still paying. You know Somebody I mean? in ROH literally said, hey, if you were here to get kicked in the face one time by Jay Briscoe, you're getting fucking paid. <laughs> Nobody's getting fired. Nobody's they had getting no furloughed. Everybody's getting they don't, paid. They don't have a fraction of the money that WWE does. But they're still thinking of everybody else. It should look worse to the investors that this is the kind of company, the human resources, like Jesus Christ. What a fucking mess. Like, what a way to treat talent when everyone else who has hardly anything is picking up the slack for, for, for the people around. You ever thought about doing that? What's the fucking point of it all? Especially because you all these fuckers are the ones who can afford company? to do it the most. You built something. For what? You know what I mean? Isn't that crazy? You built this big empire. What use is a fucking empire if in trying times you can't use it as a security blanket? What the fuck is the point of all of this? 
if it's not to ensure your future. And I'm not just going to isolate WWE. I'm talking in general. Any of you who thought you had job security and that shit was pulled out from under you because of this. What what were you, what were we building? What were we all building? If it could be taken away that fucking easily, you know, it's it's unreal. Yeah. This ever shows one thing when it comes to a lot of these wrestlers, this time it's going to show who's got your back and who didn't have your back. So I'll, quite a few of y'all know who didn't have your back when all this stuff was going on. The WWE everybody, everybody in ROH knows who had their back. The WWE contracts only protect the WWE. They don't do anything. They don't do anything for the actual wrestlers. They're one-sided fucking contracts. And the, the great part about them is that WWE seems to have an out. It's more like you can't leave whenever you want. You well, can't we can go get anywhere rid of you else, whenever we want. But we exactly, but we could get rid of you whenever we want. That's all that contract basically says. You're an independent contractor still, but we have full control over your independence. I fucking hate it. I really hate the way that this yeah. is going. John Moxley spoke to Wrestling Observer, and uh, he said, "My heart goes out to all those people who are affected by the craziness, whether it be financial or worse." I I heard a bunch of I I, I guess he meant I heard I heard a bunch of news through through um through uh, the grapevine. People in our business got unfortunate phone calls this morning so it's a weird time i'm feeling very fortunate you know i was not or i will not for a second feel sorry for myself like poor me during this craziness because i got a pretty good old thing considered but i'm just stuck in the house with my wife who is my favorite person to hang out with anyway we're just hanging out getting it on all over the house all day oh my god are you wearing the title (laughs) oh jesus that was amazing. Only he would throw that detail in there. Yo, I stumbled into that shit. Like, I didn't realize it was really good. <laughs> I can tell by your voice you hadn't read it before and weren't prepared. Getting it on all over the house all day. Oh, God. Watching movies and she got some cooking products she's experimenting with. So I'm basically hanging out and having a beautiful woman feed me meals every day. No matter how the world title match turns out tonight, I feel like a world champion. I'm very blessed at this time. Oh my god! That that no matter how the title match turns out tonight, nerd scares me because that shit was already taped, right? Don't tell me they gave Jack Hager the fucking title, right? They wouldn't do that no, during, no, a, no. during a pandemic. No, 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 we're good, we're good. Minor spoiler, people, we good. He just wants to make you nervous, so you buy yeah. a pay per view, whatever the hell it's gonna be, or tune in. Oh god, that fear was great. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Well, I'm glad that Renee and then Moxley are getting it on all over the house. Tell you, man. That's you gotta go next. You gotta go next level. You gotta go to the roof. Yeah, you gotta start on the first floor though, and fight your way up there. <laughs> no, no question. You gotta start on the first floor and fuck your way up. Money in the cooch. Money in the cooch. Is that allowed? No. You know write what? It, write it down. Write it down. down. We'll have to resubmit. Is cooch bad? Where's that? Oh my god. Hmm. We about to. I'll tell you right now. We we about to. We gonna find out tonight. We. And now, oh my. WWE presents. Money in money the fur- in the coop. No money in the furlough. Money in the furlough. I'm done. <laughs> Write that down. Okay, yeah, I'll put them down. Shit, now. Yeah, motherfuckers climbing ladders, avoiding COVID, reaching for contracts. <laughs> Unbelievable. Open their phone and go off. So AEW released a video thanking its uh thanking the first responders. And the uh, healthcare workers. Hey, hey, WWE, where's yours? Don't you remember this? They to- told you to wash your hands in, in like 45 seconds. It, was, it, it took their message was shorter than the amount of time you're supposed to spend washing your hands. 
Oh, that's why I remember because that's common fucking sense. They were like, "Don't forget to wash your hands. Don't forget to put on both, put on clothes, and behind your ears. Don't forget to get behind your ears. Left shoe and right shoe. Right. And more importantly, don't forget to wipe WWE. Write it down. <laughs> don't forget to wipe WWE. Leave out the WWE. Just don't forget to wipe. <laughs> oh." Maybe, yeah. Show it, even though they know they probably appreciate it, it's good when they get to see it. Especially from a roster that big. Jesus Christ. Yeah. But uh, you see what I mean just about how uh, companies are all handling this a bit differently. And unfortunately, WWE is handling it the worst. And, and don't think it's over. We're hearing the next up is the UK roster, NXT UK. They haven't even begun to trim that there. <sighs> well, I mean, one of the cuts actually came from that roster. Yeah, yeah, which we're going to get into. What what do you think is going to happen to the balance of this talent, in your opinion, without sing, singling out anyone? Do you see it shifting all back onto the same roster? Do you see them spreading out? Uh, what do you think? If I, it, I, I, I could see them all going to other places. I don't know who's going where, but definitely the best move is not to go back there. <laughs> like Because now they see... At the drop of a hat, anything looks good. We're all expendable versus all these other places where you're not hearing about the mass firings. You're really not even hearing about firings because they're doing what they can to keep everybody around so that when this is over, there's something to come back to. And that's really the way that it should be. That's how job security is supposed to work, man. Yeah. I mean, for Christ's sakes, uh, breaking the fourth wall a little bit with my um job i've gotten into a whole new thing i didn't even plan on doing when i first got on there almost mainly because my boss said hey i want to keep you around you go out of your way you go above and beyond when you want to keep people around you know and unfortunately that's so you didn't even go above <laughs> yeah nah they really didn't and and that's to me the most heartbreaking part about the entire thing i feel like a lot of it could have been helped uh a lot of greed here and just weird with the timing of doing things like this you know like those are the parts that really suck but uh now would be a good time i would like to think that all of the talent is going to revitalize the indies we're going to see a rebirth of the indies oh, we're going to yeah. see new people in new japan we're going to see new people in ring of honor ring of honor fucking needs it man oh yeah they need some of that talent <laughs> Send some of them that send some of them that way. That's gonna breathe new life out of that company. We're gonna see new people across the map. It's gonna change the landscape once again. Yeah. Years ago, you and I were on here. And we talked about how it's exciting because the landscape is gonna be completely different, and it was. It's it's been a completely different world, just like we said it was gonna be, you know. And I think we're gonna be seeing like a rebirth of that, you know, a three if you will. So, really, really solid stuff to look forward to being optimistic i know it looks grim now yeah i mean to those unfortunate souls there's other places out there where you'll actually be appreciating you're not just a blip on the radar a lot of places won't let you go that easy <laughs> a lot of places will fight tooth and nail to keep you yeah that's what that's what we um that's honestly what i expected i think it was was it a year ago that we were talking about cuts around a year or two and in fact, yeah. like people were just dropping like flies at one point. Yeah, I want to see if I could find exactly what was happening because we keep our documents all around. We keep it tight, and I'm sure I have a oh. document here. 
Okay. December 9th of 2019. Wow, there's a... Yeah. December 9th of 2019, there was a release wave. Give me a minute here, because I want to see what exactly we had on that day. That was when Luke Harper was released. So a few months ago, Luke Harper was released, and The Ascension was released. And, and that's what we were considering. And Sin Cara was released. And I think TJP as well, right? TJP was maybe a few months before that. And TJP, yeah. So basically... We were hearing that uh, they were going to start making more releases soon. As a matter of fact, Fightful reported at the time that, uh, that yeah, that they were going to be doing um, a lot more releases, but they're not going to be happening until the first quarter of next year. So just to keep that in mind, because no other place is reporting that because people don't keep track of shit that's going on. But December 9th of last year we came on here and we reported that the first quarter of this year there were going to be a lot more releases and granted it's a little bit late due to circumstances but the point that i'm making is playing devil's advocate here even though it's not a good time to do it it's possible that they had delayed releases that they were planning on doing already and this is the reason why i keep track of all of our stories because is it a coincidence that you and i during christmas time Practically, we're talking about the fact that in the first quarter of 2020, they were going to be doing releases, and now they are. Does COVID really have a lot to do with this? If you flip the switch, COVID might be the reason why these people have been employed up until this point. Because if we reported last year that there was going to be a wave of releases in the first quarter, the first quarter of a year is, is January, February, March. That means, based on our own reporting, that this was planned. At least that's the way you could look at it from a certain perspective. Yeah. As again, just recapping for anyone who wasn't fully attentive to this, Luke Harper, The Ascension, Sin Cara, TJP, all these people were released in December. They started granting releases, and we said that in the first quarter of this year was when the big releases were coming, and here we are. They were getting a lot of release requests, too, during January of last year. So a whole year ago is when The Revival made their re- release request. Uh, Luke Harper made his request. Mike and Maria made their release request. Uh, about a year ago, Dolph Ziggler, the, he was up in the air during this time. One year ago, if not longer, they were asking for a lot of these, you know? Like I said, just food for thought, man. Just food for thought. I, I still think it's wrong either way. If it's a pandemic, you should have held on to them. Right. That's yeah. especially when you hold on. Like, I don't give a fuck. I, I fuck your investors. You hold on to the people who fucking rode for you for years on end. Yeah. AJ Styles, as you guys know, he's also a a fellow streamer here on Mixer, just like us. And uh, he was very distraught about what was going on. He went onto his Mixer and he spoke a bit about, uh, because remember, the Gallows and Anderson, they were really close to this guy. You know, these were his friends. These were his brothers. And, uh, you know, he spoke about it and he was heartbroken. I'm actually going to let you guys hear a little bit of it. And I'll link you to the entire thing because it's long. But just want you guys to hear a clip from him. We'll share it. If you guys didn't know, Gallows and Anderson, uh, guys who were like my brothers, uh, were released yesterday. And it, uh, it, that one hurt. That one hurt really bad. Really bad. Um, I mean, it's just like, I, the only way I know how to explain it is like these guys are my family and I, I couldn't take care of my little brothers. You know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's the way I feel about it. I'm the oldest. I'm supposed to take care of them and they, I didn't manage to do that, and I feel responsible in some weird way for them being released. Um, and it's, it's devastating. It, I don't know 
any other way to explain it. Like, and I, and there's a lot of other great, you know, wrestlers. I'll, I'll kind of go down the, the list for you here. Uh, Kurt Angle, a buddy of mine, Rusev, Drake Maverick, great guy, Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins, uh, Heath Slater, Eric Young, Rowan, like Eric Young, man, like we just, I don't know how we missed the boat on what this guy just do what he does. Um, I guess uh, Rowan, like I said, another guy who was doing great work. Uh, Sarah Logan, she was just on television. She was just on the pay-per-view. Gallows and Anderson were on one of the main events of WrestleMania. Uh, Mike Kyoto is, I mean, this guy's got tenure for sure. So for him, you know, the referee, Mike Kyoto, sucks. Uh, Mike Kanellis, Marie Kanellis, EC3, uh, Aiden English, Leo Rush, Primo, and Epico. And I'm sure there were some uh, today with um, NXT, but I, I don't, I'm not sure. I think I've seen something on that, but I wasn't sure. And it's it's just weird. Uh, like, like this, this stuff is expected with everything that's going on. And, I mean, I'm as shocked as you are at some of the guys that got released. Um, I mean, I have my own opinions on the way things have got to uh, that that could have been done differently. That doesn't change. You know, I'm not the CEO of a company. I don't, I'm not a, a billionaire. I, I don't, I'm not up there. I don't make those kind of decisions. I don't know what it takes to make those kind, kind of decisions. I'm, I'm not qualified to say what's right or wrong. Um, so I don't know. I mean, who do you blame with all this? Uh, it's not like every company is doing this. And one thing I've learned is that when, when big companies stop making money as much as they should, it's usually not the highest up person who owns a company. They don't take a pay cut. Everyone else does. That's usually just the way it works. I mean, and and that's maybe that's where we're at. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Who's making what? I really don't. All I know is that I lost a, a lot of great friends and, and I'm tore up about it. Rogue, thank you. Um, it's just, it's just a, it's just a terrible time. Who would have thought 2020 was going to suck so bad? You know, like, can we make a comeback? I mean, is, is, can we, can we pull this together? Like, I don't know. Like, with all the talk about, you know, uh, with WWE being essential, uh, television, I, I don't know whether it is or it isn't, but I know that I'm glad to, to be able to entertain. I'm glad I'm still be able to do my job. I still want to be able to do that. I just don't, I don't understand people who complain about it and, and then go on and, and, uh, bury the company for, uh, releasing people. Like, you can't have both. You know, these, these guys, we gotta be able to work. That's, I mean, we, if you don't work, you can't, your business can't make money. So you gotta be able to do that. I wanna be able to work and I know that there's risks involved and I gotta do whatever I can to make sure that, you know, I hopefully don't contract that coronavirus. But, I mean, it's, it's a, I don't know, it's a, it's, it's hard to say, but there's so many things going on and, and, and you get so many, um, different things going out there, like is what the coronavirus is, will it be gone? How, you know, you don't know what to believe anymore. You don't know who to trust. It's just so bizarre right now, um, that I'm just, I, I'm, I've reached that point after yesterday. I've reached that point where I'm just ready to 
um, start breaking stuff. You know what I mean? Like I'm about to explode and I don't mean all my family or just at the world, like everything that's gone on and who, but the, it's not like I can fight someone because I don't know who it is. Like whose fault is this? I don't know. All I know is I'm very frustrated that my friends and, uh, um, have lost their job and, and family members have lost their job. Like I'm so frustrated. I'm like, I'm just like you guys. I'm worried. Should I be? I mean, the media make it seem like I'm supposed to be scared to death. And, but then you hear through different things. And you're like, I don't know what to believe anymore. Um, it's tough. It's just tough times. You know, and we're cooped up, not able to do anything. We're getting on each other's nerves. You know, how do we rectify this? And I mean, the only thing I can say is like, this thing's got to be, we've got to find a way to get through this and get through this fast because it's going to tear, it's going to tear the world apart. That's what I think. If we don't find a way to fix this or, or deal with it, or I don't know what the answer is again. So it's just. It's just terrible right now. And I'm probably feeling it more than you guys based on Carl and, and Gallo's getting released yesterday. So I'm a little bit more on edge. Um, lady, I thanks. Um, so I apologize. I'm, I'm just, I've hit my breaking point, but, but then again, I should, I should be happy that I, I have a job. You know, I am happy. I'm, I'm very thankful, but you know, then my, my boys don't. Yeah. That, that, that definitely, uh, He's clearly upset. Oh yeah, that was like that was like that's not a work with him. That's a shoot. That was that was yeah. family to him. I, I regular his channel, and anyone who's seen him, he's usually it's usually a fun, upbeat, really cool channel. Oh yeah, know? and uh, sucks to see a guy who enjoys life that much so fucking down on it, you know. But I, it's completely yeah. understandable, and I kind of find that approach more normal and human and relatable than the Seth Rollins approach of man guys and WWE you know like it's just it's just kind of like I find his approach you know it, it's so much more uh relatable there's so much more empathy there and uh you know I like that he doesn't try to act like he knows what the fuck is going on because really none of us do yeah that that's and, what that what we saw from Seth is the company boy approach what AJ gave us was the human being approach. Yeah. And uh, you can see he's hurting from it. You know, you could definitely see that he's okay. hurting from it. So Black Wednesday, you know, we're not done. He spoiled some of the names, but we're going to go over this list and we're going to see exactly what the hell is going on. So the official list, as we know it, let's get AJ off of the screen for this. <laughs> I love you, AJ, but come on now. <laughs> yeah. So the official list, as we know it, on screen talent. Kurt Hawkins, Zack Ryder, so the Edgeheads are gone, Drake Maverick, Heath Slater, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson, as you heard from AJ, Rusev, No Way Jose, Sarah Logan, Mike Kanellis, Maria Kanellis, Aiden English, EC3, Leo Rush, Eric Young, Primo and Epico, Eric Rowan. That's all of your top roster talent. NXT, we have Alexander Jack Jacksick, Diana Perrazzo, MJ Jenkins, Dorian Mack, Tayanara Conti, Cassius Ono of NXT UK, Dan Matha, Nick Augarelli, Cesaro Bonani, Mars Wang, 
Latino Sabatelli, Faisal Kurdi, Hussein Aldegal, Mohamed Fahim, Marcos Gomez, Edgar Lopez, Yi Feng, aka Rocky, whatever the hell that means, and Mike Kyoto, referee Mike Kyoto, senior referee Mike fucking Kyoto, somehow, some way, has been released. We're going to go back into some of these opinion wise when we're done. Performance center coaches, Serena Deeb, release. You guys might remember Serena Deeb, straight edge society, shaved her head bald. Yep. Serena Deeb, excellent person to have as a coach, gone. Kendall Kashin and Ace Steele, gone. Producers, which we're hearing that the, that the producers might be furloughed. They might return back. You got Kurt Angle, Lance Storm, Mike Rotunda, a.k.a. IRS, which, by the way, was tax day when they fired him. Sarah Stock, which was, uh, what was her actual name? Sarah Del Rey. Yeah. Uh, Fit Findlay, Shane Helms, Pat Buck, Sean Davari, Scott Armstrong, and Lance Storm. Then in the staff, that writer we told you about, Andrea Lissenberger, the, the, the freaking Otis Mandy girl, Jerry Soto, who was the Spanish language announcer, and Josiah Williams, who was an NXT ring announcer. That is a lot of people. I was keeping count. I think I was pretty accurate. Fifty fucking three. Fifty three people, guys. <laughs> really, guys? For them to have to do that, they had to have been holding on to too much talent in the first place. You know? Like, literally, all this shit could have been solved, solved if you weren't just holding talent just so nobody else could fucking have it. Yeah. And like I said, it's going to definitely, they said Vince McMahon got a bad reputation from uh from the XFL. I don't see how this is going to help his reputation. <laughs> You're going to get worse from this, motherfucker? Yeah, like there's way more to worry about here. You know, you got Especially to... when especially when like I said, you got guys like Brock and Goldberg getting paid multi-millions just to show up twice a year, but you let go of like 53 people who are here day in and day fucking night. Yeah. And it it'll be hard for them to ever uh I don't know, to ever get the trust I think back of their community. After doing stuff, something like this, you know, like sure, I don't gonna, think they, I don't think they're getting it back. They might just have to get people who've never been there before. They're gonna re, they're gonna raid the indies for whoever hasn't been there the ne- on the next wave. I mean, that would the be problem, the, the, the problem. The problem they're gonna realize was the people that have are gone now. Word spreads through the indies. <laughs> like a lot of these caches owner could show back over the indies and just be like, "Hey, just so you know, if shit hits the fan, you're out." Yeah, so that's going like to be... You better pray to God you're a top guy. That's going to be a big stigma, you know? Yeah. Going forward, people might just be scared to lose their stability and their freedom combined. They can just basically use you up and throw you out like a like a piece of toilet paper, no pun intended. Whereas you're going to hear from all these other guys in ROH, like, hey, if shit hits the fan, they will go to the end of the earth to make sure you still get paid. And people are going to be sitting there like, why the fuck am I going to WWE then? <laughs> like, yeah. The camera time, the notoriety is not worth it. It is, to an extent. Mm. You know, there's a limit to that. I mean, shoot, I could deal with the extent in WWE, or I could just deal with everything and be fantastic over other places. Do you find any of these justified, as far as the firings go? So, the one that stuck out to me when I started hearing about these was uh, Tainara Conti. Because she's been whining and bitching like she'd made it anywhere for months. Now, she, now her release shirt is a shoot shirt, right? Yeah, like that's the one where I was just like, okay, yeah, let's be real, bitch. You weren't going anywhere. Rowan, 
I mean, Harper's not here, so what are you going to do with him? But then that's, for me at least, that's kind of where it stopped. Because, yeah, Cassius Ono is not in fantastic shape. But from watching him in NXT, uh, NXT UK specifically, that dude was killing it. Putting on fantastic matches time and time again. His new wrestling genius gimmick was actually working out well for him because he gave him a very great level of arrogance on top of the fact that he was knocking people out left and right. So he was working his ass off over there. So that's one of those ones where like it kind of bothers me because whereas he'd just been that guy in NXT just to get beat, he goes through this resurgence when he goes over to the next brand and now it's just all right, bye. Yeah. It's people's life. People's life were upward land storm. You know, he he uh he closed his wrestling school to be able to do this with these people. Yeah. You know, it's it's similar. Some of these to, guys went to the end of the earth for them. It's and they similar to Bischoff, to you know, where, for them. It's similar to Bischoff where Bischoff uprooted his whole family. You know? And uh, look at the reward that he got. Yeah. And yeah, George Russo was another one, but I'm almost trying to like steer away from some of the bigger names like that, like some of the love, some of the ones you don't hear as much about. Like, no, we're gonna go through all of them. Don't worry. Yeah, I mean, there's, and there's a lot of guys who, even an example like Dan Matha. Uh, Dan Matha was more known sometimes as a guy who showed up in NXT just to be a beat by somebody. But I've said it before with guys like him, Raul Mendoza. Uh, Cesar Bonani, another one. When those guys did show up, even though they did get beat, they made sure they left an impression to the point where I knew Raul Mendoza's music long before that man ever had anything relative to a competitive match because he kept coming back. Mm-hmm. Like those guys left impressions on everybody. Whereas it's just like with WWE, they just, I right, gotta go. And it's like, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I heard Dan Matha, he had like some sort of crazy shit that happened to him, right? Yeah, uh, he had a car accident not long before he got released. Really? Yeah. Was yeah like I think we have timing, guys. Really? I think we have some photos of that. Here. Give me a minute. Bear with me. This dude, there's so much. There's so much <sighs> that I'm still trying to sort everything here. It's, it's, it's been a week, people. Right? <laughs> yeah. If you're listening live, you know, like it, well, fuck off. You try to, you try to sort this much information right. at once. And you see how well that it works out because we still have a lot here. Uh, give me a minute. Here. We're just getting get the, so we, we're just getting started. All right. Like, yeah, I'm trying to get the Dan Matha stuff together. Okay. Yeah. Just one second here. We got it. We're good. We're good. Woo. So what does his stuff here say? He says, "Boy, do I have a crazy ass story to tell all of you from the world rest from the world getting locked down to getting ejected through my window and then being released by the WWE. It's been wild. I mean, a wild 21 days." Uh. Let me see. Fuck sakes. Okay, so here's the first image of him. I guess that's after he got thrown through his windshield. How fucking fast are you going to get thrown through your windshield? Knock oh, you got to be going pretty fast. Knock on wood. I've never been thrown through any windshield. And I'm going to oh, keep it that way. You got to be moving to get lost through a windshield. There's the back of his head. That's beautiful. Right. You know how many bitches you'll pick up with a scar like that? You kidding me, dude? Thank you. None. Zero, I guess, would be the correct answer. How many, how many bitches would you would you hit on if they had a scar like that? <laughs> Holy shit! Look at the size of a hole in the windshield. What happened? Well, he went through that shit, huh? Oh my god! And they release him right after that. Who the fucking the the fucking seatbelt or the WWE? 
<laughs> I'm pretty sure the seatbelt probably put more effort to keep him. Oh man, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't. I barely remember this guy. To be honest, see, he's one of those guys. He would he would show. I would see him like if somebody was going through one of those little. All right, we're gonna throw him in with a bunch of jobbers, or if it was like a debut. Sometimes if it was just like coming off an angle and they just needed something to do, he was one of those kind of guys in NXT. Gotcha. You even, you even watch it now, you see those guys. Like, I like example, like a Caden Carter, a Santana Garrett, those kinds. Yeah. Well, no matter who he is, it sucks to be in that situation. It's unrelated. But, uh, man. That is First of all, glad he's right okay. There. Jesus. Exactly. All right. Well, let's get some more names here. We have, uh, Drake Maverick. Remember Drake that Maverick? one hurt. Drake Maverick. I did see some of this. Uh, oh, I watched the whole thing. I somehow made it through the whole thing. Let's have a look. This is his speech. So I just got off the phone with uh, WWE Talent Relations. Is Mark Carano that has told me that um, as of today, I have been released from my WWE contract. Uh, due to the current climate, the current climate, what's going on in the world, and I'm like everybody else where I probably didn't take this as seriously as it is at the beginning, but it's affecting people's lives, it's affecting people's jobs, it's affecting the way people make a living. I'm very fortunate that WWE is still allowing me to compete in the NXT interim cruiserweight uh, title tournament but it's it's very likely that those will be the last matches I ever have there's a lot of people I'm not going to get a chance to say goodbye to that I really loved and I really cared about <laughs> to make me a better person and again I'm, I'm very fortunate that I still get that. Other people won't get that. But um, if these are the last three ma matches I have, I just want everybody watching at home to know that you'll have my all. You'll have everything. It's not about a title anymore. It's about, it's about my life. It's about feeding my family, paying my bills. So if I don't make an impression, if I don't win, that's it for me. So I just want everybody to know that uh, you're all going to get everything I have. Yikes. <sighs> that investor's call worth it? Fucking rockstar spot, man. Yeah. Two-time exhibition champion. Yeah, definitely um, a valuable talent anywhere that he's ever gone. He's definitely had a presence uh, backstage and in the ring. No, yeah. So Whether he's a GM, Dixie's sniveling a little bit, what he did fantastic at feuding with EC3 or the wrestling that one match with Mike Canellas, the dude has given everything he's had every single time. Yeah, no, there's no question about it. And uh, that's one that they're probably going to regret. You know? Oh, shit. They're going to regret every they're, last they're one. Probably one never or the other. That's the sad part. They'll probably never feel it or anything, you know? But I'd like to think that. Uh, they would. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Eventually, they're going to feel every last one of them. That's the bad part. Like, 
when they see them, when they see all these people be successes everywhere else, and they try to get them back, and then they hear no, then they're gonna sit there and wish, hmm, maybe we should have just cut that page just a little bit. They should have. So the thing about it is now, no matter where he goes, let's be real. After Impact, no matter where he went, he was gonna be fine. But now he's gonna be even better, no matter where he goes after all this is over. Yeah, yeah, it still sucks. Oh yeah, I remember that's the second time I've watched that. It is nowhere near as easy. Hmm. It's not. It's not. It. It was hard the first time watching him break down like that. It's hard the second time. It will be hard the third and the fourth. Yeah, like that hurt a lot of these people. Yeah, and uh, like I said, if you're gonna hurt people like that, you should do it to their face, not through these fucking Mark Carano calls or whatever. I mean, I don't know, whatever. At least a public announcement of some sort would have been helpful. Yeah, yeah. His wife, uh, yeah, and well, she was never really employed with them. No, she's made. She was there for a little appearance. So next is Kurt Hawkins, another person who was released we spoke about on here before and uh yeah he uh his wife actually was more vocal about this than he was i don't know if you heard about that yeah yeah i did hear a little bit of uh, what she had mentioned she said one year ago i left my job in advertising to be a stay-at-home mom i started to learn photography envious of my husband's passion for doing something that he loved wrestling i'm beyond grateful that i was ever even able to be a SAHM, not even sure what the hell that is, in this expensive world that we live in. Oh, stay-at-home mom. I got the acronym, having never heard it before. It has to be stay-at-home mom. <laughs> See, I never Catch used that. Kid. Come on, you got to use acronyms, people know, but I get it. Stay-at-home mom in this expensive world that we live in. Getting home at 6.30 wasn't cutting it for me anymore. I wanted to be home with my daughter and see my husband when he was home. On Wednesday, April 15th, Brian was released from the WWE contract. There was... There was notice that morning that layoffs would begin and our anxiety kicked into full gear, not just for ourselves, but friends and loved ones that that this could potentially happen to. Brian just needed to know if it was happening to him or not. And I was praying the phone didn't ring. Well, the phone rang and I broke down. You can't really break down for long when your almost three year old is running around chasing bubbles. But I cried. There is so much uncertainty in the world. It's terrifying. One week prior, they'd wanted him to fly to Orlando to film for Raw, and the next week, they're getting rid of people. I went from being scared of my husband coming home from work with coronavirus to days off late to, to days later, him getting fired. Why do I feel helpless? For starters, I am 30 weeks pregnant. It's not the most satisfying feeling when your husband loses his job and you don't have one for you both to fall back on. I always said the past year, if I needed to get back into work, I could and would get back into my field, thinking like four to five years if his contract didn't renew. Not expecting him to lose his job when I'm two months away from having our child, let alone during a pandemic. Though I don't regret my time at home, I do feel guilt and anxiety about the decision I made last year with a new baby on the way. But this is something I just have to deal with right now. So, uh, yeah, that sucks. Best of luck to him. Hope something works itself out sooner rather than later. Yeah, you would think so, right? Yeah, because I mean, as much as we joke about him and the whole Chad Hawkins thing, that dude busted his ass every single time he showed up on that TV screen. Yeah, I mean, he's from gave Queens, us everything he had, no matter what the situation was. I can't hate a guy from Queens. It's not like he's freaking uh, big cast. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> 
he got in shape, okay? But no, <laughs> no dude, dude, get, dude always gave us everything he had. Always made sure everybody who was watching him had a good time. Whether he was losing however many matches they had him losing, he made sure it was a laugh every time. Like, you can't hate a guy like that. No, no, you certainly can't. And it's, it sucks that he, it was like a loyal soldier that got done a raw deal. Yeah, he really did. Zack Ryder had a shirt made called Not There. It's the Not There <laughs> shirt. <laughs> that made me laugh. I saw that I laughed. Yeah. Well, join the club, man. Oh, God. See, Not I like in the shirt. case of guys like him, it's like you gotta like make yourself laugh to get through it a little bit easier. Like a like, fucking t-shirt. Yeah. yeah, let me pull this up for you guys to take a look at. Like, like I, I kind of feel almost like his approach was just like, all right, Everybody's going to be really sad about all these releases. So let's make them laugh. Because I saw this, I cracked up. <laughs> Cody Rhodes released a statement about it saying, I'd like to take a moment to say how proud I am to be a friend of Zack Ryder. In a world of weekend warriors and quote unquote play wrestlers, this dude exudes passion and drive for pro wrestling like no other. Through 14 years to see him consistently try to better himself, whether that be his in-ring work or watching him physically mold himself and his body into such a specimen, drug-free with hard work and will. I have a little rule, and that's that if you've ever quote-unquote gotten over in wrestling, you can always do so again. That rule being fully applicable to Matt now. At 34 years young, his best wrestling days are ahead of him. Cheers to a great start and 14 years of unrelenting blood, sweat, and tears. Future endeavors are limitless when you actually endeavor. I chose, he says, I chose this picture because it was one of my last days at WWE watching 80,000 plus people applaud as Matt won the gold was an eruption not only live in the arena, but in the locker room as well. Hearing Dolph coordinate for his father to come over the rails Meaning I was ass deep into a broken ladder and stuck but had the best seat in the house. And seeing father-son embrace, I thought I'd be jealous or bitter. But I was truly happy and proud for one of my peers. Congratulations, my friend, and good luck. And, uh, yeah. Zack Ryder was super over at the time. Oh, nuclear at sometimes, And he got himself over. Yeah, and they didn't like that. We spoke about that on here before his whole... Uh, YouTube channel and everything. He was one of the pioneers to that. Yeah. That company has any any mark out there can say anything you like. You can't deny that when you get yourself over, they can't stand it because they can't take credit for it. Exactly. Zach Zach Ryder's success is because of Zach Ryder. None of them had anything to do with it. Something else, man. Yeah. Good luck to him. Good luck, sir. Because that dude is going to be a hit no matter where he goes. Keith Slater, another person who, I mean, I guess he was floundering for years, man. If he was going to do something in the business, he needed to get the fuck out of there. It sucks again during a pandemic. It's the worst time. But where was he going? He, yeah, uh, that's, the, that's the case with a lot of people on this list. He went. Let me see what he released here. Mm. I got a minute. <laughs> man, what a ride. What a ride. I've literally been everywhere. And I mean everywhere. Yeah. I guess you guys will all, you know, want to hear the bullshit, right? <laughs> ah, I'm kidding. WWE, man, has provided me and my family with income. So, you know, 
will be okay and you know experiences and opportunities and like relationships that would never happen if I never worked for them. I mean it's you know we we all have our ups and downs but who who doesn't you know but ultimately WWE fulfilled a dream for me that some saw not even a reality and uh I have nothing but gratitude for that because, I mean, cheers to that, you know. Um, I know that my WWE family, my wife, my kids, and probably a lot of the WWE universe um, could see that my fire was fading, you know. And uh, that's all on me, you know. But putting everyone else over all the damn time can take a toll on a man. But that brings me back to uh, relationships um, I've made throughout these last 16 years in pro wrestling. Um, the outpouring of love from the locker room, corporate staff, and the WWE Universe has been like extremely, extremely overwhelming, man. I'm seeing now that it's like sometimes your accomplishments aren't always about what, you know, you do in the ring, but... uh it's what you do, you know, behind the scenes for people around you. Uh, I had no idea how much love I had until yesterday. Um, and that's the hardest part of letting go of this chapter in my life. Uh, <laughs> um, I just want to say thank you to the WWE family, everyone in between this, everything, all of it. It wouldn't work without, you know, everyone behind the scenes and us as the performers and the lighting cameramen like just the truck drivers like i mean it's just one of those things to where like a lot goes into it and uh um but i also want to say thank you um because you gave me 14 years and now come july 17th i can spread my wings and fly a little bit and i feel fire again that i didn't have for a while i feel you know, ready to get in shape, legit, and, uh, um, I don't know, I feel hungry again, like, very hungry, and I haven't felt that in a long time, so, uh, I'm just, no bullshit, get ready for the encore, because, uh, I'm gonna come back better than I ever was, that's a fact, um, but for now, gotta go people I love you always will I gotta go and figure out how in the hell I'm gonna feed all these damn kids <laughs> <laughs> he used the kid <laughs> he got kids man that's awesome you heard about his shirt though right what was his shirt <laughs> I, said, I got kids I got fired oh god <laughs> unbelievable <sighs> Well, guys like him and Zach is just like I guess it all this kind of bullshit. Like give somebody a laugh. Like yeah, they were always characters, man. Oh yeah, dude. He was he. I mean, for God's sake, is one half of the first ever SmackDown Live Tag Team Champions. Dude, mm-hmm. dude put his work in. Like <sighs> yeah, we've already AJ. I think said it all when it comes to Lou Gallows and Carl Anderson. I can't believe that they got rid of the Bullet Club guys. Like oh yeah. 
they misused them, but they, you could tell that they wanted to utilize them. They kept trying. They did different things and they blew it. In the end, th- that might be the biggest disappointment of them acquiring, getting a big acquisition since they got the NWO. Yeah. You know? I mean, those guys, those guys ran the tag division in New Japan. Remember when we got the NWO and we thought it was going to be this big deal? And all it really was was the three core members, which I guess that's WWE with their stables that are only three or four people. But it was the three with Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and uh, Hogan. And that was it. And then they yeah. did try to expand it. Who did they put in? Booker T. They put Big Show back in. And they put Sean fucking Michaels. <laughs> you know. With his and khakis then, and his fucking beret. You know, and they threw in X-Pac. And they put six back in there as X-Pac this time. And uh, then... Not too long after they retconned that whole thing, Nash fucked his quad up, and then they just sort of slowly just went into obscurity. You know, just turned into the only good thing that ever came of that was that uh, that's how the Booker T Goldust friendship formed. Was they once they kicked Booker T out of the NWO, he winds up with Goldust fighting against him. But at the end of the day, no one thinks about that shitty NWO that we had in WWE. The only cool thing was the fact that the graphic turned black and white. The actual yeah. execution, they were terrible. And then, of course, because they're WWE, they wiped the floor with all of them when they came over here. You know, yeah. it was rock bottom and stunner parties for all these motherfuckers. It wasn't like over there where they were like gang warfare. They were getting wrecked like I expected. I look at that here. The Bullet Club, Gallows and Anderson, they were considered dangerous as hell when they were in New Japan. It wasn't like a fun Bullet Club. It wasn't a happy Bullet Club. You wouldn't Those have gotten were the a motherfuckers you didn't want to see pop. coming down the ramp. Yeah, they were considered tough as shit. It was considered a problem <laughs> when those guys. Those came were the on. guys where, when you were, when you, when they told you you were no more in contenders of the tag titles, he was like, "Okay, who has it?" Charles Anderson. Uh, I think I'll wait. Yeah, and here they made them. They just made them into a couple of bullies, you know. So I, I see there was there was All most potential there. They fucked up with that one. A lot of these relationships are not going to be able to f- be fixed both ways. And uh, Carl Anderson actually released a video here. I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't seen the video though. We're going to see it now. Ah, it showed a plane going going to Tokyo and he used his, that was the old sound effect. Remember back in the day before he came here? Whenever they used to announce them, he he was the only guy who had a sound effect. Yeah, we'd go machine gun and he would cock it back and go, Carl Anderson. Remember those days? He was a badass in Ring of Honor in New Japan. Before they turned him fluffy over here. (laughs) He turned them fluffy. That's what they do. If I can write it down, turn them fluffy. Oh, man, they did, they did. But yeah, so Carl Anderson sounds like he's back. Oh, yeah, give us the damn Bullet Club back. The real Bullet Club, not this pretend bullshit WWE likes to think they have. Mm-hmm. Fucking WWE with their dollar store Bullet Club? No, I don't want this shit. That's why I never wanted Balor with them, because I didn't want them to fuck Balor up worse than I already did. So Rusev. 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 Release. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I know it was a bad imitation, but anyway, Rusev hey, gone. It was all right. Rusev gone. Um, I think we all saw it coming. I think this definitely expedited the process. Yeah. Lana has really grown on me. Ew. <laughs> Just because I've never—it's been a long time since I've seen somebody not break character to this extent. 
where like she trolled the shit out of him you know like she acted like in character lana at the fact that he got fired was talking about how rusev day is over and putting all over tells me and bragging about being with her bobby lashley she didn't even fucking break character in a pandemic for this for her (laughs) own husband like she kept i've never seen someone write a gimmick like this in this generation (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> She's riding that shit Mr. T style. <laughs> okay, so like, yeah, when you're talking about that, true. I thought that she was going to, even Seth, who's supposed to be a fucking heel character, which by the way, we didn't talk about that, but you're a heel. You're, you're, you're doing this heel gimmick and you're coming, oh man, WWE, my friend. Is like, come on, motherfucker. Like, you're supposed to be. I love the fact that this character, this hated Lana character, legit trolled her husband they must they might be okay with it you know but that goes to show look at that and he probably wanted the release but i just love the way she she's uh she's running with this man you have to give fucking credit to that oh, it's like yeah, even I, guess, knowing, I, guess, I guess everything happens once even knowing what we're knowing she's able to blur the lines between reality and and fiction even with the amount of information that we know you know what I mean? It's incredible. I give her a lot of credit. And it, and it definitely doesn't hurt before. It was like, like, it definitely doesn't hurt that she looks great. You know? Rusev uh-huh. wanted to leave. Lana wanted to stay. That is possible. You, you might be correct there. And if that's the case, what are, who are we? Who are we to not, to, to, to not cheer this man on? He gets to go somewhere and not have to carry Lashley through matches. That's he, fucking magical. He tweeted something like Rusev out. It was something like that. Just shortened. Yeah. Straight. It was, it was that's up for Rusev out. But I, but I love the fact that that angle happened. You know, just don't actually. Fuck Bobby Lashley, please. Like only See, because I I'd have been great with that angle if Lashley wasn't there. Yeah. Like I said, just Lashley being there ruined the whole angle for me. <laughs> just don't fuck Bobby Lashley. That's the only thing. Like I've seen this storyline play out a few times in my years, and and it was weird. And I'm not saying and, and like I said, there's a few times I've seen these storylines bleed into reality. And trust me when I say it's never pretty. Yeah, this is the first first time where we've seen the other guy have a baby head. Edge, Edge had a normal sized human head. Rusev was a guy with a lot of personality. He he was a foreigner who took such a loving to American culture and 80s culture and video games. He was a hardcore gamer, fun guy, funny guy. Way before when they were still doing that shit gimmick with him where he was just this mean guy and she was playing the Bridget Nielsen role. We spoke on here about how we would watch him on Up, Up, Down, Down. And how much fun it was and how cool it was, like all the different things. Cause if you guys, you might not remember, it all blurs together over the years. But back when he was like popping for Bruce Leroy and he was joking around with Xavier Wood and they were playing Xbox and shit together or PlayStation, or whatever. Back during those days, he was still being that other dry, mean Rusev in the ring. And we were on here like, you know, this guy's real. They just let him be himself. He's a really cool dude. Like it's a shame that he's this shitty character, this shitty that doesn't talk. It just comes out with her because like he's really laid back. And I remember we acknowledged that. And eventually, what did they do? He got over on his own. As soon as they took that stupid gimmick off of, he got over on his own with Rusev Day of all things. And it was fine. Yeah. And and he turned out to be exactly what we thought. And you know what? Say what you want about Lana, but it wasn't that different. There were a few times, and they were, she was careful. That goes to show it's not just because of this gimmick. She's always been devoted to the gimmick they give her. She was careful nine times out of ten about staying in that Russian gimmick. And the few times... We caught her out of it and we played it on here. We were like, wow, you know, she's actually really interesting, you know, and I, you know, so it's, it just goes to show you, you know, sometimes you can't bathe these people in these gimmicks. And I think she's yeah. going to thrive. And, and the funny role. thing about it is, mm-hmm. I think with the Rusev gimmick thing, I think that was something just they gave to him and it was meant to bury him, but he just wound up making it work. 
No, they definitely weren't going to bury him because during that gimmick was the closest he's probably ever come in his entire time here to being what would have been just a straight up champion. Yeah. Like the Rusev crush character was highly fucking protected, dude. Do you remember he had like a streak? He was undefeated for like, was it John Cena finally took him out? It, 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 it was a year he was unbeaten because he debuted at WrestleMania the day I think it was after WrestleMania 30. And then he didn't lose until WrestleMania 31. Mm-hmm. There you go. There was one person who could beat him. And his name is John Cena! Was it Cena? Yeah, it was Cena. And there's also one person who wasn't fired. And his name is John Cena! No, there were some people who weren't fired besides me. I was about to say, if you didn't cheat me out, I swear (laughs) to God. (laughs) I paused and I was like, if this motherfucker didn't hit that drop. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) I got it partially. It still counts. No Way Jose also released. Long overdue. Still not cool. Just again because of the circumstances. But this was long overdue. And again, I, I told you guys. The December the December 9th episode of last year of the show, we said that these releases were coming. I didn't think about it until I got on here. December 9th, last year. I believe that was the date. We looked at it a little while ago. Whatever the date was. We said that these releases were coming. And that was before we knew any of this. So some of this, God I understand, was planned. Here's No Way Jose. So, as you might have heard, I am no longer with WWE. So I want to just take this time and say thank you for everybody who reached out to me so far. Uh, thanks for being fans. Thanks for whether you cheered for me, booed for me, danced with me, thought it was silly. Uh, just thank you for making it all worthwhile. Everybody involved, everybody in the back. The locker room's amazing stories, memories. It's going to last forever, and hopefully this ain't the last time you see me never know but with this pandemic you know everybody just stay safe it's affecting lives all over the world and uh, just stay safe take care of yourself take care of your loved ones um and just take this thing seriously uh i didn't know going to raw this last time would be the last time for a while i would let it soak in uh, until next time you know it's your boy no way jose <laughs> but thank y'all for everything what are your thoughts see you down the road yeah. see you down the road dude yeah man it's uh, I mean, he he wasn't the most popular gimmick. We weren't always the biggest fans of him, but you could tell he came out there dancing and was genuinely having a good time. And there were some guys who were there, and it's unfortunate that WWE takes advantage of it, but they were just there just to have a good time. And that was Jose's thing from NXT to when he came into the roster. Every time he came out dancing, he was having the time of his life. So I mean, hey, I. I with with I've noticed with all these guys they're always saying goodbye. In reality, it's just see you in the next town. Like see you down the line, wherever you hope, wherever you pop up, hope it's sooner rather than later. Yeah, for sure. And uh Sarah Logan, as you know, she was also released. One member down on the riot squad. No stables are gonna be able to be reformed in this new WWE landscape. Like they they can't uh. have a full wide, they can't have a full shield, they can't have a full uh, OC Bullet Club. They can't have a full anything. They can't have anything at this point. All of the stables are officially broken up to a point where they're all irreparable. And uh, it doesn't really leave much, I guess, of a landscape. It's like all of these different generations of WWE, starting from the old school to what was called the new generation, which began in 94, um, to the Attitude Era, to the ruthless aggression to now, we're always building. It was always building something, building characters, building relationships, building friendships, building stables, you know? And it's just crazy to think that 
there's not much left of what they were just building, you know? Weird. Like, those, as much as we used to be critical of this company, there was a point where it was possible for them to have all the Wyatts in the ring and all the S.H.I.E.L.D. members in the ring standing nose to nose and everybody stand up for this moment, you know? And it really isn't anymore. Yeah. It would have been not possible. going to happen ever again. You know, it would have been possible to uh, take AJ Styles, Gallows, and Anderson. There was even speculation that this might be going on, that they would have taken AJ Styles, Gallows, and Anderson, added Finn Balor, and then make them have a match against the Undisputed Era. But can you imagine? Like, let's think about that shit for a minute. That a, would have been a, ridiculous. As a main event of just anything, whether it be NXT TakeOver or Mania, imagine if you would have had AJ Styles, the Good Brothers, and Finn Balor against the fucking Undisputed Era. Like a few, have, not just a match, but just for a while, these two stables going to war against <laughs> each other. If you count Carl Anderson, that's four Bullet Club leaders in the same place at the same time. Like, think about how how did they have... Finn Balor, AJ Styles, Gallows, and Anderson, and not have them fight the Undisputed Era because they're fucking stupid. If you because they want to have the names but don't want to give people what I what I think what they come to see them for. That is like, and you see why I count them out because they do stupid shit like this. That should have been the first thing that happened when Anderson and Gallows showed up. You said the Leo Rush one broke your heart? Because somebody linked me. I don't know if I have a Leo Rush video here. Maybe I, I, I don't even know if there case. was a video. If there was a video, somebody link it. If not, we'll run it next time. But uh, yeah, getting back to Sarah Logan here, because that's where this whole thing started. Now the Riot Squad's gone. But from what we're hearing, a lot of people were pissed off about it. Like literally across the entire WWE. Like not just the office, not just the roster. Like apparently this caused like a big ripple. Where it was like, I guess some somewhere there was a consensus of, holy shit, you guys going to get rid of this girl like Sarah Logan? You know, you shouldn't do that. She's married to like one of our one of our fucking guys also. Remember, she's married. To she one had, of she had just gotten back too, you know, right? and like she just came back from injury. There was a whole bunch of things. But out of everyone, she's the one person that there was enough people upset, I guess, on a personal level about the ride she was taking on where there's even speculation that they might just bring her back where it was like out of everything. This is the one point where they went, you know what? You're right, guys. That was a dick move. So if I, I was guess, there, I wouldn't go. You take it where it's you so can get bad. it, you know? You take it's it where so you can get it. It's so bad because just to spite them, if I was there, I wouldn't come back. And it's like, no, you fucked up and now you're going to deal with it. Remember that she was crazy Mary Dobson on the Indies and in Shimmering and all those other places. It's not like she's not a name. Like, sure, here she wasn't, but just, she's she's a person before before all of this that was known yeah, and established. That girl mm-hmm. has worked. That girl worked her ass off the whole time she was here. And they just shit on her just out of the blue. Mm-hmm. The last thing we're going to remember her from is freaking Shayna Baszler breaking her Mm-hmm. Because these motherfuckers want to impress their goddamn investors. Yeah. No, it is. It is definitely crazy that this uh <laughs> this turned out that way. And uh, like I said, don't do it to your fucking uh to your people that are connected like that. You know what I mean? These stables that you make. There's, there's some substance to them. You know what I mean? Those reunions, you want to be able to do that kind of shit. You don't want to lose people. Like, am I not, am I naive for feeling that way? No, it's, you know, called, like, it's, it's called actually thinking of these people. Like, in the long term, I think that they're all really fucking important people. 
You know, if you have yeah. anyone, even if you don't like them, it's, it's for the sake of being able to get the band back together. You know what I mean? Like when you think about it, like if, like, like if there are people in, in any band that have had issues in the past with Beatles or, or, uh, or anything like that. If you can't get everybody back together, then the band doesn't get back together. You know what I mean? And then it's like the music's lost. And then when they do finally make up, which has happened in history, it becomes a big deal, right? But that's what you need. You need all of the people. And when you have people that go to concerts and the bass player's either dead or they're not, they didn't make up with them, you'll always be like, it was good, but it wasn't the same. It didn't have Paul McCartney or it didn't have Dimebag Daryl or you know what I mean? Or it, whoever yeah. the person that's missing or departed, like it's not the same when they're replaced. So you try to have the, the original shit when you can. Exactly. A prime example. One of my favorite uh, bands, Flyleaf. The lead singer, Lacey Mosley, left years ago. It's not the same. Yeah. I listen to some of their new stuff, but it's like, I don't hear Lacey. So I'm like, Fucking like, what is going on here? Like, yeah, it sucks. But uh, moving down the list, Maria and Mike Canellis, or should I say, Maria Canellis and Mike Bennett? Yeah, because we're putting his real name back. You, you know, it's rare to see something so spiteful, and in my opinion, spiteful happen to somebody because Mike Bennett was fine without these motherfuckers when he was on the Indies. Everywhere he was, I don't know what he was thinking coming here. I was a big supporter of Mike Bennett and Maria, and I thought that they were doing a fantastic job. I thought the kingdom was a great stable in Ring of Honor. I thought he really came into his own and over time improved as a wrestler. He had everything that he needed to succeed and then went there. Because know? he heard the same thing everybody else who blindly supports this fucking company does. Oh, it's the mecca of sports entertainment. You're going to get the most exposure, the most money. You're going to, you, you're, you haven't made it unless you've been here. He believed that crock of shit just like everybody else. And a crock of shit it was. And here, like, like, have... he, if this doesn't, if this doesn't prove anything out there, this place's not the fucking Mecca. It's just a place with the most money. And the best part about it is they give a shit more about the money than anybody who goes there. Well, let's hear from Mr. Bennett here. I'm going to link you guys to this whole interview. So, uh, I mean, I guess in the sense that in my head, it was always like, all right, well, if there's going to be releases, it's probably going to be me and probably going to be my wife just because of my wife's been out on maternity leave. Um, I, I, they weren't doing anything with me. I had already asked for my release in the past, um, though we did work things out after that. But it's like I, I, I didn't want it to happen during a pandemic. And I think that's a hard thing for me to try to explain to people, um, not to go off topic, but there's a lot of people that are always like, you know, well, they, he did ask for his release, which I did. And my wife never did. So I want to clear the air there. My wife was happy to stay there. Um, but I did, but it's like, you, you think in the back of your head, yes, I did ask for my release, but nobody wants to be released during a pandemic. Like yeah, it's you the, asked for your release when you could appear in another promotion. You, uh, you <laughs> asked for your release when you think you can go and do other things. And like, I asked for my release just because I, I wasn't working and I wanted to work. And I've said this in the past. I liked working at WWE. I liked the people there. I, it was my dream. I never wanted to leave, but I also, I, I just had this sense that I needed to work and be, and, and be productive because if you're not working, that means they're not using you. So that means eventually they're probably going to let you go because you're just dead weight. So I think people need to understand you, you fight for these things because you want to be there. You don't fight for these things because you're just like, well, I, I don't want a job anymore. Screw this. No, you fight. You do these. You negotiate and you try to put yourself in the best light you can to be like, no, look how valuable I am. I am valuable. You do need me. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it blows up in your face, you know, and you just kind of move. But like, I, I think to a sense we. I, 
I, when, when the pandemic started and then the economy started to crap the bed, I was like, there's no live events running right now. There's no WrestleMania. This is not going to be good. And you just kind of know it and you just hope, but in the back of your head, you start to prepare. I mean, obviously you weren't involved in WrestleMania, but what, what did you think of the show? Yeah, you get the point. Yeah, and he's wrong. He's not wrong at all. I mean, a lot of these guys who you heard when they asked for the release previously, a lot of people would be like, "Oh, but they wanted to. Re- they wanted to release, didn't they?" Like, not when there's nothing else going on. <laughs> like, if you quit somewhere, chances are you have a plan of where you're going to go next. Exactly. The problem is during this pandemic, there's really not much of a next. No, no, there isn't. It is. It is really, really messed up. He does have a new shirt, though. Let me see if I can find it here. Bear with me. We got there. We go. Mike Bennett, non-essential wrestler. <laughs> that works. <laughs> and Mark says you go back to ROH, get his kingdom back. Hell, he could have gone. He could go back to Impact, and he'd get better treatment because he they treated him great over there. Like he, a lot of these guys could go anywhere, and they're gonna get better treatment than they got because they're not gonna get tossed to the wayside for some fucking investors call. Yeah, they definitely won't. And uh, Maria also went on Instagram to address her WWE release. Hello, WWE Universe fans, WWE talent, the officials, my family. I want to say thank you. Not a lot of people get the opportunity to not only go one time and do what they love but to have that opportunity twice and wwe gave me that opportunity twice and even though it did not go as i planned it still happened i still was able to perform in evolution and at the royal rumble i was still able to have one more wrestlemania moment and that moment didn't happen in front of the fans. It happened backstage when I was able to hold my daughter and take photos with her. And maybe that seems far removed from my character the first time I was in WWE, but priorities change, things change. Right now, hell, we are experiencing so much change in this world. But I wanted to thank WWE and thank the WWE Universe for giving me that opportunity to take my daughter to her first WrestleMania. This year, we were gonna take my son as well. And unfortunately, that didn't happen. But so many people miss their first WrestleMania, whether it is as a spectator or as a performer. And today, So many guys and girls are losing their jobs, not only in WWE, but around the world in all different professions. I'm grateful that I have a healthy family. My mother works in healthcare. She works in a nursing home. My brother works in a prison. My sister-in-law works at a hospital. Every day I pray for their safety and their health. And it's scary for everyone. And it's hard to lose my job again from WWE. But I'm hopeful 
of what can happen in the future. I'm hopeful of the opportunities that are going to come out of this, not just in wrestling, but in everyday life, in appreciating life once again, getting out there and just being able to go to the grocery store without wearing a mask or being able to go on a date with my husband. And we, we've been through a lot. And the last time I was released from WWE, I went through a recession. Um, I met my husband. I had a foreclosure on my house. Then I also got to work for all these different wrestling companies. I married the love of my life. On the other side, he had an addiction, but we fought through that too. And I believe that if you're hopeful and if you see the best in people, and if you never stop dreaming, no matter what happens, there's a light. There's a light at the end of that tunnel. The last time I was released from WWE taught me so many things. And this run in WWE taught me a lot more things. I mean, I'm a mother now and I was a WWE superstar. And I let them see that. They were able to enjoy that with me. I think my daughter is the biggest WWE fan in the world. And Rey Mysterio might be her favorite wrestler. Life never goes as planned and that's okay can't wait till this is all over so that we can entertain whoever it is we end up entertaining in the future. We'll keep you updated. We'll keep daily dancing. We'll keep having Fred talks. And who knows what the future might hold. Thank you to everyone. Peace, friends. Shortly after this, she released a picture on Instagram of herself uh, wearing uh, ring in ring attire, and she tagged New Japan, and she tagged their official Instagram at NJPW1972, I believe it is. That was tagged in this. I mean, that could have been a hint of foreshadowing of the fact that her and Mike are going back to Japan. Uh, but then on the flip side, they, they uh, made like an announcement that there was apparently going to be like this big announcement at uh, during Raw that they were teasing and this is why don't tease announcements man it turned out that the announcement was that they were going to be doing a podcast and it was like <laughs> everybody got excited it was like oh they're going to show up on tv no no <laughs> what are you doing guys that was the, oh god i mean i still i Whatever. like what they both said especially mike i mean they both um, maria's really intelligent you know what i mean i think oh, yeah. people give her enough credit and i've said that going back years on here like maria is really smart even paul Heyman endorsed her as having a mind for wrestling and so if you ever really heard her that's one of the reasons why it's so funny to think that during that ruthless aggression era they had her playing that bubbly interviewer that that totally stupid yeah. bubblehead character it's the complete and, opposite of who she is and yeah when she was in ring of honor it's like it became the real character who she was you know 
That bitch ran the kingdom. Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Which was way better. I like that character a lot. I, I like the way she was portrayed. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, and every time you hear her, she's very, um, vocal about a lot of things. And I guess kind of like Rebby, sometimes it can be overwhelming, but it's cool. Like I, I kind of, I'm always more in favor and support of my own, myself personally of people like that. You know, whether they get heat or not, like the Rebbies and the, uh, and the Marias and the people who are very vocal and aggressive in their opinions about life and things are to me more approachable and easier to respect than uh, the ones that just kind of lay over and bend over. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, pretty much. And it's like, so even if there's things that they've all said that we don't like, the fact that they have, they, they don't hesitate to say it. Exactly. You know, it goes back to what we were saying about Dana. You know what I mean? Versus, uh, Vince, where it's kind of like, I'm always going to be more for the extroverted vocal people who are honest because it's easy to relate to them because you can see them in negative and positive lights. You see the best and the worst of them and they're honest about it and they own that shit. So good. I've always liked Noreen. I've always liked Mike Bennett. I'm glad that, uh, that that shit is over with. All I'm saying is they go back to Japan. We're going to get another saga of the freaking Carl Anderson and Maria saga. Oh, boy. Hopefully not. <laughs> Let's move past all of that shit. <laughs> oh, God. We don't need any of it. The motherfucker used to cost himself magic because he wanted to smash so bad. You kidding me? <laughs> but instead of that, that stupid theme that they used, to, it's the greatest love. Remember that stupid theme again? We could go oh, back to I that. hated that theme so much. We could go back to this. Ring of Honor, Mike Bannon. I can't believe that. That's another case. I should have thought about that one when we were talking about music to hit. And it was like, what the fuck's going on? Even his <laughs> Impact music was better than the bullshit they gave us in WWE. I completely, uh, I didn't watch a single match of him in Impact because I just couldn't believe that he went from the from the uh, spot he was at in Ring of Honor to Impact at the time, which was literally on their last leg when he showed up there. It was like, what the hell are you two doing here? Oh, oh he God. he was him and Maria were for a good minute one of the best parts of it. But they were like right when it looked like this was it for Impact. It, it was almost like watching like a fucking lifeboat roll towards the Titanic. He was like, "Where are you going? <laughs> what are you? Are you kidding me? You two now? You were doing the Kingdom thing. Get out of here!" <laughs> I forgot. You're right. They went, to, they went to fucking Impact. <laughs> they went to Impact before he he managed to make it to two hundred five. Jesus. The sad part about this, he'd have been better if he stayed. <laughs> At least they used him over there. No, oh, I don't know. I don't know. This is a new regime that impact impacts changed so many times. You know, it really has. Impact is like has has more forms than Ganon has in different Legend of Zelda games. Like, how many different <laughs> versions of this guy are we gonna get? <laughs> oh, okay. oh man! But yeah, 
holy crap this like i said now but now you guys know why i was a little tardy to the party trying to piece everything together as far as what we were going to need here to be able to go through all of the stuff that's going on and all of the people that it was going to affect i wasn't going to handle this lightly you know and i'm sure even that we're skip, skipping and missing details we, we, there's a lot more believe it i'm not just talking about release i got some more information on that wwe essential service stuff so so hang in there because you're going to be surprised about the shit that i'm going to tell you in regards to how they managed to do it. remember last week we spoke about how are they in essential service what did they do to get this? This week, we're going to put that shit together and show exactly what they did, how they got it, who it affects, and what they can and can't do. But we're almost done. There's still this fucking list of people. We can't go through everybody. Uh, Aiden English, he was a great Mike person. They already gave up on him as a wrestler. He was a 205 Live commentator when they decided that they were going to part ways with him. Uh, he also released something. I have to see here what my boy Aiden got to say. Maduk have a Rusev Day reunion outside. It's about the people you guys didn't hear about that wasn't reported. The hundreds of employees are our corporate that are in a similar situation now. They're behind the scenes personnel who are all incredibly talented. It's a rough one. And that's on top of the thousands of people around this country and even more untold numbers around the world who are in similar or even worse situations because of what's going on in the world. This is a defining moment in our history. And for certainly for the individuals that were part of everything yesterday. But it's a scary time in the world, but this is the time that shows us who we really, really are. That's why I'm here. Get up, step up, move up, do whatever it takes. These are the times that show you who you are as a person. And the credo we are all in this together is more true than ever. I know it's hard. And I want to thank you guys for your support because I love each and every one of you because I did it all for you. And I will continue to. This isn't a eulogy, you know. This is an opportunity. That's what every single day is, even when it doesn't feel like it, even when you don't want to get up, excuse me, when you don't want to get out of bed, when you don't want to move a muscle, when you just want to collapse in a closet. I know, but it is an opportunity to get up. And I know you can all do it. And that's what I intend to do. But first, my gratitude. And I will continue to show gratitude in everything I do. So let's get up, let's work out, let's have some whiskey, let's move on. Because there is a world of opportunity even in this dark time. And it will get better, I promise. Thank you all so very, very much. Cash Kobe, what's up, man? You ever, you ever see a well-groomed beard and I want to rub it? You know, that is a pretty... <laughs> you know, kind of every now and then. That is a good-looking beard, considering who, who would have trimmed that during that? Right. Is he married? I don't know much about him, but man, somebody took did a good... Yeah, remember, he's uh, married to uh, one of Eddie's daughters. Is it, uh, what's her name? Shao Guerrero? I want to say it's Shao. Interesting. Yeah. Very well. Every time he said get up, I was like, I don't know, maybe it's the... Fact that me and my dad used to listen to it all the time. I, I think I, I was hoping he would just go get up, stand up, stand up for you. I remember when every time he said on, get up. I hope he said it. I remember back in the day when I used to have to hunt for FCW on random Daily Motion on YouTube as the only way to find these things. Shao Guerrero, she was the first lady of of a uh, FCW. She had like this heel gimmick yeah. and stuff. And uh, man, those were some crazy episodes, man. When I look back at that, the Jack Briscoe tournament that they did, and all these other wild things. The Moxley Regal feud. Or- yeah. Oh my God. That was that to me. Like I remember, it was like finding hidden treasure when I found the the leaked FCW footage because 
Like, we knew that this was, like, developmental for WWE. It was like, yo, a lot of these guys are going to wind up on the main roster. And people don't even know. And the Regal, a Regal Moxley thing solidified him to me. Because, like, at the time, I wasn't huge on uh, Moxley's uh, CZW stuff. You, you know, I don't really, I'm not really into that camp. But he grew on me through that feud and all the different things that were happening. And a lot of people came through there, you know. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Even uh, Aiden English. In his early days was there. And he, uh, if you guys recall, even in early NXT, he was still that, uh, before he was the vaudevillain guy, he was the singing guy. And at the end of his matches, he would bow and they would like throw roses and all the roses would land in the ring and everyone would pop for the roses. It was one of the, it was yeah. a cool image. You know, like there, there, there was a lot. This guy had a lot of depth to him. You know what I mean? The vaudevillain thing, I like that too. I think that worked out. I think all of the stuff that he's done, the Rusev Day stuff worked. So far, he, you know, he, he had a pretty good, uh, Pretty good streak of stuff that he's was never out. really failed at everything. Yeah, so uh, I'm sure he's gonna be okay. You know, I think that there's that, that is a person that we don't have to worry about too much. You know. Yeah. All right, moving on down the list. EC3, Derek Bateman from NXT. Hey. <laughs> In the words of Angry Joe, you fucked it up again. Yeah. <laughs> How would you fuck it up again? A guy who it was easier for you this time. A guy who, when I saw in the old shitty NXT, entertained me a lot. A lot. I always used to bat for this guy. I was like, no, oh, this guy. my pants. Oh, my God. That entire, if you can, if we can find it, it might even be on the network. But if you can find, like, that whole, those whole eight episodes, that whole run of Daniel Bryan, Derek Bateman, a.k.a. EC3, and the Bellas. And it was before Daniel was even with Brie. I think that must be how they got together. But uh, the whole thing was the, the two of them used to fight over him. Remember that shit? Like, they used to have constant combat over this guy. And Daniel was, like, caught in the middle between the two girls. And uh, Bateman was, like, the apprentice. To them. That's when they did NXT. What was it? Like, one one guy was, like, the master and the other was, like, the apprentice. Like, yeah, Sith it, Lords it and was shit. A, it, was a, it was the pro <laughs> and the rookie. The pro and the rookie, right. Remember? And the, he was the, the, rookie the, the, the non-canon NXT. Yeah. And it was a cool story, man. Like, I was really into it. And I remember seeing this guy. And, uh... He stood out, and that says a lot, because as someone who who was a Daniel Bryan fan, all eyes were on him, like, oh, shit, they have Daniel Bryan, wonder what they're going to do with him. But this other guy was, like, a cool sidekick to the whole thing. And, like, he was funny. The character's so different from EC3, but it was a charismatic character, and it worked really good. And um, if you recall, they put him with Maxine. They they sort of had, like, this weird SMM thing going for a while, remember? With Maxine? Yep. I forget what the hell her name was once once uh, they released Katrina, her. Katrina, she was in Lucha Underground. Right, right. So he, he, there was a cool, if you guys can go back and find a lot of the EC3 slash Maxine stuff, it was pretty cool. And as a matter of fact, I recall her coming to TNA at one point and they did like a little tease where they kind of acted like they, like they did like a little nod to the fact that they used to be together. Like it was very brief, but they did like something, you know, but uh, EC3, man, somebody who I kind of felt it's weird that they fucked up as many times as they did for that guy, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, once again, say what you want about Impact, they got it right. That goes to show that they don't know how to wipe their own asses in this company. But uh, EC3 actually put something on Twitter here. I have no idea what this is. Warning. If you're watching this, this warning is for you. Every second of your life you spend staring at this screen is another second of your life wasted. Aimlessly watching, commenting, Scrolling, liking, sharing, trolling. Is your life so empty and hollow inside that you have to vicariously live through someone else? A celebrity, a musician, an actor, a politician, a blue check mark, a superstar. Do you read everything you're supposed to read? 
Do you watch everything you're supposed to watch, like what you're supposed to like, eat what you're supposed to like, think what you're supposed to think? Stop treading water. Challenge yourself. Damage yourself. Claim your individuality or you will become a statistic. Find your purpose. I have. And now I am everything you are not. You have been warned. Well, that was unsettling. The hell was that? <laughs> Motherfucker's on here about to kill somebody in his sleep tonight. Strange. But I guess he's already getting ready for his next gimmick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you, you you missed it. It's not what it used to be, Kobe. Yeah. Uh, you, WWE sucks ass now, so. You'd get caught up real quick around here, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. All I'm saying is if it has WWE in it, I, uh, yeah. Leo Rush, another person <laughs> that has been released. We don't got any video of him or anything, right? I didn't see any. Again, I'll play. I didn't see something. shit. But Leo Rush was some. I know he put up a video, like a joke video, where he gets on the phone, I think, with Lash or something. I saw that, but I didn't think it was worth grabbing. But Leo yeah. Rush was released. I mean, I guess this just wasn't meant to be. This is, I've never seen more of a seesawing situation in my life. It's like the guy started with heat when he, when he shitted on Emma for getting released to Neil Dashwood. Yeah. Remember when he said, I guess she wasn't ready for Oscar. And he thought that would yeah. be funny and it wasn't funny to anyone. Yeah, uh, I know. Then he sort of climbed back up and then there was the decline because of the fact that he wouldn't carry bags of the other superstars, you know, where they were trying to, they, they pulling the American version of the whole young boy thing. We spoke about that on here. And uh, he wasn't having that. And somehow from that, he managed to get another push, only for that to decline back down and finally released. What do you think? Yeah, yeah it was just, it, it was never a steady path with him. Like, I think definitely the way he came in doomed him from the start, though. And then the whole not carrying the bags thing, that was a whole nother thing. I just rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. It's just, it's never been a smooth enough ride to where I think he was going to have a long-term career here. And and the indie stuff was another problem. You know, the indie, like I when I saw him in the indie, there's a guy who had so much potential to do a lot. And when they brought him in, for a long time, he was just a mouthpiece. And they didn't yeah. even seem to want to show everything he could do. Then suddenly he went into the 205 Live and I told you guys immediately that I, before they even put him there, I said if they ever put him there, he's going to be the champion there. And he was. Then it just kind of seemed like they just went against the grain with this and just said we're not going to put the best person on there. Because you know what, man? Realistically speaking, and that's no disrespect to anybody on there because they're all great talent, Leo Rush could easily be one of the best, if not the best person in the Cruiserweight division. You know what I mean? And he wasn't yeah, If they way. even cared about that division. And that says a lot when you got people like Brian Kendrick there. You know what I mean? It says a lot when you have like the, a lot of the talent that they've had there. To have a guy like Leo Rush was not, is not a small thing. And I think on some level they must have been aware of that because they did at least continue to try, but they should have tried harder. You know? Yeah. That's the case with a lot of stuff, but then they should have tried harder. Leo yeah. Rush is definitely a case of it. Yeah. Because I, I've always liked that guy and I always thought that he was really solid and, um, uh, to be honest, even with all that said, I'm surprised that they even use them to the capacity that they did because they're normally completely blind, deaf, and dumb when it comes to that kind of talent. Like, they normally don't know how to use that kind of talent at all. I think even though he's a bigger guy, the case of Sami Zayn is very telling of the fact that they have no idea how to use talent like that. There's a guy who, oh, I, yeah. who I see do all kinds of crazy stuff. I'm like, man, every time I used to see him, I used to just think, all right, we're going to see all kinds of crazy shit. 
You know, I don't know what the shit's going to be, but I guarantee it's going to be like a, a bag of different crazy shit. Now you see him and now, it's just like, yeah, it's just the same. he's going to be there. Guy, you know, he's great. He's great on the mic. It's a miracle that someone who's that good in the ring is that good on the mic. But it's weird to think that it's a guy who you automatically knew no matter what. If you have somebody around who's never seen him before, you tell man, where do you see this guy? Where do you see what he does? You know what I mean? Where do you see this? Can you believe it that that guy used to be a way to you see this? Just the other day, I was watching on the Ring of Honor YouTube channel, uh, El Generico and Kevin Steen versus the Young Bucks. And it was the Young Bucks who were the yep. debuters there. They were green. They were green. And they were talking about how big of a deal it'll be if these two can keep up with Kevin Steen and El Generico. <laughs> and you know how what I mean? far we've fallen since then. You know what I mean? And that's the level that they were on. You know what I mean? It's like, and what does he do? He just fucking dances around and like, yeah, I still like the Sami Zayn character, but imagine a character like that that would bring it in the ring the way that you know that he could. You see Sami Zayn is like, yo, let me show you the shit he used to do. You know, that underdog story when done from to that level where a guy that size with that, with that ability and the, the, the shit he puts himself through and the way he comes back and stuff, the, the, it's crazy that you don't get that. They rather just have somebody who's just a wormy character who has minions and does this and that. I mean, look at Spike Dudley. Spike Dudley was a bump machine. He was a crazy and wild bump machine. And as soon as they started getting creative, what was he? He was the boss. He was the little angry boss who would boss the two bigger Dudleys around. He became like a manager. And I was like, why would you have a guy who's known? The whole thing, the whole thing that got him over was his bump machine capacity. Why would we want an angry little boss? Did anybody ever fucking say they wanted that? What do you guys just make up shit in your head when you see it? It's like, I feel like they look at wrestlers the way humans look at clouds. Like if you're laying on the grass looking up at the cloud, ah, oh, that guy, he looks a little angry boss. That's a little angry boss for you. That would be, oh, look at this, this is an angry, this is some, some, some angry Middle Eastern guy. Yeah, you're just an angry bitter. Like what the fuck are you doing? You know what I mean? And it's a way. So it's a shame. So in a way, I'm, I'm sad that this happened during a pandemic, but it was long overdue for a lot of people that are misused to get the fuck out of there. Leo Rush on the top of that list. They didn't focus on his talent the way that they should have. It's offensive that someone who's able to bring it the way that he has had to just scream Lashley over and over again and got the gimmick more over than the fucking guy it was based on. Which isn't saying much. But no, we're going to kick that guy to the curb too. Some more personality and charisma and talent and everything else and youth, all the things that you need. But no, fuck it. Let's just kick him to the curb too. Not like we were using him properly. Eric Young tweeted, thanks for all the kind words, everyone. It's hard to explain what they mean to me. I won't even try. Know that it is appreciated more than you could ever know. Excited about the possibilities. Excited about my choices. Excited to right others' wrongs. Hashtag world-class maniac. There is another person. Never what tried with the hell? Eric Young. Do you Go back and watch the AJ stuff. If you're watching this, go back and watch when we put the AJ Styles thing on. The way he the way he cringed when he when he mentioned Eric Young and the list of people. He and like, AJ, it went he, so far back together. Eric, he was like, Eric Young. Like, he couldn't believe it. He was like, I can't, he, like if go back and look at AJ's reaction to that shit that we just saw. He couldn't believe that they got rid of Eric Young. Eric Young, when he was in TNA in the early days, was considered the future. He was one of the promising talents that this company was going to be built on the back of. Not just some dude that you would do that shit to. If you're going to keep talent, if you're going to hoard talent, Eric Young, bro, can you believe that? And I told you guys from the beginning and no one was with me on it. I didn't like that fucking stupid thing that everybody was, was over for. And that's probably what killed them. That the, the, the stupid, uh, with the four dudes. Yeah, fucking Sandy. Sandy At that point, I told I you, I fucking told everybody, I was like, that shit sucks. Like, why would anybody use him that way? It killed him. They literally killed him. Let me tell you, I saw a few years ago, I went to an indie show just before they got him. I went to an indie show and I saw him versus Cole Cabana. It was some of the most fun you could imagine having in a match. You would almost think that these guys, which they are, but in the in the ring, they were like buddies having a fucking fun match. There was goofy moments and shit. 
you know like the kind of things that you would you you would not normally see there was a point where one person was hitting the ropes going going north and south and the other was going east and west and they kept missing each other and just all kinds of crazy funny things and the character of eric young and the funny person that he portrayed was way more important to me than that and you know when he turned heel in tna he was a great heel he was a way more he was a straight up mean motherfucker whose leg was it that he took some dude's leg remember that shit yeah it, it, it was that guy chris melinda's he took he him Chris man. He stole him out. He kicked it. him out. The leg from on the way he would laugh like evil. I've, dude, I was crying at the Hugh Eric Young that they had in TNA. This guy had such a scale of 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 different ways that he can uh, portray himself. It was so much better. And they put that shitty, shitty, stupid stable with those other dudes who can't work. You know what the sad part about it is? That was still better than the shit he's been doing the last year. Because for the last year, the motherfucker didn't even have an entrance. So who survived that they disaster? Aside from fucking uh, Nikki Cross. Who the other three the aftermath of their Cause, shit because Killian Dane is in NXT and then uh, Alexander Wolf is a part of Imperium. Eric Young was literally the only casual to get that. And Eric he, Young got the rawest deal out of everybody in that because he, he was the only one with no entrance, there. no gimmick. In fact, I actually heard if you would ever watch them on main event, they just left the sanity music on him. Yeah, garbage. They didn't even try garbage. to do shit. A stable that he had no business being because they they had to look. This was another thing of them looking at clouds. Oh, you guys look like you could be four evil guys. You know what it was? They saw what he did in TNA. And they were just like, "Hey, we can do that better." Maybe they should see what people do in other places because sometimes I feel like they don't even watch. At this point, I'm just like, maybe they should just go away because apparently it would be better for a lot of these fucking wrestlers. Yeah, like. At this point, I like the more we go through this list, the less I see a need reason for them to actually be here. Because everybody else treats everybody better. And that's why regardless of how long this is, we need to go through this damn list. Because we need to really analyze. Everybody's just looking at the list and going, oh, this list. No, let's look at where everybody is, where they were, where they're going, and what they fucking said. Let's not just jump to conclusions here. I'm hearing all these uh, the other shows and podcasts and shit. Oh, this is the list. What does that mean? I want to see the receipt after you cash in a <laughs> fucking list. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And you know what, Aussie Cooler? He was better. You know why? Because they didn't have to force the fucking fans to push him. Yeah. What a shame, man. What a shame. I used to love that last game where we would come out clapping the thun, 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 Remember when he used to hulk up and take his pants off? Yeah. Oh, I used to love that. It was so good. So good. So many great <laughs> memories. And none of them from his run there. He used to lock up with the ref for no reason. Yeah, yeah. He always used to do that. He would, he would like slap his arms and then lock up in the ref. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> What about when he became the knockout champion? Knockout champion oh, with, with ODB, right? Knockout tag champions. Yeah. When his pot went in the early days of Team Canada, when his pirate used to scare him. Yeah. And then the one time that. it didn't, everybody was like, holy shit. Look at that. You know what I mean? Those are great moments. And I'm supposed to believe WWE the Mecca bite me. No. WWE's below impact at this point of where with the stupid shit they're doing. Yeah. Moving on, Primo and Epico Cologne. The Colognes coming from the famous Puerto Rican wrestling family. The most famous family in all of Puerto Rico. Gone. Former multi-time tag team champions. They didn't know how to use them. They never did. They stuck them with stupid-ass gimmick after stupid-ass gimmick after dumb-fuck gimmick after bitch-made gimmick. They were Puerto Rican matadors, even though there's no, there's no bulls in Puerto Rico. Jesus Christ. Matadors aren't Puerto Rican. No. That's impossible. All you have to do is know a little bit about the globe and the map and shit, and you would know that that's not even possible to do. All you gotta do is watch fucking TV. Like, what is that? And they worked. No matter what. Because they could work so good, 
every gimmick worked for them. As stupid as the Matador thing was, it worked because when they're in the ring, they're still the same two performers. They come from a great wrestling family, whether they're Matadors, whether they were Bulls themselves, whether they were space astronauts, you know, no matter what they did. So they just still didn't use them. They couldn't break it, so they stopped using it. They're, they're that child that just bends the head of the fucking toy back as far as it can until it snaps off, you know? So then you buy the kid a bunch of Gumby toys and tell him to go fuck himself. Eric Rowan can be reunited. He can be a bludgeon brother again. I'm very happy about that one. You keep him away from the exalted one. Him and his shitty spin kick. Yeah, no, have him show up with his, uh, what was it again that was in there? An evil rabbit? Oh, no, that's Monty Python. Well, it was, it was a oh, fucking, uh, the spider. That's right. It was the mechanical toy, Toys R Us spider. Keep him away from the exalted one. Damn it. <laughs> Uh, kill the spider, kill the gimmick. Yeah, I, I say, try it. You don't need to have him do much. Just I would put him in the damn thing. That bludgeon brother just, shit never got a fair try it, trade or whatever it was even before that. It's fine with both of them. He's a good support guy. He's a good hand. Yeah. Put him with Matt Hardy. Make oh, the new Wyatts. No, but Matt Hardy's a baby face. I know I'm not going to do that. Right. But yeah. You know, and, I, I and this, at this point, though. I'm tired of putting the fucking Wyatts back together because they get bored and split him up. <laughs> WWE kept putting them back together because they didn't know what the fuck to do. Diana Perrazzo tweeted, the people closest to me know that this is something I've been struggling with wanting for the better part of the last year. Happy to say I gave this journey my best and more excited for the future. Yeah, because you won't be getting jobbed out every other week, so. No, you will not be getting jobbed out every other week. Everybody's like, hey guys, they signed Diana Perrazzo. What you doing, jobbing? Mm-hmm. Hopefully she gets uh she's always been a good talent, so I'm sure she'll feel she she knows the landscape of the Indies very well. She's not someone who remained this play, you know, like complacent like a lot of other people. The people who you've seen float around a lot, I think, are gonna be the ones that are most okay anyway. Which at this point, thanks to them scouting everyone, is most people. Most people know their ways around the Indies. The complication that we used to face years ago, and I don't know if you guys thought about this, but it stopped happening. It even happened at Big Cass and Enzo, as recent as that. There was a point where WWE would release people that were unfamiliar with the indie landscape. And they would have to know somebody within the indies that would help teach them the lay of the land. And uh, now it's kind of different because WWE has taken so much indie talent that the majority of the talent that they're releasing came from there. And they know their way around the landscape. And a lot of the people that they know are their friends. And they don't have to get adjusted to this new world. It's the world that they came from. So, again, Ring of Honor. New Japan, Evolve, and all of these other companies, there's going to be a, a bit of a revitalization. You're going to start seeing Ring of Honor might be saved. Again, a lot of these places might be saved. Yeah, WWE stupidity just saved the indies. NXT talent we're going to go through really quick. You could call out if you have anything to say about any of them. I can't, we can't break down everybody here, but they had Alexander Jacksick, MJ Jenkins, Dorian Mack, Cassius Ono, who was in NXT UK, he's the one named UK talent so far, which obviously Chris Hero, Cesaro's old tag team partner from Kings of Wrestling, which is a tag team that goes back years to Japan and Ring of Honor and all over the indies. They were a huge hit. They were fantastic together. Um, Nothing like the guy we have here, which never really got to see his full potential. Partially his fault, partially their fault. But uh, released said, Even like I said, when he went over to NXT UK... There was a new life in that career again, and it unfortunately got cut right out. Yeah, so we'll have to see where that goes. But, of course, we were a big supporter of him. Yeah, dude could go no matter what he looked like. Dude could always go. And that's what really matters. 
Tayanara Conti. Uh, listen, this was long overdue. I don't even remember any of her matches or her spots, but I know that she'd been having problems with the company. Probably long overdue to make that break, you know. Uh, Dan Matha, we spoke about him. Nick Augarelli. Cesar Banani, I remember him from one or two matches. Uh, Mars Wang. Tino Sabatelli, I do remember him. I don't remember being impressed. Uh, yeah, he, he was he was just Rick Moss's old tag partner. I remember, yeah. F- Faisal Kurdi, uh, Hussein, Adigail, uh, Muhammad Fahim, Marcos Gomez, Edgar Lopez, Yi Fing, aka Rocky, Mike Kyoto as a ref. We spoke about that a little bit, but yeah, again, senior referee Mike Kyoto. I I don't remember. I'm sure there was a time with wrestling without him, but I really don't remember it, if there even was. There's Mike Kyoto, man. You know, a lot I mean? of these guys are people who didn't even get onto. Like I know MJ Jenkins made it on TV a couple of times. A lot of these are guys who people didn't make it outside of the NXT lives. Right. So they, they, they I could see some of that trimming of fat, but I just can't believe Mike Kyoto again. That there is a there is a name synonymous with uh, wrestling and referees. You really go back and look at uh, everything. I just it's it's shocking, you know. And I know for the new WWE landscape doesn't really say the names of the ref or acknowledge the refs the way the old one did. But at the time, you knew who Mike Kyoto was if you grew up before this era where it became a thing not to say their names. Which I don't know if you guys realize that it became a thing. You, the reason we know Teddy Long and Mike Kyoto and Earl Hebner and Tim White and all of these other refs is because of the fact that they used to be treated like they were people, as opposed to now where they tried their best. Never to say the ref's name. Never acknowledge the ref exists. But Mike Kyoto was already beyond that. He's one of the old school guys. And uh one of the better refs, man. Again, it, yeah. it, what the fuck is the point of loyalty here? You kept a lot of your... There's no loyalty there. Yeah. The Performance Center coach is Serena D. We spoke about her. Straight Air Society. Kendo Cashin. I'm not really sure who Kendo Cashin A Steel are. If they're wrestlers, I didn't know by what what the name what their actual names are as coaches. Um Kurt Angle, man, as a as a fucking producer, Kurt Angle, somebody who definitely has a mind for wrestling who can be used backstage, um, is a talent that they're not using anymore. You know? Uh you know, we've already, you know, I'm not, I don't have to go behind. Kurt Angle's probably one of my top five favorite wrestlers of all time when he was at his prime. He's done things that at the time were unheard of in the wrestling business. He really elevated the landscape all by himself. And, uh, just for that, he should have been a for lifer. Lance Storm, who we spoke about before, you know, my best to all who like me, who, who like me lost their job today. To those still on the job, hold on the fort for us. It was my pleasure to work with you all for these last four months. I hope we will get a chance to work together again. Stay strong, safe. Lance Storm, one of the first blogs I would read regularly back before blogs were a thing. Great mind for wrestling. Uh, great wrestler, one of the better people, very established in EC, in, in, in basically ECW, where he, uh, he was part of the Impact players. It was him and, and, uh, Just Incredible. It was a fantastic team. Yep. And, uh, him, just incredible, and Don Marie, I believe. And Don Marie, you are correct. And it was a great team. Super over. This is going back probably before most people's time. But again, this is a guy who he, he definitely, uh, has a history. And he closed his school for this. And now he's gone. Mike Rotunda, IRS, father of Bray Wyatt and Bo Dallas, released on tax day. That is something else. Sarah Stock, aka Sarah Del Rey. Uh, she was the, uh, she was Cesaro. I don't know if she still is. Is that still Cesaro's girl? I'm assuming it is. I have no uh, idea. I haven't kept up with it. I think so. But, uh, yeah, it was her. That was the team, the Kings of Wrestling and her as the, as the valet slash, slash, uh, you know, wrestling chick. 
you know, one of the better people there. Uh, yep. Fucking Fit Finley. You know what I mean? He's, <laughs> he's responsible for the entire women's division of all of WWE. Just to let you guys know that real quick. That, 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 that one that they give Stephanie all the fucking credit for? No, Fit it's Finley is Finley. the guy who, if, you, if you've liked anything you've seen from up-and-coming wrestling women, Fit Finley is the guy who's making all of that happen. So good luck. I'm interested to see because I think you're going to see immediate, immediate I can't effects. wait to watch this thing fall apart. If you have somebody covering a division, the way I'm sure Fit Finley was doing for those girls, and you just decide to eject him and then have them go out there and have matches, if you haven't already started to, I'm pretty sure keep your eye on the women's matches and slowly start to watch those fucking pieces crumble. But no, we don't need that. We don't need anybody with wrestling experience to do the thing. Uh, he uh, he tweeted out to all my friends, fans, and family, this is a crazy time, and I want to say thanks to the WWE Universe and everyone I've shared my ring time with, working or teaching. Stay safe, especially to all the amazing girls I've had the honor to work with. Stay safe, y'all. I am so, out of everything that I've seen as far as production goes, I am so interested to see how uh, these women matches start to play out on television. Because he got fired last Wednesday, which pretty much means they've already flown solo for one SmackDown and one Raw tonight. And I remember seeing a bit of sloppiness. I'm not saying it's directly correlated, but I'm just saying that there was a bit more than I'm used to seeing. And Fit Finley's fucking gone. Probably not a good move. Oh, man. Shane Helms, Hurricane. He is gone. Pat Buck, Sean Devari, Scott Armstrong. So... You get the law of the land. Other, you know, the other staff, Andrea Listen, Listenberger, Jerry Soto, Josiah Williams, those, those people are all gone. I really hope that this fix itself. I don't know how. I don't know what way. Maybe it's going to be for the best like many other things have been. <laughs> Doubt it. But we can't say for sure. We may not even have time to cover the weeklies today. Not that anybody's going to really give a fuck. Because we still need to discuss the mystery of WWE being considered an essential business. Because let's not forget... That it's not like they had to say, listen, we have to close our doors. And that's why we're firing all these people. No, they got their way. They're deemed an essential business. They're deemed a fucking essential business. Which means if anyone should not have to lay people off in the entire planet right now, it's them. There should be a thing. There should have been something written into the law that if you're deemed an essential business, that also means you're not allowed to lay people off during the time in which you're considered an essential business. For future reference... Let's talk about some of the fun shit going on. Bear with me because I'm trying to piece it all together as I'm showing you guys and I'm talking to you guys about it. So apparently there was a piece written by Stephanie Corinox. I may be getting that wrong. And John Alba, they're reporters. And basically they put together a timeline of shit that went down. So on April 1st, Ron DeSantis issued an executive order for essential services after speaking to Trump. On April 9th, he altered the order to include professional sporting events and media productions. Also on April 9th, Linda announced that her presidential super PAC will spend $18.5 million in Tampa and Orlando, Florida. So just to put that into perspective, the same day that they issued the order to make professional sporting events and media considered essential goods is the same day that Linda paid $18.5 million to Tampa and Orlando, Florida for a presidential super PAC. And then on April 10th is when the reports broke that Vince McMahon said he's going to start going live again. So it looks like there might have been some sort of a closed door agreement before any of this happened. Based on the timeline, it looks like everyone kind of already knew, like somebody just kind of whispered to somebody else, hey, listen, 
I need a favor and I need you to do me a favor and then I'm going to do you a favor, okay? I'm not saying that's what happened. I'm just saying that to some people, and that's why this report and timeline was put together, it looks like that's what happened. So, uh, again, it's just an interesting $18.5 million timeline that we're looking at here. And uh, they're considered an essential service. They put on a memo, employees at a professional sports and media production with a national audience, including athletes, entertainers, production teams, executive teams, media teams are all considered a a potential, essential. It's the same loopholes that news crews use to shoot. As long as the closed set national broadcast is involved, it's considered essential business in Florida. And it's anything that would have to be at a local location closed. Now, because of that, uh, Florida now is probably going to become a hot spot for everyone because they didn't just say wrestling with this new $18.5 million alleged deal. They're saying anything that runs live, if you need a place here in Florida, you're considered essential while you're in Florida. That means anyone's going to flock there. Vince McMahon has been basically chosen amongst a few other people by Donald Trump to, uh, basically help reopen the world. Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Donald Trump was quoted as saying the great Vince McMahon, <laughs> the great Vince McMahon will be one of the people who's part of the group that helps open the United States. Did you ever think that us on this wrestling podcast would now be talking about how the fate of the planet goes to Donald Trump and Vince McMahon? <laughs> we used to just talk about matches and who we thought should go over. But no, this is happening. He named this during a press conference. Dana White was also put into this team of people who's going to help restart the world, along with Jerry Jones, Roger Goodell, Mark Cuban, or Kuban. I'm not sure which one it is. But anyway, these are all sports people. And Trump stated that he expects 29 states to go back to normal by the end of the month. And he says the USA needs the pro sporting teams and that Americans are tired of 14-year-old baseball games. I'm not quite convinced that's a priority. And we don't have to go back 14 years. There's probably lots of content out there with more content right now in the world than we could ever watch. Uh, but I'm just telling you, listen, I don't have, I'm not saying I have the, all the answers, but I'm just telling you how this whole thing played out. You know, it's kind of hard to believe it even as I'm seeing it. But the Florida governor has basically written this into stone. This is not going to be changing anytime soon. And, uh, he says, and he's quoted as saying, Disney asked for some of the gardening people to go because they have millions of dollars worth of stuff there and it's just going to go bad. I said, is there going to be social distancing? They said, yeah, they're just going to go out there and work themselves. Obviously, WWE, there's no crowd and it's just a very, very small group of people. We just look at it at a case by case basis. We haven't had a lot of requests. I think a lot of this will be what do we look like in May with some with some of this rather than can we do stuff? Uh and he says, the one thing I support is that we do need to support content, especially sports events. Not saying they'll have a crowd there, but if NASCAR can have a race and televise it without having a large crowd, I think that's a good thing. So this is his reasoning and this is his perspective on everything that's happening here. Uh, that being said, he actually went elaborated a little bit more. I just got, want you guys to hear a little bit of this. Well, in the past hour, Governor DeSantis gave a briefing from the state capitol, and in it, he defended his decision to declare WWE essential business and allow it to do its shows with no audience. 
People have been starved for content. I mean, we haven't had a lot of new content since the beginning of March. Uh, here we are now, uh, or, or the middle of March. Here we are the middle of April. And if people are, you know, being told to, to stay closer to the house, it sure does help to have some fresh things, uh, to be able to do. And I think people are chomping at the bit. I mean, if you think about it, uh, I, we've never had a period like this, uh, in modern American history where you've had, uh, such little new content, particularly in the, in the sporting realm. Yesterday, Orange County Mayor Jerry Demings expressed concern, saying, quote, if one of the family members in my house tested positive, that would be concerning to me. We would have to make some provisions in my house to make sure the rest of us did not get it. So that was the mayor's decision. It was over there. And uh, so here's the deal. You might have thought, hey, the WWE had commentators out there today. Zelina Vega was out there at the commentary table. They seem to be a little bit bulkier than those 10 people limits that we have and everything. Well, that is the beauty of this. And that's what makes this not only crazy, but a little bit dangerous. When you are considered essential personnel, none of those rules apply to you. Zero. There's no such thing as social distancing. You don't have to limit the amount of people in a building. You don't have to do any of that shit and nothing bad can happen to you. It's being reported by Brian Alvarez that even the barber was backstage at WWE. He said it looks like full WWE production ahead. He said it's as if they went full speed ahead. So you're still visualizing that other world. You know what I mean? You're still visualizing that other world where they have to follow rules and be very careful. No, 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 no. They just don't have to have a crowd now. They can have as many fucking people as they want backstage and all over the place. They could do everything. By the way, AEW also falls into essential personnel. But right now, the heat seems to be on WWE, I guess, because of the, the the backseat stuff. But they don't have to follow any rules. So tonight, when you were, when you were head counting and shit, and you were saying, oh, look how close they are, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. They can do whatever they want. They can go back and have a regular Raw tomorrow, as long as the crowd's not there. They could do the Royal Rumble, even though it'd be stupid as fuck, because we don't know as far as the contagions go. But if they wanted to do a Battle Royal tomorrow, no one can fucking stop them with the power that they've been given. I just needed to put into perspective where they are for people who are thinking that they're walking the line. No, 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 they're good, man. And that's what makes the heat of the fact that they fired people so fucked up because they don't have any limits. So out of everybody in the world that's going out of their way not to fire people and paying people when they don't even have the money, this company doesn't even have to follow the rules that the rest of the planet does right now and still fucking fire people. They used it as an excuse that isn't even there. So, don't even think about, whoa, you know, the pandemic. Yeah, sure, we could say the pandemic, but that's only for people who are affected, right? Not essential personnel who are allowed to have everyone in the building and backstage all the time. Now, of course, maybe you don't want to do that because you want to be safe. You want to have safety, but it doesn't change the fact that they did. Apparently, police were called a lot of times over at the Performance Center, multiple times. I guess people were reporting that this was happening. And then eventually they had to say, look, they're essential personnel. But everyone was back there, the makeup people, the tailors, the barbers. It is back to fucking normal. This is both good and bad. Why is it both good and bad? Well, it's that entirely depends on how careful they're being. Because you now once again have people all traveling together. You have them spreading back out. You can get higher risk of contagions, assuming that there is still a risk of it. Now you have other sporting teams and shit that are going to be coming to the state. Other wrestling companies, they're going to be coming to the only state out of the 50 states where you're considered essential. It's going to become a hot spot. They can bring as many people as they want. So... And now from what we're hearing, they're going to be doing, they're going to be alternating weeks. One week taped, one week live, one week taped, one week live. I'm not sure what the logic is of that. 
apparently they're not going to start taping at least for another week. So right now, everything you're going to be seeing is live. But starting next week, that next week, I believe, will be taped. It's going to be the April 27th, Monday Night Raw. That'll be a taped episode. And I'm assuming the following week, if they're alternating weeks, will be live. I don't know how this makes it better. But this is the new schedule that they decided. You see, they change everything. I told you last week, by the time we get off the air, this whole shit will be different. And I surprise. Guess what? It is different. <laughs> not only is it different, it was changing in real time throughout Raw. <laughs> you know, so. And, 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 and watch. The best part is by next week. They're gonna they're gonna do it on like a board. They're gonna throw darts, and that week yeah. they're gonna throw. They're gonna have two. They're gonna have two types of squares: the live square or the tape square. And apparently, this wasn't easy for them to do, because I guess what happened was uh, they said somebody really high profile in WWE had to negotiate with the networks to allow them to have one week taped and one week live. It was either Vince McMahon or Kevin Dunn. It was being told. So that is that is basically what happened, and uh. According to Meltzer, they're not taping five shows at a time, and he doesn't even know why. He said it's it's like now they can be, but they're not. He said they're taping less, but he said that uh, Raw's going to be live on Monday, and then the Monday after that will be taped, so then the Raw will be back live on the 11th, so then they'll do a two-day taping on 11th and 12th, then they'll come back on the 25th. They're essentially going to be going through May basically every other week if they're Raw. And they said then in June, they're going to be going back to taping every Monday as a money saver. Instead of going Monday, Wednesday, Friday, they're going to be going Monday and Tuesday. And that this is the June's calendar schedule so that uh, Raw Monday and Smack and then tape SmackDown on the same Monday right before Raw and then NXT on Tuesday. And then you come back Monday, Raw, SmackDown and NXT on Tuesday. And then they're going to be taping more NXTs. If you can even fucking keep up with that, schedules i don't see how any of this is safer or better it's just more confusing and uh apparently the reason why vince was doing all of this is because he was afraid according to mouser he doesn't know whether it was fox or nbc universal that hinted about the weekly thing and about the contract but vince thought that because it was in the contract that if he does more tape shows they can screw him over and they could screw up the contract there were a lot of press inquiries that these guys didn't answer like are they going to cut the money if we don't produce live programming so apparently that's what it was the press asked these networks hey listen are you going to cut the money if, if uh if if these places these sporting events don't do live programming and a lot of these networks avoided the question which vince took as a red flag oh shit they didn't say no i guess we got to do it and then uh Melsa's assumption is that at some point both companies must have told vince we're not going to cut your money if you don't go live so this is what allowed him to have the elbow room to change the schedule to being taped without feeling like on top of all of the money that he's losing or was going to lose he was going to get sued and he said for the talent uh for the talent who doesn't want to quarantine they're going to be going less often, but for the guys who are going to quarantine, it's better. And uh, there are guys who are going to stay in Florida who don't live in Florida. A lot of the guys do live in Florida, but if they live in Florida and they want to quarantine, they're still screwed um, they, because they're not ever going to have more than two weeks off. So that's what it is. There's a handful of wrestlers who are going to stay in Florida, in the hotel, stay within quarantine and just wrestle. And then there are people who are going to be showing up every two weeks. And to me, that's the vulnerability because... I don't think that you can get away with both because the people who are staying in quarantine risk infection from the people who are coming in every two weeks. And then it's not a quarantine anymore. The fucking point of a quarantine is that no one can get in or out. That's why we call it quarantine. If you actually have people coming in and out, that's not the name of it. Oh, my God. This company's fucking amazing. So everyone's to me at more risk you you're risking people it should kind of be that if you if you want to be part of this you have to quarantine i hate to say it but bring your kids bring your wife and all be in quarantine together in separate rooms in the big giant hotel like plan but you can't say who wants to quarantine and who wants to come back and forth that's not how it fucking works another problem i have is that we were hearing according to espn um espn um 
they they had an interview with a boxing promoter Bob Arum, and apparently he said that uh, they're going to be in touch with WWE about using their performance center in order to have boxing events because uh, oh he, he says he's very close to Vince and WWE. So now you have people quarantined and you have people traveling and you have outsiders coming in to use your performance center and you're triple risking the people who are quarantined in the hotel catching something, even if you're going to desanitize the place every time it's used for boxing. It's a private thing. And now you have outsiders coming in outside to do fucking boxing events and things like that. And you know what that means? That means they're paying you for that. That's more money, more money, motherfucker, that you're getting that you could have been using to not release anybody. You're still making deals. So why is anybody released? The one thing AJ said that was definitely correct was that they can't have one or the other. You can't ask fans complain about the fact that WWE is allowed to be essential personnel and then complain when they get fired. But you know what? Neither can they. They can't be a central personnel and be firing motherfuckers because there's no longer an excuse there. If you're still full speed ahead with your production, why do we release all these people? And then you said to everyone, you know, it doesn't make sense. It, and, and when you really cite it, it doesn't even really sound like they told their investors that the reason why they were releasing people had to do with any of the stuff. It sounded like it was more just to bring revenue up. They didn't really talk too much about Corona and then how it was. Oh, oh, oh that, that's exactly what it is. You know? So really, <laughs> I it, looks to me, to know that. it looks to me like we have some real underhanded shit going on here. And I hate to say it, but doesn't that look underhanded to you? They're essential personnel. They were able to release most of their fucking employees. They have a hotel that they have dedicated to quarantine, but they're going to be having people traveling in and out of that said quarantine. And I guess what checking their temperature, even though symptoms can show up as much as 14 to 17 days later, then you're going to be using it also possibly for people who are doing boxing and things and also making Florida a hotspot now. For other people to come to out of desperation because there are 49 other states that aren't allowing this shit. It's almost like they don't know what they're doing, right? <laughs> it's kind of what I'm gathering here. Don't anybody ever come here and tell us, oh, you don't know how to run this. It's a multi-million dollar. No, I can do this shit in my sleep. Well, here's the deal. They may not know what they're doing, but we know what they're doing. And I just wanted to make sure that we took some time to actually dissect this here and not just come in here blindly. I heard this and I heard that. No, I want you guys to know what the hell's going on. You could form your own opinion about how you feel about it. I told you mine. But at least now you have all of the cards stacked in front of you in chronological order with all of the events and information that happened. No more speculation. This is where we are. And now no matter how things turn out, you know at least where the fuck it began. <laughs> you know, these are not easy to do. <laughs> So you fuckers better appreciate us. Unbelievable. Remember when this used to be more fun? It's still fun, but remember we used to have more fun in it. Yeah, it used to be less of WWE and their incompetency. Mm-hmm. All right, well, by miracle, even though this is going to be a long episode, you better appreciate these long episodes. You hear me? You appreciate that shit. <laughs> uh, we're going to just do a couple more. Th I'm giving this another maybe 15 minutes, maybe 10 minutes of just yeah. us wrapping everything else up so that we can get out of here. Um, the other things that were being affected is the Ticketmaster in this situation, because according to Digital Music News, Ticketmaster updated their refund policy and they basically said it only will cover a refund if your event has been canceled. This is so that they don't have to refund a whole bunch of money. Because what basically winds up happening is if you've heard for the past few weeks, we're, we're reporting a lot of these events as postponed. Unless they straight up cancel your event, if it was postponed, even if it was postponed till next year, June, you're not getting that money back. You're just, you're just postponed. Before, 
the situation. It used to be that if someone postponed an event because the next date might not coincide with your availability, you could just cancel it. Not anymore, though. You got to eat those tickets and make sure you're available for whenever, it is, even if they haven't given you the, the follow-up day. So this is how Ticketmaster is protecting themselves. And in a sense, that protection then trickles down to companies like WWE and everyone because they have postponed events and they don't have to give that money back. AEW also, they postponed a lot of events, probably not anticipating Ticketmaster doing this, but this is what's happening. People are losing money when it comes to that kind of stuff. Hey, for example, AEW Double or Nothing. That's a pay-per-view we're supposed to be seeing this summer. It's now going to happen in Las Vegas in 2021. No one's getting refunds for that. This was supposed to be May 23rd, a month away. And now it's uh, it's 13 months, if not more, not even more than 13, right? It's about 14, 15 months away now. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, these people who probably need the money because of the situation that we're in, they could probably use that ticket money since they're not going to be going to the event. By the time they see any of that money, it's going to be long after this is over. Whether it be because the fucking world ends or because we make it through. So, there's something else to keep concerned about. In the midst of all of this, Undertaker's doing some sort of a charity, COVID-19 charity thing. It's called the All In. Ironically, it's called the All In Challenge. Oh, God. Oh, yeah, I've heard about this challenge. I don't even know what the hell it I don't is. Know, I don't know what it is, but I just heard the term bounce around a few times. Uh, well, you guys can Google that shit. I'm not looking it up right now, but I'll put up the video. <laughs> Hey, it's The Undertaker, and I accept your challenge, Gary V. I'm all in on the all-in challenge. You know, when I was first starting out in the wrestling business, there were times where I didn't know where my next meal was coming from. And uh, there was a lot of times where I didn't have enough money for that meal. So on a small scale, I can understand what a lot of these people are, are going through and are going to go through. So it's up to us to reach back and pull some people forward. And uh, I couldn't be more proud to be a part of this challenge. Um, so what I'm going to bring to the table is dinner with The Undertaker. Uh, we can talk all things wrestling. And along with that dinner, I'm going to bring one of my iconic ring jackets that I've worn at one of the pay-per-views that I've performed in. This is going to be the real deal, the actual jacket or robe that I've worn at one of our WWE pay-per-views. Um, these things really mean a lot to me. They've all been custom made. And uh, as far as nominating, I'd like to nominate my boy Posty, Post Malone, and builder extraordinaire, uh, master craftsman, Jesse James, West Coast Choppers. All right, there it is. Let's get this thing done. There you go. There is a man. All I'm saying is if I do that, take her, can you bring that one that caught on fire elimination chamber that one year? Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah it was terrible i know <laughs> there it is guys you're up to date on everything that's relevant in the world i'm reluctantly because i almost feel like they don't deserve, i'm reluctantly like i said a few more minutes here i'm gonna speed through what happened in the actual weeklies of wrestling and destin you can interrupt me if there's anything that you need to say in regards to anything that happened uh these are mainly results aw dark had billy gone with, with his being accompanied by his son austin gun versus sean spears uh, I don't even oh, actually with Austin Gunn versus Sean Spears. Yeah, correct. And the finish was uh, Sean Spears super um winds up uh ducking the stinger splash, if you will, which is Billy Gunn moving the corner and he follows through with the C four. And uh, yeah, it was it was an interesting match. You had Austin Gunn who's chanting "Let's go, Billy." Sean Spears socks and the Spears goes over to him and he says, "Aren't you aren't you ass boy?" Which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> um. 
Spears does like a snapmare into a cartwheel, then dances like doing the I'm an ass man. And then he basically, uh, after he does it, he says, that was the two glute salute. So like, oh, really good taunting here. You know, Cody saying that, uh, Cody basically talks about how his, uh, mother was in the dental business and that he has reason to believe that Britt Baker, uh, is a dental assistant and not an actual dentist. I don't know if he was trolling or what there because she came up in conversation on com- commentary. But Cody, again, amazing on commentary. He talks about the Mongol style DDT that was executed. Never thought that I'd hear a Mongol McMichael reference during an AEW event, but we had that going for it. Uh, okay. I, Cody, if he wasn't a wrestler, I'd want him to be a commentator. I hope if he ever retires, that's what he does because he has a fucking gift for it. Uh, gift again. Mm-hmm. And again, these are 20 minute darks now. They're not giving, I think there was only one match, right? Was that it? Yeah, I think that was the whole thing. God. AEW Dynamite, the show opening with Jake Roberts' video package putting over Lance Archer. Uh, you know, talking about how dangerous he is and everything like that again. Uh, Cole Cabana has a match against Lance Archer with the finish being Lance going over or Cole with, uh, basically what he's called. The everybody blackout, dies. The, the, the blackout, the reverse, reverse crucifix. And, uh, yeah, there was a part where Lance Archer wipes out a fan at ringside, uh, before the match. Like, he really pretty much attacks a fan. I guess it was a plant thing that they did there, but they did one of those yeah. gimmicks where, like, the guy gets taken out. Uh, Chip, you know what? You just made the list! Oh, no! Oh, uh, here we go. <laughs> Thank you for the, po- the follow, Weekly Planet. Thank you so much, sir. Welcome here. We cover everything, all kinds of news. Yeah. And we mean everything. Yeah, talking about everything in the world of wrestling. We just went over all of the releases. You can check our replay for all of that stuff. Uh, Britt Baker, she does a backstage video about the rules of being a role model where she talks about how Karoshita deviating her septum and she talks about how she continued with, uh, with grit and, uh, passion and dedication and how she's the face of the women's division. Uh, we get Cassandra Golden versus Britt Baker as a match with Britt putting Cassandra's mouth on the bottom rope and stomps her face into the ground and then covers her afterwards. She's really taking this dentist thing to an entirely new level. The Inner Circle does what's called the Bubbly Bunch, where they're all camming together. It looks like the Brady Bunch. For some reason, there's two dogs in the, in, in, as, as the, as a couple of the top left and top right windows. Get the and, hounds. Uh, what the hell's going on? Oh, that's right. Those are Jericho's hounds. I was completely wondering why the fuck. It was like, what is, I don't, <laughs> I just got that. <laughs> I just the hounds. I was like, ah, oh, the hounds. Oh, you actually, girl. Okay. Well, welcome. Thank you, man. Uh, the Jericho and the hounds. Dude, you don't know how confused I've been. And I watched it again. I was like, I don't get why the dogs are there. <laughs> Talk about continuity. Uh, they're all talking and they're face camming and talking <sighs> on phones. And uh, you get Hager, who basically, he's he's sitting at, at the poolside with his kids on beach chairs. And he's like, cover your ears, kids. And when the kids cover, he's like, I'm going to beat the shit out of John Moxley. And they're all, they're all boasting, healing it up. And Jericho's making eggs and serving OJ. And he's talking about how he still doesn't have any toilet paper. Can you find some? At one point, he pours the OJ and it's spilled. But then in the next shot, it's all clean. It's real campy and cheesy, but it was hilarious. These guys uh, definitely know how to put in a show. It's hard to dislike the inner circle when uh, they're here. It's really difficult. Yeah. Yeah, it really is difficult. You even said in the chat room, they're going to have a hard time keeping them healed. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was this guy's name again? Suge D versus Sammy Guevara? Yep, and Sammy 
by God, went over. He beats the hell out of this guy. Torture rack, needed to face. Afterward, he calls out uh, Darby Allen and he wants to show everyone how brutal he's going to handle Allen. So then he beats the Shug D guy more. And then Darby Allen winds up running in and Guevara winds up escaping. And uh, I don't know. The Shug D, I don't know if that was just a job or that they have there for the situation, but he had some ugly ring attire. He felt like a bargain bin rich swan. He, 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 he's uh, been here before. Yeah, highlight of the match for me was uh, Guevara standing on top of him and doing Jericho's old school, come on, baby, one-legged pose on top oh, of him with great. Jericho's like, oh, that was an homage. You know, I thought that was interesting. Uh, Kip Sabian with Penelope Ford going up against Chuck Taylor with the finish being Penelope gets on the ropes to distract Chuck and then Kip goes to take advantage. And then Orange Cassidy goes onto the apron to show his wares. He kind of does like what a girl would do. He gets up on the side of the apron and he kind of like is showing himself off like, as ridiculous as it is. <laughs> but yet, regardless of how ridiculous it is, it legit dis- distracts Kip. And uh, this causes Jimmy Havoc to grab Orange Cassidy off of the apron and he spikes him with a DDT on the ground. And then meanwhile, um, Audrey, Audrey the ref, she's distracted checking on Kip and the Penelope winds up hitting Chucky e. T with a Hurricane Rana and Kip goes over. So this whole shit was just complete chaos and heels and everything else. I loved it though. I think it was all great. It was all put together really well. And, and now loved, next week the, we're going to get Jimmy Havoc versus Orange Cassidy. I even love the part where, where Audrey's neck kind of snaps where she briefly from the corner of her eye which i like the ref doing because it sort of doesn't bury the ref you could see that she saw that penelope was there but didn't catch what she did like what did i just see but nonetheless had to do the count really cool stuff uh justin law against sean spears sean spears probably one of my favorite people right now um there's nothing to say about this match though you know it was the c4 which is a running death valley driver against some jobber but uh again it was still good it was still good as far as uh you know, just Sean Spears continuing like his run. Jack Hager versus John Moxley. Finish being Moxley throws a chair at Hager and then Paradigm shifts him onto the chair. And I got to say, this this match had more silence than most matches do, and it did work for the match. The fact that no one was there yeah. but the two of them, not a single person. Most of the time, it would be considered awkward, but the two of these guys, it worked for them. It gave a darker atmosphere, more realistic. You could hear more of the striking. The two of them aren't as vocal as some other wrestlers are, to no discredit of their own, but that actually works as well. No one's talking or talking shit here. They're just fighting each other. You know, um, I did like Moxley apl- applying the uh, the figure four on the ring post. I thought that the whole thing worked very well. Very good stuff here. AEW had a wonderful showing for the week. Um, amen to that. Amen to that. God, we got to get out of here. I know we're running super late here. You got to excuse that with the given the circumstances. NXT, the competition over on the Wednesday Night Wars. We had Finn Balor versus Fabian Eichner with the finish being Galler, Balor going over with the 1916, a.k.a. Bloody Sunday. You had Aaliyah versus Aaliyah with Aaliyah going over with her axe kick. You had Isaiah Swerve Scott somehow not released going versus Akira Tozawa with Tozawa going over. I guess that's the end of the run for fucking Swerve Scott over here. They, they don't even know anymore. They Nobody has a run at this point. Yeah. Tegan Knox against Raquel Gonzalez with the finish being Gonzalez was really beating the hell out of this girl. And then she deadlifts her out of an attempted victory roll. Um, there's all kinds of the clubbing blows to the back of the head. Um, basically Sansi, Sansi, uh, Blackheart winds up distracting her. Gonzalez goes for a choke slam, um, on the outside of the rope, but Tegan, um, Knox uses that opportunity to wind up rolling her up for the win. Uh, yes, two people from the inner circle. Yes, they are Puerto Rican. We, we, of course yeah. we knew that. They're proud and powerful, right? PMP? Yeah, PMP. Yeah, yeah we knew that. Yeah. Whoop, whoop. Uh, we get a video package of, uh, Keith Lee's journey to NXT. Uh, where he talks about how his mother got him into, um, or his grandmother, I believe, got him into uh, wrestling, talking about the Von Erichs and the Freebirds and showing him that, but it was really Macho Man who inspired him to be who he became and how, uh, at one point, even though his parents were against it, he took his keys, he stole his own car to drive five hours to work an event with Mick Foley inadvertently getting kicked out of his house and the struggles that he had to go through. Uh, as if this cat guy didn't have enough character 
already. They just built more. Good for him. We get uh, Samuel Shaw, a.k.a. Dexter Loomis, against uh, Tahiti Miles, with the finish being uh, the side effect. Basically, his finishers, well, if you guys recall the side effect, it's, it's, it's like a basically like a sidewalk slam into the anaconda vice very aggressive ass whipping nasty strikes solid spine buster he's looking good as always glad that he's still around uh good for him oh yeah velveteen dream shoots a promo on adam cole telling him that he's the last champion of the undisputed era reminding him that his three brethren have lost their titles and then this prompts finn balor to take offense to the fact that dream was referring to adam cole as the greatest instead of him and uh, basically, Dream tells him that ignorant comments will get you a date with the prince. And then Dream winds up challenging Finn to a match next Wednesday. You get the NXT Tag Team title match, Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong against Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher. With the finish being Timothy Thatcher going over Roderick Strong via Fujiwara armbar. Yeah. Which, uh, mm-hmm. I was going to say, cool little backstory with uh, Timothy Thatcher. It's kind of ironic that Pete Dunne recruited him because on the Indies, Timothy Thatcher is an old running buddy of Walter. Yes. so They used to be in their faction together. Mm-hmm. Dexter Loomis is lurking in the darkness. How creepy was that shit? He's just like, God, God in the darkness. That motherfucker goes away to penetrate somebody. Uh, <laughs> there actually are. Weekly Planet, a lot of wrestlers in Puerto Rico, if you look at the Cologne family, they have their own wrestling federation. Like, wrestling's kind of a big deal out there. And, uh, you know, they're a famous wrestling family. It's not like they're just two random yeah. guys. Uh, when you look at Primo and Epico or Puerto Ricans and Car, and also Carlito, which, which is the third brother of that family and their, their father, the great, uh, Carlos Colon, right? I mean, there's a, there's, there's, it comes from a huge oh. family. You know? Yeah. There's a lot, there's more about that than you, than you would think. There's a lot of pride in, uh, Puerto Rico when it comes to wrestling. You'd be, you'd be oh, amazed, yeah. man. Don't, don't sleep on them. Uh, by the way. Also, the reason why Kyle O'Reilly was not in this match and instead we had the team of Bobby Fish with Roderick Strong was because Kyle, Kyle O'Reilly has a higher risk of contracting COVID-19. He's diabetic. So this is the reason for in case anyone was wondering. Uh, yeah. You get uh, Champa, finally, who he basically says he's done with Johnny. He's done with Candace. He's done with all of this. He congratulates Johnny Gargano and he says, you are the better man. And then in one of the creepiest NXT moments probably of the whole history of the show... <laughs> Someone grabs, wow. him, someone grabs him out of the darkness literally like it grabs him in the, it looked like some shit out of a horror movie like he gets grabbed it, 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 it looked like a scene from the grudge just use our arms just reach from the darkness and it turns out to be killer cross and scarlet this is the big revelation of your boys there which by the way from what we're seeing his name is carrion cross carrion cross i was wondering how to pronounce that all week oh i don't know if that's how you pronounce it. i'm just going by how i see it <laughs> That's best case scenario. <laughs> yeah, but what gave this away was there was a shirt. You see that shirt there? This apparently says Carrion Cross on it. So now you know what the name is that they're going to go by. Yeah. You know, good old Carrion Cross. Oh, boy. We are going to be wrapping up. But that being said, AW Dynamite had 683,000 viewers. NXT had 692,000. NXT once again winning. This time by a larger margin. They won by 10,000 viewers. They lost again in the ratings, though. They did. They didn't rank in the top 50 shows in ratings. Dynamite drew a .25 rating. NXT drew a .17 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic. So, uh, the ratings and the, and the, and the viewership are two different things as complicated as that is because they're looking at a specific demographic of 18 to 49. So it's kind of like they got more views, but they're, they're saying that they didn't get the views where it counts. They want them. Because again, AEW, they're aiming to get people 18 to 49. 0.25 rating on AEW, 0.17 on NXT. AEW won in the ratings. NXT won in the viewers. I get it. It's weird. 
It's complicated. Imagine how I feel dealing with that shit every day. <laughs> <laughs> Smackdown. Smackdown opens with Braun Strowman on Alexa Bliss's talk show, A Moment of Bliss. And he basically says that if the Fiend wants to challenge him, so be it. But then there's like a present in the corner. And uh, he thinks that it's his. He even does a callback to, to Team Big Little or whatever the hell they were. He's like, oh, you shouldn't have got me a gift. But it it wasn't... Uh, it wasn't uh, from them. It was from Bray, and it was his old lamb mask or whatever the hell mask he used to have, the old black sheep mask that he used to have uh, from The Fiend. You guess a gift from The Fiend there. Um, what else? Sasha Banks had a match against Tamina. This calls back to last week where Bailey threw her under the bus. Tamina basically uh, goes over with the super kick, which how far we have fallen. Sasha Banks really lost to Tamina? I mean, hey, not like we could give her actual legitimate championship run, so hey. <laughs> I guess not. Lacey comes out to take out Bailey, which is part of what contributes to it. There's a bad botch here where Sasha lands on the back of her head and neck during what I think was supposed to be some sort of a tilt the world. I couldn't tell. Finley wasn't there, you know? <laughs> I don't know what the fuck's going on? Oh my god, that was great. Anyway, Seamus had a match against some jobber, bro kick. Next, Jeff Hardy has a story about getting busted for drugs. I feel like this story happens all the time. You know, it's kind of like how many different times are we going to reminisce about you getting busted for drugs? But they decided, hey, in case you don't know Jeff Hardy's story, here it is again. Told with different cuts. Different we don't know what happened to the other Hardy, but let's talk about Jeff. Yeah, he gets more fucking story. He gets a story more than Spider-Man gets his reboot movies. You know? <laughs> Dana Brooke versus Naomi with the finish being Dana kicking out of the rear view, avoiding the split-legged moonsault. Going over with a sunset flip pin. This is very important. It isn't just some fluke here. Just to make clear, Dana kicked out of Naomi's finisher. Then she avoided her second finisher. And then beat her clean. This is usually where a push begins. If there's any intelligence to them. because And I think they must be doing it. Because normally, if they're not going to push you, they would do something like a backslide or a schoolboy. Something that was like, oh, she just barely got out of the skin of her ass. Bye. You know, but no. This was her kicking out. Of the fucking finisher. Just kick out like it was nothing. With and then finish finisher number that two very few it. people kick out of. Yeah. You, normally your finisher has to be a protected thing unless you're pushing somebody. So now Dana has beaten a former women's champion. You know? And now she's going to money in the bank. There was a little backstage thing between her and her partner, Carmella. I don't know if that's going to form some sort of jealousy between them or if that's what they were leading into. I don't want to see Carmella as a heel again. It sucks. But, um, you know, maybe that was, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was just to show that, uh, you know, she was being doubted and she was going to overcome. But she did. So, Sonya Deville calls Mandy to the ring to apologize about what's going on, and she explains that she made a deal with Dolph to help him get together with Mandy in exchange for him helping them as a team. And that's when the stupidity comes in. Because did that girl who retired write this part of the storyline? Because it's stupid. How the hell is Dolph going to help you? He doesn't even have any titles right now. The last few tag teams he's in, his partner's turned on him and kicked his ass. He always goes for a bigger guy, and then the bigger guy always kicks his ass. Oh, he gets popped in Rude's case. You know, uh, his career kind of goes up and down. Like, sure, he's a successful superstar, but what is it that Dolph Ziggler can give you right now in the women's division? You know, it's kind of yeah. weird. How did he say he was going to, you know, I need more information than that. But Mandy basically is a turncoat. She shows her true colors here and she basically says that, uh, I mean, not Mandy, Sonya. She basically says that Mandy is a no talent Barbie doll and she wants to show the world, uh, 
basically that the real Starfire and Desire was an MMA fighter, not some bimbo bitch. Out comes Dolph Ziggler, who apparently, according to Sony, really does care about uh Mandy. And Ziggler's trying to convince Mandy to make up with him, and he's doing the whole baby look into my eyes. He's pulling once again Spike Lee, please, baby, 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 please, please, baby, 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 please, baby, 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 please. And uh Sony actually uses this distraction to punch Mandy, and I expected Ziggler to do the whole mahaha, but we're really together. But no, actually, they're kind of keeping layers of the storyline complex enough where Ziggler's kind of looking at Sony like, why did you do that you know like i didn't want you to do that but uh otis runs in before ziggler manages to uh plea his case and the heels wind up retreating and then mandy and otis are celebrating in the ring but ziggler being stupid i guess comes back like an ass and he winds up getting caught by otis winds up eating a caterpillar spot just to roll out now more fucked up than he was the first time now it looks like otis is getting his comeuppance this is the year of otis stakes and weights motherfucker states and weights (laughs) in this case stakes weights and booty Daniel Bryan has a match against Cesaro with the finish being Daniel Bryan going for that backflip spot that he usually does. You know the spot that he does. He hits the ropes two times, second time ducks underneath, that whole thing. But what happens here is it gets interrupted by Cesaro catching him out of the air. And then Bryan winds up reversing that into the yes lock, causing Nakamura to try to slide in to cheat. Gulak holds him out at bay at ringside. Cesaro winds up tapping out. Uh, during the match, notably, that hacker guy shows up again, the truth or whoever he is. Um, he's showing clips of all of the other tag teams saying that he's going to reveal the truth. We don't really know what that is or what it leads to, but it's interesting how it seems to connect with everything. We'll have to see. Uh, backstage, Elias gets ambushed by King Corbin. He beats him with a pipe. He breaks a guitar over his back. There's just a big, crazy brawl there. So now we get Elias taken out here. Now we get the tag team rematch. Strangely enough, it's all of the alternates that did not compete at WrestleMania in the triple threat ladder match for the SmackDown tag team title. So this time you have Big E, Miz, and Jay Uso with the finish being Big E. Goes over Miz with the big ending, becoming the new tag team champ, surprisingly. And uh the match was solid. Really good stuff from everybody. Nice bump when Jay and the Miz put Big E through the announce table. Um afterwards you get a celebration over satellite via Kofi and Wood celebrating. Uh, you know, Big E's bit too busy on the ground making out with the title, making sweet, sweet love to the tag titles licking them all over the place uh and that's how we go off the air new tag team champion so glad to get it off i hope that uh i hope that morrison blames miz and they fuck each other up over it right you know and then let's get rid of that please please yeah. uh smackdown brought in a rating of 2.192 million viewers 0.6 in the 18 to 49 demographic they're still down from last week they're not doing very good right now i mean i guess we could blame circumstances that's what everybody else does now we get to the end here, being raw, which we can't do the rating because it's still too early. But last week's raw brought in 1.913 million viewers. It's the second week in a row where they were below 2 billion. And they're, so they've dropped significantly from the 2.118 million viewers that they had the week before. <sighs> the show opens with Drew McIntyre talking about how he needs to keep beating up top guys like Seth Rollins. But then Selena Vega interrupts with Angel Garza and Austin Theory. But they're just a distraction because Andrade comes from behind with a chop block. He winds up hitting him. It was a trap. You know, he winds up hitting him. Um, He hits the ropes to to recall back, but Drew counters that with the Claymore. So now he's dead to rights, like a finish him style Mortal Kombat character in the fucking ring. And Zelina's trying to convince her other guys to save him, but they're not having it. They don't want to be Claymored. And Andrade winds up uh, getting hit with another Claymore. The heel's retreating. Uh, Austin Theory winds up having... uh, a match. What was, who was Austin Theory's match against? It was against Alistair Black, right? Yeah, Austin and Theory and Alistair Black, money in bank fi- qualifier. Finisher being Alistair Black going over with the black mask. Interesting to have Selena Vega at ringside talking about how creepy Alistair Black is and completely no-selling the husband part of this whole thing. 
That's, that uh, made me laugh. You know, Twitter made me laugh too. We're talking about how he's going to be sleeping on the couch tonight and things of that nature. I, I, it's interesting <laughs> that they no sell the relationship. I, I, I find an interesting dynamic to that. Yeah, I mean, they did in NXT too, so I'm not surprised. Yeah. Shayna Baszler has a match against Indy Hartwell from NXT. Who? Don't know. You know? It's just, I don't know why they're trying to, they're, they're plugging it as if we know them from NXT. It's like, no, no, we don't. Finishes the same shit. Arm stomp. And afterwards, Shayna basically swings her into a barricade. And then she brings a ladder in and then she kicks her into the ladder and she traps her arm in the ladder. And she winds up crushing her arm. So whoever she is, she's gone. Be gone. <laughs> Ricochet and Cedric versus uh, TM don't know their number. Is that the, the, the mighty the TM, TM and Doug? TM and Doug. TM um, 60 and three quarters. Yeah. Basically, uh, this was the recall into the lumbar check on that Vink guy and the other dude. <laughs> and I don't know. <laughs> Throw away tag team. The mighty kneeled again. The mighty kneeled again. Exactly. Kyrie Sane against Nia Jax rematch. Why? Why? Why are they doing this to Kyrie Sane? Why are they taking one of my people and fucking them over like this? What, what is this nonsense? Why are they taking quality? You know what I'm saying? Come on, man. You have Kyrie Sane here. Why the fuck is she being treated like she's this little, frigid, stupid character? She was the first Mae Young Classic winner, for Christ's sake. Where the hell did this come from? Did a character with that level of power just treated like that? You see what I mean? It's like, is it even the same people that are booking this? But anyway, Nia goes over again with that pop-up, pop-up-ish this time. Not as good as the first time. Pop-up-ish Samoan drop. Uh... When Which kind of annoyed me because the first time she tried to go for it, she sold the leg injury. The second time, no selling. Yeah, I know. And she and also when she was slamming Kyrie into that bottom turnbuckle, it looked like it fucked her up. Like she actually scraped her elbow, like the back of her elbow and forearm on that bump. I think that's the bump that did it. It looked kind of rough. Got to be careful with Nia, man. You know. And Kyrie saying again, you know, there there is a really cool person, really great character. Former NXT Women's Champion, one of the most dominant NXT Women's Champions. She's just here being flung around. She's like a little sidekick. Terrible. By the way, I'm just going to point out that they really did try as hard as they could with this Raw, regardless of all the criticism. There were 11 matches. Most pay-per-views don't have 11 matches. Even if you didn't like the match, this had as many matches as one night of WrestleMania. 11 matches that we are going through, guys. Certain things have benefited of the situation. Even yeah. if there were some of more shit. Speaking of shit, MVP versus Apollo Crews. Um, Apollo Crews Why would going, this match this competitive? Yeah, Apollo Crews goes over with the toss powerbomb. Um, during the promo before the match, MVP accidentally calls Crews Alistair Black and then quickly corrects himself. He doesn't even know who he's out there to fight. I don't know what's going on. Liv Morgan against Ruby Ryan with the finish being Liv hitting the springboard flatliner that she's now been doing lately. The really hard move really to set cool up. Really cool transition. Really cool transition, but how many ways can you get that, that transition? We'll have to see, but. This they yeah. really play this like if this is the end of the feud and she could put Ruby Riot behind her, which is obvious now that the person they want to push out of the three is Liv Morgan. No surprise to me there that the blonde slender girl gets the push. When in WWE have the blonde slender girl ever gotten a push? Every time. You know, I told you guys that shit. I was like, you know what they're gonna do, right? I fucking told you. You know, but yeah, Liv Morgan's the one they want to put. They don't give a fuck about Ruby right now. Uh Rey Mysterio has a match against Murphy with Rey Mysterio going over with the top rope splash. Uh, at one point, I think they did a thing. Was it legit or was it just a work where Rey Mysterio had a dislocated finger? They pulled the Sin Cara. It's talk- kind of hard to say. They started talking about how hard a dislocated finger is. I'm surprised they didn't go. We even had another Lucha guy who ran the fuck out of here because of that. <laughs> <laughs> they should have, right? Have some fun with this. I, I kind of wish Murphy would have gone over in this one. Murphy needed it more. Yeah. Ray, Ray doesn't need money in the bank that bad. Yeah, but Ray, I guess you're right. Yeah, I don't know if was that new music on Murphy. I don't remember that music. 
um, I think that's the music he had before he joined up with uh, Seth. And he used to he never used to get his full um, entrance that often. Incredible. Charlotte Flair versus Caden Carter. Charlotte works fantastic. I love how she was saying, always do your homework as she's beating the fuck out of this girl. What is it you want her to, to do her homework on? How not to get her ass kicked by a big woman with extreme power and skill? You know, like what was the homework she should have done? I'm sure she's heard I mean, of you. I mean, I, I like mean, the I, fact I, that as a heel, she says that, but I think that's really shitty advice. Always do your homework. Like, yeah. no shit. Like, and on top of that, um, why is it that our NXT women's champion? Is having her first WrestleMania match, first post-Mania match, not on NXT? Hey, I ain't going to complain. But I'm just saying, if you're going to advise someone to do their homework, like, I mean, she it's, should it's, get... It's just, like, it's just disrespectful to the belt. Like, what the fuck? I like, don't know what? about that. But uh, if, you're mean, gonna, like... if you're going to advise someone to do their homework, I mean, you got to give them extra credit for that ass whipping. Because you really throw that girl around. You know, sent her back down. And we talked about that Charlotte was going to be working both brands. So she's, she's part of the, she's on Raw. Just because you win a title for another brand doesn't transition you. She's a Raw superstar. Yeah. I mean, but she could at least have her first match on the show where the title actually comes from. Why? So she's going to miss Raw? She doesn't have to miss Raw, though. Of course. I mean, if she's going to work on both brands, she could fight on both brands. Right. But the next show after she won was Raw. Yeah. But she, she showed up at the NXT after that, too. Yeah, I guess. But, so she she I guess she's been down to NXT once. But I think the whole thing is like she's been down to NXT once since she'd won that title. Why did she wait two Raws to wrestle? I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't think it I don't think it bothers me that much. I don't and know. it was against maybe, maybe NXT just, talent too. So I mean I don't really know what the big yeah. deal is. Like you know, whether people on Raw or SmackDown or wherever they show up at this point, I don't think that's really too big of a deal. At least for me, I don't care. You know. Andrade versus Tozawa with the finish being Andrade with the hammerlock DDT. Uh, Bianca Belair against Santana Garrett. Bianca going over with the KOD. Is I believe what they call that move? Yeah, yeah, KOD. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Angel Garza. Uh, obviously, Drew McIntyre being the new champion, he goes over here with the Claymore. Um, what was the ending of this again? There was a whole clusterfuck of things happening. He, right? just, he, he, he took everybody to Claymore City. Yeah, yeah. At the end of it, they he, made him look he, like a million bucks. Everything moving. Yeah, everybody. That whole stable got claimed. But as much as I like that stable, you know what I mean? They're, they're the Los Ingobernables of the ass whipping, you know, because, uh, <laughs> yeah, Drew just takes those people out, huh? What do you mean, <laughs> those people? Claymore City, bitch. <laughs> Claymore City. <laughs> and that's pretty much Raw in a nutshell. I got to say, they gave you guys 11 matches. There was something there for everybody. It wasn't written with advertisements. They didn't have a middle part for sick children or for breast cancer survivors or for older black wrestlers. They weren't honoring anybody. They weren't hating on anybody. It was just basically 11 matches. And I don't know if this was a statement because they know the amount of heat that they're getting from the entire planet at this point. That's right, Shinra. We see you motherfuckers over there destroying the planet. (laughs) (laughs) You know? But the point being, they gave 11 matches. That Normally, sometimes we'd get four. Maybe. We got 11 <laughs> matches. Some of them were job matches. But the point being that this direction isn't bad. This direction is not bad, guys. And uh, again, I'm separating my opinion of the product on a weekly basis from my opinion of their actions. Yeah, definitely. You, know? you got to be objective when you're dealing with this kind of stuff. And that's what I'm basically trying to do here. You know, we're all struggling through this one way or another. I, I'm doing my best. I know this is longer than usual. There was a lot of information there. Uh, if you haven't listened to the whole thing, I suggest you go back either on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, or even here on Mixer.com, and you just look at the replay section. But I think you need to go back because a lot of work was put into this just to give you guys all of the information. This is the only source you should need now 
to know exactly what happened in regards to the essential business, Florida, and the releases. Exactly. That being said, thank you to everyone who has hung out with us and had the patience for this all this information, this long event, this long episode. All of you guys that have been in the chat room the entire night. Cool Ice and Stasis Dreams, Emang, Six Slayer over there, uh, Chase, George Z, Dace Fenier, Outright Gunnet27, Mark710, Warhammer0102, Quirky Bridge997, Baseout Orpheus625, Big Time Money802, Average Gamer369, Minecraft14066, uh, did I say Austin? Austin 00117. Cash Colby. Wolfie 095. Beamer Rang. Weekly Planet 516. Also, thank you for the follow on anybody else that has followed. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 379, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, aka Captain Brunch. For myself and Destin, we are out of here. Hey, remember, don't forget the wipe. Shut it down.